嘴啦！你呀，哎，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，哈，
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass, representing one of nature's deadly assassins. The centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters, and each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要打。后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋阿成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头One of the ten best films of the year, a high octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. A 
Outrageously exhilarating. Guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin. The combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. My instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. Better tomorrow, too.
the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. No. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Peddling that has got to be spooks. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a scream fire. Like we can't see who lit it. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? Say bastard, you did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me when will it end?
All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard. We're going to start out with some polling. Um, Trump leads Biden in another crucial battleground state. Former President Trump is leading Joe Biden in Wisconsin following a series of similar findings in other key swing states. According to a poll Thursday, Trump is beating Biden 42-40 among Wisconsin voters with 11% choosing someone else and 8% remaining undecided, according to an Emerson College survey. The poll comes after several other recent battleground state surveys found Trump ahead of Biden, including Pennsylvania and Michigan. In a state Biden won in 2020 by less than a percentage point, and Trump won in 2016 by nearly the same margin, this poll suggests a similar trajectory for 2024. Another Emerson College survey released Wednesday found that Trump is leading Biden in Pennsylvania by nine. In Michigan, Trump is up 42-35. I believe if the Watt math is correct, that would be seven, seven percentage points. In all three battleground states, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, Trump won in 2016 against Hillary Clinton, but lost in 2020 to Biden because the Democrats were successfully able to use illegal ballots to cheat Joe Biden into the White House. Trump is also leading Biden in several other key swing states like Georgia and North Carolina, as well as in national surveys, according to recent polling. Across the states with the most narrow margins of victory in 2020, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, Trump is beating Biden 41 to 35 percent. What math indicates that would be six percentage points. The Real Clear Politics average for a 2024 national Republican and Democrat primary, based on the most recent polling, shows Trump and Biden are leading their respective fields by 57.8 and 61. Point three percentage points, uh, respectively. The Emerson College poll surveyed 532 Wisconsin voters from October 1st to 4th. So that's a that's a small that's a small uh, sample size, um, but uh, ultimately uh, there is a consistency with a lot of this shit. Uh, there is a consistency that Trump is absolutely destroying DeSantis in the primary, and there's also consistency showing that Trump is up over Biden nationally which is a big problem for Democrats. Um, certainly, if people bring up, uh, well, they're going to cheat again, yes, they are. Uh, I think there's no question about that. It doesn't seem like, though, that they are uh, confident in their ability to cheat the same way they did in 2020. And I think that's why they're indicting the shit out of him. And, and, and that's why I do think, and I really hope I'm wrong about this, but I, I'm just, you know, you're watching these people... Um, DeSantis is still in the race. They're still pretending. Um, and they his shills are online, kind of like um, involving Trump in the Israel-Gaza stuff and acting like Trump is praising terrorists while simultaneously arguing that um, certain protests need to be banned. Uh, France, I think, banned uh, pro-Palestinian protests. And I'm just sitting back watching this, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I see how this is probably going to play out. You know, they're going to somehow shift it on to Trump, make it some sort of security issue or terrorism to support him, and then the Dave Rubens of the world will be saying the same things about us, uh, like they're saying about uh, people that are pro-Palestinian. Because uh, he supports the banning of, not pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian 
uh, rallies uh, and protests, which is fascinating. But I hope I'm wrong about that. But I do think this um, this uh, bloodlust is going to be directed inward towards Trump supporters at some point. But I hope I'm wrong. Anyway, let's get into uh, hilariously the Biden administration was like, oh, inflation's doing great, inflation's down. Um, inflation is still too high. Consumer prices rise faster than expected. Consumer prices are still rising very fast, defying the Federal Reserve's efforts to tame inflation. The consumer price index climbed 3.7% in September from a year earlier. Uh, economists had forecasted a 3.6% rise. Compared with August, the consumer price index was up 0.4%. A month earlier, prices climbed 0.6% for the month. Economists were expecting the monthly figure to rise 0.3%. Inflation has slowed sharply from the recent peak of 9.1% annually and 1.8% monthly in June 2022. When gasoline prices hit an average of $5 per gallon, now that's another pressure on the price of gas, probably because of all the fuckery in the Middle East, the prices are going to go up further. So I'm seeing around here close to $4 a gallon. It'll probably be way higher than that within the next you know, one to six months or whatever. Um, food prices soared 10.4% and the average price of new cars was up 11.4%. Core CPI, which excludes all of the things that people care about, rose 0.3% in August, matching the prior month's increase compared with a year ago. See, the way they calculate CPI is like the, uh, do you remember the, um, the, what was the name of it? It was these uh, people that were like, we are now virgins again. Um, and and I, I forget, was it religious? It was probably religious. I, I don't remember. But this thing of like, uh, we're going to just ignore all of, you know, if it's like a whore. Okay. We're going to just ignore all of the men that I previously fucked. And I'm going to just, I'm a virgin now. Yeah, that's not how it works. Okay. So um, liars that are like, look, core CPI, it's not that bad. Yeah, you're excluding almost everything. Housing, food, the price of gas, its that's retarded, completely retarded. Anyway, fascinating. Um, speaker vote delayed as Scalise can't meet the 218 vote threshold. It does look like Jordan's going to suck too. Because Jordan's up there sucking Israeli cock and Scalise sucks Israeli and Ukrainian cock. So it's kind of like, I guess Jordan's better because... It's possible you'll have someone as House Speaker that might be halfway decent about Ukraine. I don't know. It's going to be. Uh, but he, he seems eager to be a cum slut for Israel. So it's like, look, it's a circus. It's a circus. They all fucking suck. They all don't do anything. And the ones that do something that are actually good, they try to imprison. Okay, so no one's trying to imprison Jordan. Okay, and it's because he's he's part of the swamp. He says good stuff. I'm just not. I'm completely. Uh, we'll see what Trump, what happens with Trump. But the rest of these people, I just you know they're not, just not doing anything. Not doing anything. The vote for a new Speaker of the House has been delayed after GOP establishment pick Steve Scalise was unable to secure the 218 votes he needed to take the place of Kevin McCarthy, his close political ally, who last week became the first Speaker in American history to be ousted. Um, though the House of Representatives was originally set to reconvene at three to elect a new speaker, the vote has been called off after it was realized Scalise uh, apparently doesn't have enough support to win the gavel. It's possible there has been an update to this. This is the, the last 
I forget what time that I did aggregation article wise what is it six I don't know like three four o'clock something like that um, although I've, I've checked Twitter pretty recently and I've not seen anything uh, but it, it, you know whatever it is what it is Okay, uh, U.S. blocks Iran from accessing the $6 billion fund after the Hamas attack. The Biden administration is preventing Iran from accessing the $6 billion the U.S. recently transferred to Hamas, or excuse me, after Hamas, an Iranian-backed terrorist group, launched a brutal attack against Israel. The Biden administration originally cut a deal with Iran to transfer $6 billion in previously frozen assets in exchange for five American prisoners, the administration is now working with fund manager Qatar to hold up the $6 billion after Iran's ally Hamas launched a wave of attacks against Israel on Saturday, killing over 1,200 Israelis and at least 25 Americans and kidnapping others. Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Ademio confirmed to the House Democrats that Iran will not be allowed to access the $6 billion, noting the money isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And probably when things calm down, they'll give it to them. Both Democrats and Republican lawmakers demanded the Biden administration refreeze the $6 billion transfer after the attacks on Saturday. Um, and so uh, the, the propaganda is wild on Twitter. The, um, the, you know, for the most part, this is the thing about conservative ink that's interesting is that... Uh, they're really good on a lot of issues, you know. They're good on the training stuff, you know. There's, um, but man, when it comes to war, especially involving Israel, they just the mask come comes completely off, and they use the same tactics that uh, Democrats use with uh, minority groups, except they don't use the minority groups uh, in their propaganda. They use pictures of gore and like burned babies. It is like watching these people is just a hell of a thing, especially Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, you know, first of all, here's a principle, and, you know, you can agree or disagree with it. This is one of my principles that I've learned in life, being in a cult, uh, coming out of a cult, learning about um, in a very crude way. It's just, uh, Certainly, uh, uh, my style is not academic. It's just in a very crude way what I've learned about it. I've successfully deprogrammed myself and other people, uh, you know, uh, but certainly it's not in an academic way by any means. Um, but there's certain things that I've learned, and one of the things is only liars attack people for demanding evidence, okay? Only liars do that, okay? So it is always acceptable to ask someone for evidence when they're making a claim. I don't care if the claim is about pencils or apples or 40 beheaded babies okay um, it is always acceptable to ask for evidence and only liars attack people who um, ask for evidence and so um, that is a fascinating thing being uh, played out on Twitter when people are being attacked for um, asking for evidence uh, related to the um, 40 beheaded babies. Now, what's odd about this 40 beheaded babies thing is, I think it's already pretty clear, in my opinion at least, that Hamas kills civilians, okay? Uh, I also think it's clear that the IDF kills civilians as well. But 
they didn't have to. This is what's so bizarre about this. It, it's like they got caught up in, in, in like a sensationalizing what already is insane. Sensationalizing what already is fucked up. Uh, and so now you make this extraordinary claim that there was this scene of 40 decapitated babies. You know, meanwhile, you could have just said, um, you know, there's guys on the ground there and there are villages where people are, have been massacred. That's not good enough. You got to like, what, like, what the hell are you doing? You're being insane. These people are being fucking insane. So anyway, they make this claim about the 40 babies. And then people are like, God damn, that's fucked up. You know, what, what is the source? And they're like, how dare you? You're like Hitler. What is wrong? You are a Holocaust denier. It's like, no, I'm just you're, you're saying something. And I just, uh, you know, I'd like confirmation is all like, what are we going by? You know, and then they do this thing where, where the pedophile in chief comes out and gives a speech, and then and the way he t you could tell is he gave it up as soon as the way he talked, he goes, I never thought in my life I would see or confirm that uh, you know forty babies beheaded or whatever, and then the White House walked back the claim and said that that he didn't actually see the pictures, and it's like this is really insane, that like they're doing this thing like anyway. So um, now what's happened since they can't provide that? Ben Shapiro's out here tweeting pictures of burned up babies. Now, I don't know how these things work, uh, but there are people at least alleging that the picture he tweeted is AI. Now, I don't think you need AI to, like that's the thing about this. There's no way there's not real pictures available that he could just tweet out. But for some reason, they go with this picture that's at least being refuted. Now, some of the people refuting the picture are lunatics, okay? Like, like some of the people, uh, you know, they're like super crazy Arabs that are like, oh, the, the girl in the truck deserved it because she was dressed like a whore. And it's just, Twitter is wild. Twitter is completely wild. Um, and then there's the whole thing with her. Is she alive? I have no idea. She looked very dead, in my opinion. I, I've never seen a person contorted in, in that way alive uh, but you know that's what they're saying um, anyway the my point is my original point here is what democrats will do is they'll say and it can be anything hey you better obey me and do what i say otherwise you hate black people and it's just it's an obvious emotional manipulation tactic well neocons and the ben shapiro's of the word of the world or the literal war pigs like megan mccain they're, they're like posting these horrible pictures and they're like, if you don't obey me, then you endorse what happened to this baby. Bitch, shut the fuck up. No one, like, this is such a ridiculous tactic that human beings do where they, they make a pretend hill of morality and they stand on it and they point their finger at you and they say, you better do what I say or else blah, 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 blah. It's... Total bullshit. It's emotional manipulation. Don't ever fall for it. No one has the authority to do that. No one has the... Meghan McCain does not have any authority to demand that you obey her and agree with her in whatever the fuck she's trying to sell that or, or suddenly you are complicit in the murdering of babies. It is... It's the most retarded emotional manipulation tactics, but it does work with some people. And it, and it has for many years worked with Republicans. Democrats are very good at it. And it has worked with Republicans. It is really, and that's, that's what Twitter is right now. Twitter is people that wanna, people that wanna go to war, or they'll, or they'll say this, they'll say, 
like DeSantis. DeSantis calls for Israel not to be proportionate in its response to eliminate Hamas. Oh, okay, so, you know, look, this is the internet, and there's all sorts of uh, opinions on the internet, and there's people on the internet that are like, fuck everybody, kill all of them. Okay, okay. The problem is, is um, the, the people who claim to be, um, like, to have morality and to be like very concerned about morality and you're like oh how could you kill all these civilians which is okay it's a valid argument like that's fucked up that they did that but then you're like and therefore we have to kill all their civilians what do you, what what are you talking about so so it, it's like it's like a moral they're moral fagging demanding that you be moral by agreeing to massacre all of the Palestinian civilians. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing. It's really, it's just, it's an amazing thing on Twitter. It's an amazing thing on Twitter. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called for Israel to take the gloves off in response to the Palestinian terror attacks that resulted in the deaths of more than 1,300 Israelis. The Republican presidential candidate made the remarks during an interview Wednesday on Newsmax when asked what he believes Israel's response should be. Quote, I think the reason why we've gotten to this point is for decades, Israel would respond to acts of terror, but they'd be very careful to do it in ways that were considered proportionate. Ron, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you, like, are you, this is, this is like when the guy who, oh yeah, Ben Glebe, he was like, IDF has never murdered a Palestinian civilian. What are you talking about? You know, you know, it's a little trick, I think. You know what the trick is? They don't believe there's any Palestinian civilians. Okay? So that's why they, that's how they kind of get away with that. It's a fascinating thing. Um, and that would not get them international condemnation. Right, so they needed to commit more war crimes, Ron, is what you're saying. Okay, okay. Because the minute they start doing anything, they're always under the microscope. Yeah, well, ten, you know, people tend to put you under the microscope when you bomb the shit out of a village with a bunch of people in it. Uh, I think in this situation, we in America, we just got to stand with them. The goal should be, should the goal should not be a proportionate response. It should be the elimination of Hamas and the terrorist infrastructure that has grown up in Gaza. Uh, so yeah, it is. Um, it's a hell of a thing to see. And uh, these are the same people like the DeSantis War Room. This, the DeSantis War Room is constantly trying to morally shame Trump supporters. Nonstop. Bill Mitchell, all of these people, const Dave Reboy, constantly morally shaming Trump supporters. You know, over like shit like Trump, Trump said motherfucker. What was that, last week? Trump said motherfucker. And they were like, how can you still support him? Meanwhile, they're totally fine with calling for a ton of civilians to be killed. And like like I said, this is the internet. I don't, I'm not gonna get bent out of shape about an opinion on the internet. So I see everything, you know, you see all kinds of opinions. Some people are like fucking kill all of one group. Okay, whatever. But a lot of those people that do that, they're not moral fagging about stupid shit. It is really, it's just a hell of a thing to watch. It is, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, aside from the horrific acts of barbarity, it's rather entertaining. I'm not entertained by the, the barbarism. That's a bit much. Um, that's, you know, very blackpilling. But uh, as far as retards being retarded, really entertaining. Really entertaining. Especially fat pig uh, Megan McCain. That was hilarious. All right, let's get into some other shit. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I think, was there another one? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is, we'll put this later on. I hope that nothing happens, um, but here's the problem. The media narrative is that this is nothing, that you're a conspiracy theorist to be concerned about this. That makes me think something is going to happen, at least in one Western country, probably with other ones. Hamas calls for a global day of jihad on Friday the 13th. That's tomorrow. Um, this reminded me uh, with the beginning of COVID. If you recall, in the beginning of COVID, the media said you were a conspiracy theorist if you thought there was anything to this. Now, obviously, COVID did turn out to be a gay op, but there was a period of time when the media, for whatever reason, they didn't get their marching orders. So they were like, it's nothing. Remember, uh, uh, Farron Cousins was like, it's just like a head cold. Now, what's hilarious about that is they were actually correct. But then they shifted into full-blown, you know, lunacy. So now, right now, they're like, oh, uh, nothing's going to happen. You're a right-wing conspiracy theorist. If you think something's going to happen, it makes me think that there's a very good chance something's going to happen. I hope not. The Palestinian Hamas terror group now, uh, um, has called on Muslims worldwide to stage a day of jihad or holy war on Friday, October 13th. Coincidentally, a date that resonates with horror movies in the upcoming Halloween holiday. Hamas referred to the day as Al-Asqua Flood Friday, referring to the name of the operation in which it murdered more than 1,200 Israelis, wounding roughly 3,000 and kidnapped over 100. I mean, how are they not going to do something? They have such opportunities. There are people, there are lunatics who are either part of this group or, or like this group that are in every Western country in pretty unreasonable numbers. How would they not do something? Uh, I, I mean, okay, we're, this is going to be, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. So uh, one of these lunatic Terry Arabs uh, said, quote, we declare next Friday, the Friday of the Alaska flood, as a day of general mobilization in our Arab and Islamic world and among the free people of the world. It is a day to rally support, offer aid, and participate actively. It is a day to expose the crimes of the occupation, isolate it, and foil all its aggressive schemes. It's a day to demonstrate our love for Palestine, Jerusalem, and Alaska. It is a day for sacrifice, heroism, and dedication, and to earn the honor of defending the first Qibla of Muslims, the third holiest mosque, and the ascension of the trusted messenger. Sounds like a totally sane person here. <clears throat> this is a totally normal religion. We call upon the free people of the world to mobilize in solidarity with our Palestinian people and in support of their just cause and legitimate rights to freedom, independence, return, and self-determination. Hamas also called on Palestinians within the West Bank to revolt against the state. In the entertainment industry, Friday the 13th is seen as a major day to launch new releases of horror films with graphic depictions of imaginary violence. Unfortunately, the horrors of the Hamas terror attack were all too real. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, like I said, the media saying there's nothing to this makes me think there's a good chance something will happen. Um, and I just, uh, I hope I'm wrong again, but I just have a feeling they're going to blame Trump support. They're going to figure out a way to pin these Islamic terror attacks on Trump and his supporters. I, and uh, I don't know. It is. They're already saying that he's like supporting Hamas because he, he, he was criticizing uh, 
the security breach in Israel and was talking about how someone was being stupid because they were like strategically, they were like, oh, I hope Hamas doesn't approach from the north and, and or not Hamas. Um, who are the other? Uh, uh, well, there's more than one, but the other uh, uh, murderous uh, Islamic uh, Arab terries, uh, whatever the fuck it, whatever the, you know, whatever. Uh, Hezbollah, I think Hezbollah. And he was like, you know, these people are smart, meaning strategically they're smart, which is true. They're not dumb. Okay, they're smart strategically. Well, they were like, how dare you support a terrorist? Nice try, nice try. Anyway. So, oh, and they're also going hard. Uh, the Daily Wire and DeSantis crew are also going hard against Tucker Carlson. And I always had a question about Tucker Carlson. You know, how far would he go? Well, we're getting an idea, and I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised. Tucker Carlson questions U.S. support for Israel. Could the GOP follow? The GOP is not going to follow. Um, so Heretz, so this is a Revolver article quoting from Heretz, and then there's Revolver uh, commentary towards the end. So first from Heretz, the Israeli far-left magazine. Carlson's opposition to GOP support for Israel to fight back in self-defense against Hamas marks him as an outlier. And that's, that's a straw man. That's a straw man. That's not what Tucker said. But his outsized influence may move some Republican to towards a more skeptical position on Israel. Uh, Tucker Carlson, the far-right U.S. pundit who's been among the most high-profile skeptics of providing military aid and diplomatic support to Ukraine, used his Twitter talk show to decry Republicans advocating for Israel to use all of its capabilities to fight back against Hamas in Gaza, as well as the regional backers as its regional backers in Iran. After the terror group's assault on southern Israel, Republicans across the party's political spectrum to date have offered nothing but full-throated support for Israel, with the primary foray into conspiracy theories relating into how the Biden administration's supposed appeasement of Iran empowered the attacks. Former U.S. President Donald Trump, along with fringe lawmakers and personalities, have offered their own twist connecting the attacks to the U.S.-Mexico border the botched Afghanistan withdrawal and the U.S. military support for Ukraine. Now that Carlson, who's perhaps the strongest weather vane and catalyst within the Republican Party outside of Trump, is questioning the party dogma on the U.S. backing of Israel, it stands to reason other G in the GOP may follow. I will believe that when I see it, but I did say I would believe something like this about Tucker Carlson when I see it. Well, here we go. Very good. Very good, Tucker. Um, back now, now Revolver's commentary. Haratz, of course, is an anti is anti Tucker, but there's no doubt Carlson is questioning the GOP's Israel dogma while at the same time maintaining Israel's right to defend itself. Tucker notes that we have bigger fish to fry. For instance, the southern border, and then so this was a video he did. He, uh, he's doing 30 minute segments now. They're getting a lot of views, so good for him. So okay, Tucker. That's a hell of a move, right? Especially after something like this happens. This is when the hysterics are at their highest, and he just uh, he came through. So uh, very good. Very good. Um, Dan Crenshaw is a fucking bitch. Okay, now, I, I know this is nothing new, but man, this guy, he kicks like a girl. This guy kicked another man like a girl. Can you? It's like unbelievable. So, I mean, we could just go to the video here. 
Uh, actually, some of the commentary is decent. This is National File. Like, what a fucking faggot. Like, holy shit. You know, I... I um, people can... You know, John McCain proved it, although I don't know. You know, who knows? These people are such liars. But, look, I, I from what I understand, uh, uh, I patch McCain, you know, fought in battle. And, okay, you were good. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's not a problem. But that doesn't mean that you get to be a fucking faggot and we don't get to, t to talk about it. You know, that's a shame because if you did serve and you're like a normal person, then you can walk around, you know, proud of that. And that's like a great thing that you did for the country. But Patch McCain, he's just acting like a, like, a, like a weak faggot. In a stunning development, footage has emerged capturing the moment Congressman Dan Crenshaw uh, intentionally assaulted National File publisher Noel Fritch. Um, so they were uh, asking uh, Patch McCain uh, questions, and he, he kicked the guy. It's ridiculous. I think it's a kick. He's going to say he didn't, but, uh, you know, he just fucking kicked this guy like a bitch. Who kicks a man? Who kicks another man? Anyway, let's get to the... Uh, let's let this load. Okay. Where's going, dude? We don't want it anymore. Oh, assault. I just witnessed it. You got that on camera? Dan Crenshaw. Where's going, dude? We don't want it anymore. Look, look. That's so deliberate. It's so deliberate. Dan Crenshaw just... Look at that! Oh, assault! I just what a bitch! What a bitch! Look at this feminine whore! Look at that! What a bitch! Dan Crenshaw is a fucking faggot. That's all. Moving on here. Now let's talk about eggless whores. Is, is Michigan officially a police state? This is more of this to come. This is getting crazier and crazier. Eggless whore Democrat AG Dana Nessel issues a search warrant to give Sengo demanding bank routing numbers tied to contributions for the legal defense fund of the alternate GOP electors. Insanity. On Tuesday, September 5th, the Gateway Pundit generously agreed to broadcast a national telethon to raise funds for the legal defense of 15 of the 16 Michigan GOP alternate electors who cast their electoral votes for Trump in the aftermath of a messy and uncertain Michigan election in 2020 that left many believing the election was stolen. It was. It was obvious. Save the Electors Telethon, which featured some of the top conservative heavy hitters in America, including Steve Bannon, Newt Gingrich, um, Nick Searcy, Carrie Lake, John Eastman was a huge hit to date and raised just under 156000 on a Give Send Go account that is now under investigation by the same lawless AG who charged the electors with eight felonies each. The funds are being shared equally between the lawyers of the 15 of the 16 electors who are funding their own legal defense. Former Trump attorney John Eastman, who's also under indictment for the crime of defending Trump, outlines why it's so essential... Americans refuse to cower to the far left, which is using lawfare to threaten and intimidate conservatives from speaking out against the tyrannical government. During his appearance on the Save the Electors telethon, 
Eastman warned how Democrats like Nestle are targeting middle class individuals with a goal to financially devastate them and wipe out their life savings for daring to question the outcome of one of the most highly contentious elections in our nation's history. In yet another unprecedented move by a state attorney general who has apparently become emboldened by her ability to use lawfare against her political enemies. It is now being reported that the Christian crowdfunding source GiveSendGo has been issued a search warrant by Nestle's office. According to the Detroit News, the search warrant was signed by AIDS commie judge Cynthia Ward. Uh, Ward, who signed Dana Nestle's search warrant to obtain the GiveSendGo records related to fundraising, um, uh, she, I don't care what school she went to. Uh, this is a dumb whore. Okay, that's what we know. According to the documents obtained by the Detroit News, the warrant requires Give Sengo to hand over information on contributions, bank routing numbers, and communications tied to 10 of the Michigan GOP alternate electors using the crowdfunding site to raise funds. The three-page search warrant doesn't indicate how the fundraising might violate Michigan law, and it comes after Nestle's office sought to prevent the public release of search warrant documents in another high-profile investigation. The search warrant in the elector cases say the details will assist with the ongoing investigation. They're going to debank. They're going to try to debank any person that donated to this. That's what they're going to do. This is what they did to the truckers in Canada. According to a report from Howard Schock, special agent for the Attorney General's Criminal Investigation Division, he began investigating the fundraising efforts uh, on July 20th to determine if it was lawful. Schock wrote he learned from a post on social media that two of the false electors uh, were benefiting from a Give Send Go page. On July 19th, the day after the charges were announced, Shock sent a preservation letter to Twitter, now known as X, to preserve evidence from the account Extreme Michigan. Uh, in a letter to Give Send Go on August 3rd, uh, Nestle investigator Howard Shock warned Give Send Go, you are also requested not to disclose the existence of this request to any subscriber or any person other than as necessary. Here is the tweet by Craig Malger of the Detroit News who broke the story. Michigan's Communist Attorney General, Eglis Hoare, Dana Nessel, who belongs in prison, has issued a search warrant to the Christian crowdfunding site Gifts and Go, demanding they release information on contributions, bank routing numbers, and communications tied to 10 of the 16 alternate electors who are being forced to spend tens of thousands of dollars and possibly their entire life savings to defend themselves against her outrageous felony charges. In another tweet, Malger shared a portion of a report revealing that AG's Nestle's office had asked Twitter to preserve private messages between a far-left account that fagged, excuse me, flagged the Give Send Go fundraiser site for the electors. Shock does not say if he received the requested communication from Twitter. When Eglis Hoare Nestle, who belongs in prison, charged the 16 electors, uh, she was fully aware of a multi-state fraudulent voter registration investigation that was initiated in the state of Michigan by the Michigan State Police and Muskegon Police Department one month before the 2020 election, which we covered. 
The investigation included investigators from both the AG and SOS's offices, yet when Nessel charged the 16 Michigan GOP alternate electors, she claimed the alternate GOP electors were fully aware that there were no pending lawsuits or credible voter fraud investigations at the time they cast their alternate slate of electoral votes for Trump, which is another lie. It's been three years since the statewide investigation into a potentially nationally coordinated registration fraud scheme, and curiously, neither Benson, another eggless whore that belongs in prison, or, nor Nessel have discussed the investigation with the media. Furthermore, according to our sources, the investigation was hidden from the Michigan Clerks and Michigan House Elections Committee. The image below is a screenshot of a post on a Facebook page for Michigan clerks by Muskegon City Clerk Ann Meish that was shared with the Gateway Pundit by a whistleblower. The Muskegon City Clerk contacted the Muskegon Police Department after she received thousands of voter registration applications from the same address and in person from a single individual who has yet to be charged with one felony for delivering multiple fraudulent voter registration applications to the clerk's office. The investigation proved thousands of voter registration applications were being sent from a hotel in Auburn Hills, Michigan, to clerks across the state. In the police report, law enforcement confirmed that many of them were fraudulent, but curiously, we can find no evidence of a single person that's been charged in the statewide fraudulent voter registration ring that involved burner phones, prepaid and reloadable money cards, semi-automatic rifles with silence, silencers and modified pistols. One of the whiteboards in the room where the weapons were stored, along with registration forms, the words weapons in the field prepared for shifts. Following the 2020 election, multiple lawsuits were filed by citizens and lawyers. The lawsuits were either denied by judges for lack of standing or were still pending when the electors cast their alternate slate. Instead of investigating actual evidence of voter fraud in Michigan, the George Soros-funded Michigan SOS eggless whore Jocelyn Benson, who belongs in prison, and her close friend, who also is an eggless whore, who also belongs in prison, Dana Nessel, mocked Michigan citizens who dared to suggest the election results were inaccurate or that they were not secure. When eggless whore Nessel, who belongs in prison, takes a break from finding ways to persecute her political enemies, she can look into why U.S. postal workers in Detroit were delivering stacks of absentee ballots in drop boxes intended for citizens in violations of the U.S. postal rules for workers. So um, this it's going to get crazier than this. This is just, frankly, I think the beginning. But uh, yeah, they're going to come after anyone that they can in any way that they can. Um, some actual good news here. Only 2% of Americans have gotten the updated coronavirus booster shot. About 7 million Americans have received the updated poison of the coronavirus vaccine um, compared to 56.5 million who received last year's version. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services data shows that the major vaccine manufacturers have gotten their updated shots out to 2% of the population as of Wednesday. Great. That means 98% disobedience. Now, I imagine there is going to be a, uh, a punishment of some sort, but, uh, you know, to the citizens, but, uh, you know, that's uh, good for them. Uh, this is good to see. The NHL bans pride tape in an effort to avoid putting players in a difficult position. 
The National Hockey League has announced that effective immediately, players will no longer be allowed to wrap their sticks with homosexual tape before hitting the ice on Pride Nights, should their team choose to host one at all. The move comes just months after officials banned Pride jerseys from being worn by those on the ice or behind the bench following backlash from many who said being obligated to do so violated their personal freedoms and sincerely held beliefs. According to the AP, the league sent out a memo to teams last week explaining that updates had been made regarding participation in theme nights. Under the new guidelines, players cannot alter their equipment to show support for various causes. In response to the news, um, players such as the Toronto Maple Leafs' Morgan Riley said he would continue to be involved in the community and offer support to those communities and groups that want that. The only difference this year, according to Bill Daly, is we're asking clubs not to employ the use of players on the ice. When pressed on why the NHL decided to ban the use of cause messaging instead of allowing individuals to decide for themselves, he said that the goal was to ensure none of the players were put in a difficult position if they found themselves to be the only ones not partaking in the themed display. A number of players made the news after refusing to deck themselves out in pride gear last season, including the Flyers' Ivan Provorov, um, so I periodically look uh, around sports to see, you know, what's going on. And uh, it, it, I just see no way to return because uh, there's nonstop faggot bullshit that happens, a a except for in UFC. UFC is the exception. There are a lot of absolute men in that fucking sport that are anti-communist that are fucking based. That's like the exception. But in sports, so in football, you had... Um, they still have the end racism thing uh, on the field, which is gay. Um, I forget what team it was. Was it the Jets? They put the Ukraine flag on their helmet. And there's just a bunch of stupid gay bullshit. Um, and then hockey-wise, now this is good with hockey. Hockey's probably so far making the best strides against this shit. But they, it seems like it's just a league full of pussies. Because they, there is this coach. I'm not going to get into a, a long thing here. But there's this coach that I like, Mike Babcock. Uh, uh, and uh, he was uh, about to coach the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I like Babcock. Because he's like, you know, he's a no-bullshit uh, coach. He's like a tough coach to play for. I like coaches like that. Anyway, he got fired because it seems like he, his, his players are a bunch of fucking weak pussies. And um, and so they made a big the players union made a big deal out of his coaching style, and and he he won a title in two thousand and eight he he won the gold for Team Canada as as the coach uh, in like two thousand and ten or something he's a good fucking coach anyway everyone's such a fucking weak pussy faggot that they fired him so I was like yes yeah it's, it's just no, there's nothing to do I I just can't it's just not look this is the bottom line it's not for me that's really the bottom line. The four professional major sports are not f for me. Um, I'm not saying they're all faggots. Some of them are not faggots. But there's just too much weak pussy bullshit in these sports. Again, other than UFC. There's no pussies in UFC. That's, that's, that's some man shit right there. But uh, yeah, it's really, it's, uh, it sucks. It really sucks because I love sports. I've always loved sports. But I just, uh, it's just, uh, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So anyway, there you go. All right, moving on here. Let's talk about uh, Eggless Whores, who uh, hosts the show called Retard Roundtable on ABC. 
Um, the, the Retard Roundtable host suggests GOP infighting invited Hamas terrorists to attack Israel. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to figure out a way to blame all this shit on Trump supporters, and then they're going to really fuck with us. Uh, Retard Roundtable eggless whore host Sarah Haynes suggested on Thursday that GOP infighting over who the party would nominate to be the next speaker made the U.S. look weak on the world stage, inviting Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And then all the eggless whores of Retard Roundtable agreed. Amazing. Utterly amazing. Um, so we are getting... This is the least surprising story of the day. Remember the Soros guy who got what he deserved? Apparently, the person that gave him what he deserved actually gave him even more of what he deserved than I initially thought. This, this is almost like a Russian wood story, which I was not expecting. I thought this was just some random nog that blew this guy away. No, 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 not a random nog. A victim of homosexual pedof pedophilia. Totally changing the story. Fascinating. Leftist AIDS commie had years-long sexual relationship with, with a minor accused of killing him. And he threatened the minor to post explicit photos. A Philadelphia AIDS commie fucker and uh, homosexual and former Democrat communications director who was shot and killed in his home earlier this month was in a year long, uh, a years long sexual relationship with the teenager accused of killing him. The family of Robert Davis, the 19-year-old accused of murdering AIDS commie uh, Josh Kruger, said Kruger began the relationship with Davis when he was just 15. What? Homosexuals? Having sex with my... Get out of here. Impossible. Oh, man. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported the relationship centered on sex and drugs, according to the Davis family. And Kruger, 39, allegedly threatened to post sexually explicit photos of the teen in the past. Kruger was shot seven times around 1.30 a.m. at his home in the Point Breeze neighborhood of the city. The journalist, the journalist, excuse me, that's what they wrote. That's not, the AIDS commie was rushed to Penn Presbyterian Medical Center where he was made into a good commie. Police said, or he transitioned into a good commie. Police said they believe someone entered the AIDS commie's home and uh, shot him at the base of the stairs before fleeing. Davis's mother and brother told the Inquirer the teen was involved in a relationship with the AIDS commie as a minor, and he tried to keep the relationship along with his drug addiction secret. Surveillance footage from the area near Kruger's home and tips from the journalist's friends and family led police to Davis, and they issued a warrant for his arrest. Police said Kruger was trying to help Davis get through life. Really? Was he? Is that what you call sodomy? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, hey, I'm just trying to help him get through life. Oh, that's what you call fucking another man in the ass? He's helping you to get through life. Okay, well, there you go. Kruger, who uh, wrote for multiple newspapers and digital publications, previously worked for the city government. He handled Democrat Mayor Jim Kenney's social media and served as the Office of Homeless Service Communications Director. How many uh, young black homeless people did this pedophile homosexual uh, sexually exploit. 
I bet you a bunch. I bet you. These are the types of people that, that, that do this shit. Kruger is also an activist for LGBTQ issues and was open about having AIDS. Oh, man. Shortly after the killing, detectives believe the shooting stemmed from either a drug-related or domestic dispute. Investigators reportedly found methamphetamine in Kruger's bedroom and recovered troubling text messages between Kruger and a former partner. Law enforcement sources told the Inquirer that detectives found disturbing images on Kruger's phone, but did not say if the images were connected to Davis. They're probably going to cover up for the homosexual pedophile because he's a leftist. Deputy Police Commissioner, and because he's gay, uh, Frank Venor confirmed the police are investigating the contents of Kruger's phone and believes Davis is a key part of solving the crime. I think he could answer a lot of questions if he comes into custody and surrenders. It might help put us put all this together. Damica Davis, the accused killer's mother, said her son called her hours after police came to their home with a warrant for the teen and tried to explain what was happening. He was so scared, he said, he wanted me to do some stuff. I didn't want to do it. Uh, if I didn't do it, he said he was going to blackmail me. Oh, that's not nice. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. No, 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 no. He's talking about the pedophile homosexual. Oh, okay, never mind. I thought, he, I thought you were blackmailing your mom. That's not what's going on here. That's what I thought she meant. Damica Davis added her son should be held accountable if he murdered Kruger, but she also believed he was victimized. Listen, if I'm the judge in this instance, and again, no one should make me a judge. I understand that. If you can provide evidence that that uh, this guy was preying upon a minor and you can provide evidence that he was gonna he was blackmailing him you're free to go okay you're free to go um uh, but you know that's that would be me um she says it's traffic it's tragic what happened but i feel my son is a victim in this as well it's possible that he actually is this is like hey unicorn there's a unicorn sighting this might actually be, well, I mean, it's not a, he didn't do nothing because he did do it. But, you know, frankly, I, to me, this is, I try to be consistent. Okay. This is a Russian wood scenario. Okay. Like if you, now you have to follow the laws and regulations of your municipality. But if you are sexually abused as a minor, and then later you go Paul Kersey on your abuser, <laughs> you're not going to have an issue with me. You might have an issue with law enforcement, but yeah, what am I going to say? That's, uh, you know, if I was the judge, again, you have to prove your case. You have to, you can't just label people and kill them. Okay. You got to prove your case. Um, but if you can prove your case, you're free to go. In my opinion, Kruger's death was mourned by leftist AIDS commie district attorney, Larry Krasner, and the mental retard John Fetterman, among other Democrats who said the homosexual pedophile lifted up the most vulnerable and stigmatized people in our communities. Oh, is that what you call fucking men in the ass? He lifted up the most vulnerable and stigmatized people. Actually, assholes, it looked like your guy was sodomizing the most vulnerable and stigmatized people in your community. Isn't that fascinating? particularly unhoused people living with addiction and fiercely advocated for the most vulnerable communities through his journalism. Oh, man. Well, this story ends in true Democrat fashion. Uh, Democrats um, using different terms for fucked up shit, like they do with abortion and other things. Uh, so uh, we'll have the video, of course, in the video portion. But uh, Chank Uger is... Uh, officially running for president, which is hilarious because he can't. 
He can't. This is a total scam, a total grift. Hopefully he gets investigated over it. Chank Uger and uh, bestiality enthusiast um, of the Young Turks was in a state of denial when he announced Wednesday he'll run for president. The lunatic Greaseball, uh, an immigrant from Turkey, reportedly said he doesn't believe the Constitution's natural, natural born citizen clause will disqualify him. <laughs> in speaking with Semaphore, Keek predicted a slam dunk victory if and when the issue reaches the Supreme Court. Uh, and he said that it was a good reason to run. I'm tired of 25 million Americans having this albatross around their neck. Go fuck yourselves. That's what I say. You can't run. Get the fuck out. Uger previously ran an unsuccessful campaign in 2020 in CA25, where he barely got 7% of the vote. As stated in the Constitution, no person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of the president. Social media became awash in comments mocking the announcement. Larry O'Connor says his first act as candidate for president is to violate the Constitution of the United States because he is not a natural-born citizen, talk uh, radio host Larry O'Connor said in a post on X. Actually, this kind of makes him the perfect candidate for Democrats. Yeah. Um, another person says, you weren't born here. You're not even allowed to run for president, yet you're taking donations under the premise you are. Sounds like you're a fraud, Shank, not a smart move. They were responding to a post by uh, Keek linking a Chank for America website that featured a button for donations. As of press time, his Act Blue page showed that uh, he garnered 732 donations, though the total amount of money raised was not advertised. The eligibility issue has come up in recent months with another political figure, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a Hollywood actor, and part of his name uh, will be addressed in a moment. Uh, uh, born in Austria, who became governor of California, said in a June interview, of course he would run for president if he was eligible. Uger's entry into the race comes two days after Robert F. Kennedy announced. Now, Mark Dice, who is a fantastic commentator that I highly recommend, he uh, tweeted, and I'm gonna we're gonna play it for everyone. He tweeted that uh, Chink actually had a campaign video, and um, okay, audio's on, no problem. He had a campaign video. And uh, we should play it. So Mark Dice tweeted, Democrat presidential candidate Chank Uger's new campaign ad is wild. And then I retweeted and said, Chank Uger has the greatest campaign ad of all time. Powerful. So let's have a look at Chank's uh, presidential uh, candidate ad. Uh, and you'll probably agree with me. It's very powerful. Let's uh, have a look here. I apologize, I know these are like difficult words to hear, but words like nigger and fag, nigger. You niggers are why I lost my job. He only shot a nigger. Run, nigger, run. Nigger, nigger this or nigger that. Okay, so they're like, all right, all right, you cover that Jerry Rice looking nigger. Whatever, niggerhead. N nigger, nigger look. His ranch was called niggerhead. Fucking Jews and niggers. Nigger lover on it. Which is better, nigger or cracker? It was apparently called niggerhead. Oh, you're a nigger? Doing fucking nothing and being a lazy nigger. They were nigger lovers. 
it don't give a nigger time to learn his lesson. White crackers. Yeah. Does that mean I can say black niggers? Uh, he, they caught him on tape saying uh, the N-word. You're going to hear it for yourself in a second. They're never going to catch me using that word nigger. <laughs> Except when I say it six more times in this recording. <laughs> okay. I work too hard for them to catch me using the word nigger. Okay. No, no, I'm not talking about the niggers with no souls. I'm talking about regular niggers. She's not the wrong kind of nigger. She's just the kind of nigger we call nigger. Well, all I know is, you think you're never going to get in trouble for that? You're quite wrong. But, you know, look, the one thing that I love about it is how he was sure that he was never going to get caught doing it. And, and of course, it turned out he was wrong. Incredible. Chank Uger 2024 nigger. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a campaign slogan. Man. Alright, well there you go. Man, that is uh that was powerful. That was very powerful. I appreciate Mark Dice bringing that to all of our attention. North Carolina Republicans override Democrat governor vetoes on election bills. That's great news. North Carolina Republicans voted on Tuesday to override AIDS commie Democrat Governor Roy Cooper's vetoes of two election bills that Republicans say will increase election integrity and that Cooper claims are a threat to democracy. Yeah, because Democrats cheat. The measures in question, Senate Bill 747 and 49, ban drop boxes for ballots and the acceptance of absentee ballots after Election Day, limit the use of private money for elections and shift authority away from the governor over the state's board of elections. All right, so I think Trump has North Carolina. You know, there are so many states that I think can be robbed from Trump. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and it does make it difficult to pull off a win because of the insane level of cheating. Uh, it's nice that you have a state that it looks like I think Trump will win North Carolina. Now, you need you need some more. You need some more. But uh, good. And you still have to try in North Carolina. I'm not saying, you know, bank it or anything. But you take away their ability to do this shit. Yeah, you're, you're going to blow out Biden. It's going to be a joke. Um, so the House voted 72, 44 to override the veto. OK, great. Great to see. Um, Adobe releases a tool developed with the BBC to combat misinformation in images. So memes, they're combating memes. The granddaddy of all that can be made visually astonishing fake, i.e. the Photoshop developer and owner Adobe, has officially joined the battle against no less images that convey misinformation. Um, but wouldn't that be pretty much every image ever edited with Photoshop, that sadly omnipresent proprietary photo editor? Yet things are not exactly, and are they ever a clear-cut and reasonable excuse me, as clear-cut and reasonable as they may seem at first. Did Adobe, of all people, have to jump on this particular bandwagon? Sure it did, because it's not uh, of the people, it's of corporations. Not one, uh, not two, but three dinosaurs are coming together, Adobe, BBC, and Microsoft, as if they uh, were really ever in the big picture of corporate and closed-source things working apart. They are now said to be working to combat misinformation. There's an icon that will be planted on photos. It's essentially some sort of implicitly trusted mark of authenticity. You know when they make fakes, 
they're going to put this mark on it and they're going to say, well, it has a mark of authenticity. Not actual authenticity, though. The photo could be real or AI generated. The CR credentials, red icon, is just there to tell you if after it was made, whichever way it was made, the image happened to be altered for any reason. Now, there's a funny way to fight misinformation. Uh, but a further look at who else is on board that reveals the purpose of all this. Nikon and Leica camera makers. Uh, Walmart and Nestle and P&G. There's 2,000 more. In short, a mass seal corporate effort to even further cement any loopholes that might see a single cent flow out of their outrageous revenues. And why not add a dash of Orwell-inspired hubris to all this? Adobe senior exec Andy, Andy Parsons actually mentioned the creative commons of all things while explaining the need, need for icon transparency. Newspeak must be proud of that one. We think and hope it'll become as ubiquitous as the copyright symbol or the Creative Commons symbol. For all Microsoft lovers out there wondering how their favorite company is contributing to this, the new icon will show up in its Bing search results, but for AI-generated images, or so Microsoft says. Oh, yeah. I don't even think we've seen the beginning of the level of uh, censorship they're going to do to memes at this point. All right, let's get to some videos here. We're going to start with Cenk Uger's announcement. And one of the more entertaining things about this is watching Anna Kasparian sit there and have to pretend to take it serious. Oh, it's amazing. There's a big announcement uh, that will basically take up the entirety of the second hour of the show today. Look how she says that. That is a total... Um, kind of like a passive aggressive dig. She has no respect for him. It is so funny to watch her have to do this. Welcome back to TYT. As I mentioned, there's a big announcement uh, that will basically take up the entirety of the second hour of the show today. Here to make that announcement in the capacity as a guest is Jank Uger. Yes. Jank, um, you do have this big announcement. Although you've already kind of made it on the set of breaking points, but now it's official. Yeah, no, uh, there I had not yet made up my mind, but I have now and I have filed. I will be running for president of the United States of America. Um, so uh, coming, uh, jankforamerica.com um, and the idea here, guys, is let's change the course. Uh, right now, Joe Biden is down 24 points in the economy. 19 points on jobs when he actually did better on jobs than Trump did. He's down third. That's a blatant lie. Team points from where he was in 2020. He is not going to win. I am running. Yes, I am a break glass in case of emergency candidate. It should not have been me. It should have been someone else. But unfortunately, it was not anyone else. And now there's only four months left. We must change horse. He has at best a 10% chance of winning. Donald Trump is an actual fascist. So I am running as a proxy. I'm running to win, but I'm also running as a proxy for any other candidate. We have got to get Biden out of the race. Thank you for winning in 2020. But if he loses this time around, it's not just his problem, it's all of our problems. I actually think democracy is on the line. And so if it takes me running, then that's what I'm gonna do. And we're all gonna do it together. And by the way, and I'll say this up front and then I'll let you ask all your questions, Anna. Um, if I do this alone and it's just my idea, it's never gonna work, okay? 
I'm either your voice or I'm not. If you guys want <laughs> to have a stronger candidate in Give this race money. and you want to beat Donald Trump, you're going to make that happen. Jankforamerica.com or in any way, volunteering, whatever you want, okay? But if I'm not your voice, I have no chance at all. So let's see if we can bring something good into the world and make a giant difference together. And you know me, I always believe that we can make a difference together. And this is the time to do it before the primaries are over. So I do have a lot of questions. What I want you to explain is the logic behind what you're doing, right? Because it, it seems as though you think running is going to spark something in other can, potential candidates. So yeah. explain what the logic is. Great question. So first of all, um, when it comes to the issue of uh, me being a naturalized citizen, which I know we're gonna get to yeah. later, if it wasn't for that, there would be no obstacles to begin with. There should be a progressive in this. The obstacle is that you are a retarded baboon who is a lol cow on the internet. A person of that stature has zero chance in any sort of electoral politics. This race, there should have been one for a long time. Marianne Williamson has been in there, but unfortunately she hasn't broken through. I have nothing but respect for her courage and, and her policies, etc. Uh, but at this point, we're not at progressives versus establishment. Uh, we're at four months left and things must change. Otherwise, we're almost definitely gonna lose to Trump. What do you mean when so, you say four months left? I know. I know what you mean, but explain yeah. it to the audience. So Iowa, South Carolina primaries, caucuses, etc., started in about four months. Mm -hmm. So uh, in fact, uh, the Nevada ballot deadline is on October 16th. So it's in a couple of days that forces us to go now, right? And so uh, first of all, if Joe Biden drops out, everything is possible. Everything is possible, all the other candidates will come in, Governor Whitmer, Governor Shapiro, you name it, they will all come in and we'll have a real primary, which we should have had from day one. By the way, when we don't do primaries, Republicans get their message out in their primaries is constantly talking about Republican X or Republican Y. Democrats have gotten none of their message out. We need a real strong primary. So my job is to be basically Paul Revere. Biden's gonna lose, Biden's gonna lose, Biden's gonna lose. We gotta go now, we have to change that dynamic. So I'm gonna, yes, pressure Biden to get out of the race. So if he leaves now, he's a hero. He did something incredibly magnanimous. He beat Trump last time. He was a good steward of the economy. So he he was a good steward of the economy. These people are completely delusional. Retires a hero, but if he stays in, I'm going to explain to people that he's the villain. And if he loses to Trump, I'm sure Biden is quaking in his boots. If I'm wrong and he beats Trump, then great. Then my apologies to uh, Joe Biden, but that's not gonna happen and we all know that's not gonna happen. So the idea is to create enough pressure on Biden. And here's how you get the pressure. One of the ways you get the pressure is everybody thinks that I have almost no chance of winning, right? And let's keep it real, everybody knows that, right? They're like, oh, your name is funny, you weren't born here, you're a progressive, you're an outsider, et cetera, et cetera, right? If I get to 20 or 25. Okay, I have a better chance of literally getting on the Lakers and dropping 50 in an NBA game. And the chance that I ever do that is zero. There is not an instance on this earth in which that would be possible. Okay, first of all, I would have, I haven't played basketball since I was like 23, okay? Even when I was at my best, zero chance, I wouldn't even be able to make a double A uh, uh, college team, okay? 
Zero chance, even in my prime, making it onto the Lakers. Zero chance, okay? Not 1%, not 05 0% chance, okay? And scoring 50 points if by, if like they were like, hey, we're doing a charity spot on the roster. You win, okay? You get into the game. Zero chance at scoring 50. I would have a better chance of pulling that off than Shank Uger getting 20 to 25 uh, uh, points in, in, in any election. He barely got seven when he ran for CA 25. Okay, he is so delusional. And the beauty of this, one of my favorite things to watch is uh, when he has these big events, like when he ran and they were tallying the votes and the votes were coming in and watching him, you know, because he's an idiot, uh, think that he has a shot at this and then watching reality smack him in the fucking face. That's the best, especially when Anna has to be there to watch that. Because she knew. She knew he wasn't going to win in CA25. She knows that he has no shot here. So for her to have to sit there and put up with her boss, oh, it's very entertaining. Panic sets in. There's no question panic sets in because there's two things that happen there. One, the other candidates go, well, Biden is enormously weak, right? Number two is Biden begins to realize the handwriting's on the wall. If this Jank Uber, who probably he probably can't pronounce, has gotten to 25. Impo it's just virtually, not virtually, it's literally impossible. Impossible. The handwriting's on the wall. He's gotta go. And by the way, Anna, the reason why this is realistic is because there are a lot of people in Washington inside the establishment that are trying to get Joe Biden to drop out. We need to help them. We need. But how does that translate to you getting 25 percent? of the vote to create that pressure. Okay, let me jump in. Let me jump in. You have publicly Bill Maher, James Carville, behind the scenes other members of the Democratic Party urging Biden to drop out. Saying that this is a massive risk that will likely get Donald Trump reelected again. No, this the, look, if you want to argue that RFK for example, um, could pull votes from Biden and Trump, no problem, okay? Because I do think that's true. Cenk Uger is not at all a threat to Joe Biden, okay? I would, I would love if I could say Cenk Uger is yet another Democrat that can siphon off votes from Joe Biden, zero. Cornell West is more of a threat than Cenk Uger, and I think Cornell West's campaign is an op to to sheepdog people in the Biden at the last moment, okay? RFK's campaign, I think, is, is, is real. And I do think RFK will take some of Trump's and some of Biden's. How much, I have no idea. I think Rich Barris, I, I defer, I think Rich Barris is the best pollster in the country. Uh, I think he, he, he's a genuine. He, he is an obvious Trump supporter, but he does not allow it to uh, affect his work. I respect that a lot. Um, and uh, he seems to think that it's not clearly 100% going to hurt Biden. Um, he, he, some of it is definitely going to hurt Biden. But uh, I would defer to, to Barris on that one. But Cenk Uger, zero threat. Zero threat. What, what would Cenk Uger get? How many votes would Cenk Uger get? 500? 100? I don't even think he... Wait, is he going to get 100 votes? I don't even know if he's going to get 100 votes. Why do you think that you would be an effective voice in dissuading Biden from running again. Yeah, there's two things about that in it. So number one, um, 
Why aren't they in the race? So I'm look, you could say, well, what do you mean? Why why should Bill Maher go in the race? Of course James Carville's not gonna go in the that, race. That's not that's not an answer. That's not you're not answering her question. Yeah, but guys, just talking about it isn't getting anything done. So you need to actually have someone in the race that is actively pushing him out and saying, so like these like polite beseeching of Joe Biden isn't working. And yes, we've got to crank up the dial. And so one of the ways you do that is you have a real candidate who actually makes a real run at him. But you're not making a real run at him under any circumstances. And when you have a make a real run at him, that's gonna create an enormous amount of pressure rather than just chitter chatter sitting there as time runs out in Washington DC. So he didn't answer her question. Now, you're getting to an important point here. And I know some people are nervous. Well, I mean, if Joe Biden only has a 10% chance of winning and Cenk, you criticize him, does that come down to 9% or 8%? What difference does it make? He's gonna lose, 10% isn't enough to win. He's massively behind. He's massively behind, okay? So instead, what the point of turning up the pressure is, is if you lose to Trump, it is going to be on the record. We warned you, I warned you, I came in the race in a crazy attempt to make a difference because we're on a collision course with fascism. And if Joe Biden <laughs> says, yes, I am that selfish, yes, I don't care about you guys. I don't care if democracy's on the line. I don't care if I'm 80, I don't care if I'm 180. My legacy and my ego is more important than anything else in the world. So I will stay here and try to get two term president because two terms is better than one term. And guys, and if you're in the press or you're out there as a voter, you all know that's what he's thinking. You all know that, right? You know that it's all about his ego. And it is intensely selfish. And I'm gonna say that 2000 times on every show until he gets it through his thick head. Stop being selfish. Democracy is actually on the line. Jenkforamerica.com. <laughs> so you had described your congressional run for California's 25th district as the worst experience of your life. In that election, you received 6.6% of the vote. It was also the worst experience of my life. Now she has to do this again because apparently all the work falls on her while he's out and about and she's very pissed off about this. So now he's gonna put her through it again. What makes you think that anything would be different this time around given the way the media treated you, given the stunts that the Democratic Party pulled against you? In order for your plan here to work, you just said it. If you start seeing support for you, 20 to 25% of the vote, that seems like you got that support, then maybe there'll be actual pressure for Biden to step down and not seek reelection. But what makes you think you're gonna get anywhere near that considering what you've already experienced with the media's treatment of you? Yeah, so I'm under no delusion that mainstream media is gonna be all of a sudden, oh, Cenk Uger, we've changed our minds. No, they're gonna be vicious. Yeah, yep. no, I know how mainstream media works and- They might ignore you. It's possible they just ignore you. And I said it today in another interview, they will lie, they will smear me, there's no question. That's what they do to every progressive. And if you're in mainstream media, you're pretending that you're not biased against progressives, that is hilarious. And then you will make that pretense in the middle of an article where you attack me. Go ahead, you know you're going to. There isn't gonna be one positive article about it, right? Uh, but 
hey, I'm also trying to get your beloved Whitmers and Newsoms, etc. into the race. Don't say Newsoms. Okay, I know that you're not in favor of it, but that's a different conversation. So I don't think that the mainstream media is going to be any different. No, there's two things that are different, Anna. Mm -hmm. One is, I'm not the only one who thinks Joe Biden needs to get out of the race and we need to have a real primary. Tons of people, about 72% of Democratic voters want it. And Democratic Party, what is wrong with you? That you ignore 72% of your voters who scream, give us another candidate. So if you didn't want me in the race, well, then you should have given him another candidate, okay? And if you don't, if you didn't give him that- I don't know if they care if you're in the race, actually. You got me instead. So deal with it. Now, in terms of why it's different in terms of being able to break through. In the congressional run, we couldn't break through. Why not? Because they smeared me. And by the way, if I read the LA Times article and I was a voter in the 25th congressional district and I heard nothing else about me, I would have voted against me. Because the lies and the smears in there were unreal. I mean, they said I was anti-Muslim. I wouldn't vote for a guy who's anti-Muslim. They didn't tell people that I'm actually Muslim, that my background's Muslim, right, etc. So, but this time, it's a little bit different media dynamic. Mm -hmm. So now, we have a great number of online shows. We have more uh, liberal outlets, conservative outlets, independent outlets, mainstream, like you name it. We've got every kind of outlet there is in online, in radio. Uh, I've been on a, a black radio, I'm gonna go back on to black radio. I'm gonna go back on to every kind of outlet that will have me on. And my No, you're not. You're not gonna go on the Tim Pool show or some of the conservative shows. I guess is a lot of outlets will have me on. Mm -hmm. In the old days, mainstream media can freeze you out, right? And then you're done for. They smear you, oh, this guy's anti-Muslim, anti this, anti that, and then you never get your voice out. Well now, look guys, here, I'm gonna keep it real. When a sh an online show has me on, the views are gonna go up because people are interested in it. No, they're not. They're gonna probably get their average views because people will watch the show anyway. And and so if maybe the entire internet will say, no, we're not interested in views. No, we're not interested in Jake. We're not interested. No, they'll have I think people will have you on for the train wreck and and they'll 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 monetize it. But I don't think it's gonna be, you know, anything above what they would normally get. In another choice. Biden's got it. Biden's on cruise control here. He's definitely going to win. My guess is a lot of shows, wherever they are on the political spectrum, are going to go, oh, okay, there's now there's a fight. Okay. And now. But there's not a fight. Now there's a real challenge. Mm -hmm. And but there really isn't a real challenge. Look, one of my advantages is I am loud. And so that is sometimes a disadvantage. But in this case, someone's got to scream from the rooftops Biden's going to lose. Biden's gonna lose, we've gotta get another candidate. But the advantage I have is yes, I'm loud, I'm a warrior, and- I'm a warrior. <laughs> he refers to himself as a warrior, that's hilarious. A baboon, he's a baboon warrior. And, uh, and I will make this case, not only the, the case that Biden's gotta go, but our case. So even though this is not progressive versus establishment, and I will take any candidate, myself or others, that is gonna beat Trump, Yes, but our policies are more popular and I'm not afraid to say it. Mm -hmm. And so you almost never hear someone forcefully making the argument. Why haven't they done paid family leave? 84%. Republicans wanted, Democrats wanted paid family leave, give moms 12 weeks off. So let's actually take a brief break. Mm -hmm. When we come back, I wanna talk a little bit about what your platform is gonna look like, what type of 
issues and policies you want to champion as part of this presidential run. Um, and when we come back, we'll also read some of your questions and comments to Jenk. So if you're watching live, and especially if you're a member, uh, write in if you have any questions. Uh, we'll ask when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. We're interviewing Jenk Uger, who's just announced. Again, look, look at her, look at her demeanor. She is absolutely, this is like, um, she, <laughs> look at her body language. Welcome back to TYT. We're interviewing Jenk Uger, who's. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, you deserve it. You deserve it. This is fantastic. Oh, man. I guess what 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 is it like? Is it like if you have like a really embarrassing family member and you have to like go to a a gathering of some sort and like you have to put up with their bullshit? I don't know, but it's see, she, this is really it's really entertaining to watch her. Just announced uh, that he is entering the presidential race. Uh, he will try to <laughs> primary President Joe Biden, who is seeking re-election. Who is taking a massive risk considering how poorly he's oh doing in the polling God. against this Donald Trump. Great. And uh, this is Jenks way of trying to basically prevent uh, what appears to be a future set in stone for both Biden and Trump. Now I want to read some comments from our viewers Jenk, uh, because there are some who have questions, some who have concerns, others support you in this effort. Uh, Seth Michael Draginski says, I have so many mixed opinions on this, but if you can't get into a debate with Biden, how does this matter? I'm asking for you to genuinely explain it to me. If you don't go all the way, what's the plan then? I really need these answers to decide where I end up on this. Okay, super fair. So first of all, of course, the DNC should have a debates, and I understand that they're not going to because they are in the- You would have no, even if they had the debates, you would have no shot to qualify. Business of protecting incumbency, which is not their job. Their job is to pick the best Democrat, to be the best candidate against the Republicans, but they have abdicated that responsibility. I don't think that they're gonna go, oh, Cenk Uger's in the race. Well, then we should do a debate right away. So I understand that, that doesn't mean you shouldn't pressure them, you should. Now let's all note that we all know, and you don't have to be a Young Turks viewer to, to know this, that Joe Biden could not withstand a debate against me. It wouldn't even be close, it would be embarrassing. Why are we picking a guy who would be embarrassed by an online talk show host in a debate and we all know it and we can all acknowledge it. He has no chance of beating someone who has actual facts and makes a strong case. So he can't even make a case for himself. He's at 19 points lower than Trump on jobs when he doubled the number of jobs that Trump created. I have made a better- Using jobs that returned after COVID is a very dishonest metric case for Biden on jobs than he has. So now in terms of what happens, well, we run super hard. I believe anything is possible. Do I believe we can win? Hell yes, I do. But if you get to Iowa, you get to South Carolina, which is in about four months from now, and I'm wrong, and we don't come close, we don't get to, we, you know, God knows what I'll start at. I have no idea what number I'll start at, right? But I assume that it'll be low. But let's say I do the circuit and I get the message out there and people get, oh my God, your policies are so popular. Why aren't we doing those? Your voice is so strong. That's exactly what we want for the Democratic Party. Okay, great. Then I get to 20, I get to 25, I get to 35, wonderful. But zero chance, zero chance. If it, that doesn't happen and you get 
you, you lose Iowa and South Carolina decisively, you're done. Mm -hmm. you're, it's not like you're dragging it out, right? And guys, this is another huge part of this. No one on the Democratic Party is fighting Trump. I mean, they're playing patty cakes with the- They're motherfucker, they're indicting him multiple times. This guy, the, the guy used Nazi uh, words the other day about Nazi words. What the fuck is that? Nazi words. We're saying the blood of our nation. The guy tried a coup attempt here. No, he didn't. That's totally made up. For God's sake, somebody fight him. I'm not waiting for Chris Christie to fight Donald Trump. I'm going to fight Donald Trump. No, you're not. You're not even going to be a factor. I'm a Democrat, and and so our job. And I got to Joe, wake up. You're supposed to fight the guy. Here, I'll tell you this, guys. Let's say we go a month, right? Month is not much at all. And I rise in the polls more than Biden does. How would that, it's zero chance that happens. What does that tell you? I mean, Biden is right now trailing the most unpopular politician of our lifetimes, Donald Trump. And he needs to be up five. So if Joe Biden surges and now he's up five, he's up seven. Oh, great, Michigan, my bad, my bad. Okay, then you should say, hey, you know what? If he did this for me, I'm gonna vote for him. If it looks like he's gonna win, I'm gonna vote for him. But why would you pick a guy that you know almost for sure is going to lose? So we're gonna put the voters to a decision. Can we win that decision? Yes, of course we can. Because the Democratic voters, because of mainstream media, have almost never heard a super strong Democrat that says, we are right on the issues. We should have $15 minimum wage. We should have, at a minimum, public option. They're incredibly popular. They're not progressive radical positions, etc. They're progressive mainstream positions. They're centrist positions. And they've never seen a Democrat actually rip the face off a Republican. So obviously rhetorical, right? These days you have to clarify that because of the Republicans. But they put like, oh my, Joe Biden, you're gonna, you're gonna see it again. He's gonna go on the campaign trail and like a schmuck, he's gonna thank his Republican friends. Stop doing ads for them. I will not be doing ads for Republicans. I will be attacking Donald Trump and telling you what a spoiled little child he is. And how he bankrupted every business he's ever been involved in. Yeah, every single one. He's pathetically weak. Yeah, I will totally weak. Fight for you, Seth. That's yeah. what I'll do. Jankforamerica.com. But not only that, we already bought how Biden is gonna lose.com. Biden is gonna lose.com. I believe someone on the internet uh chanked it in secure chank twenty twenty four, and so someone bought it. So okay. You're displaying your typical bombastic style. I am. Which we know. Which leads me to think about the actual kingmakers in every election. And those kingmakers are not either party, it's people who are undecided, the independent voters. Mm -hmm. How do you propose to appeal to them? Oh, that's super easy. Okay. I thought you were gonna say kingmakers as in donors. Okay, so no, no. that's the first layer of kingmakers. We can get to funding in a minute, but yeah, I am curious because yeah. You know, uh, I enjoy your boisterous, bombastic style. Sure. It's off-putting for others. I would I'm venture sure she does to say some who identify as independents, maybe a little more conservative-leaning, but are open to Democratic uh, yeah. candidates. So, look, uh, here's what independents and and even conservatives know they're going to get with me. Honesty and all that. You are not honest at all. You're one of the most dishonest people on the internet. You are so dishonest that people have built their careers starting YouTube channels, pointing out how much you lie and how ridiculous the lies are. 
authenticity. So I'm not gonna pull my punches when I don't agree with you. I, I'm gonna throw the punch. Everybody knows that, right? So now you could say that's alienating. Sure, fair, all right? But on the other hand, when I'm honest with them and I say, hey, look, conservatives figured out that corruption was so bad that, that basically these things were, all these campaign contributions are bribes. That's why they want to drain the swamp. They went in the wrong direction with Trump. I won't bend one inch on that, okay? You were wrong to go in that direction. Having said that, you were right that yes, corruption is totally out of control. And what other Democrat tells you that, tell, acknowledges, hey, Mitch McConnell raised a billion dollars. Every Democrat out there is going, yeah, oh man, corrupt son of a bitch, right? And mainstream media was willing to begin to entertain that conversation. Nancy Pelosi also took a billion dollars. Is she an angel? No, it's not, it's not about personalities. And I don't have anything against Nancy Pelosi on a personal level. But you took the billion dollars because you were gonna serve those folks and you did serve those folks. Now. Independents know that. And when the Democrats keep going, no, no, when we take the corporate money, it's because we happen to agree with ExxonMobil. They lose all credibility, all ability to win independence. I would win more independent votes than any Democrat. It wouldn't even be close. And look, another thing is, Anna, as you know, and as we've taken some heat for here, our positions are what I call mainstream progressive. So they are not extreme left. And so, for example, one of the things that I'm animated about is crime. And I've had that debate with leftists online. God bless them, love them, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. okay? But crime is real. It's mm -hmm. not, people are not imagining it. And crime is, by the way, an iceberg for the Democratic Party. That's the second thing I'll warn you about. Look, you talk, and you don't, tr don't trust my anecdotes. Go do your own anecdotes. People outside of politics, okay, people inside politics, their brain is melted. They're like, oh, yes, whoever is the leader, yes, of course. If, oh, if you're losing by 24, that means you're gonna win any second now. You're gonna turn it around because, Donald, because Joe Biden has so much charisma. So you can't talk to people in politics. They don't, their brain is totally melted. But talk to real Americans. I did uh, this weekend, you know, usual stuff, family, friends, etc., that are not involved in politics. Uh, so they said two things. I said, do you think Joe Biden's gonna win? They all laughed out loud. They're like, yeah, he's so old. So in politics, everybody's like careful, like, oh, you ageist and this and that. We can't. I'm saying it out loud because the whole country is saying it out loud. He's too old. He's too old. We all know he's too old. And look, am I worried that it's beyond just too old? We're all worried that it's beyond just too old. The second thing they say, Anna, mm -hmm. I, I asked them, and I, they happen to be Asian, and I said, if the Republicans weren't weirdly hateful, how many of you would vote for Republicans now? And they all raise their hands, they're all down. I bet you that they're gonna vote Republican and they're just not gonna tell anybody. I said, why? They said crime. Crime, the migrant crisis, which they've provided absolutely no resources for and pretend like is no big deal as local communities are now fighting with scrap for scraps among each other and the migrants who need to be sheltered and housed and everything. No, they don't, they need to be, I mean, if you're saying they temporarily need to be sheltered until their plane goes back to the country they came from, no problem, but you gotta deport. You know, they're paying your dues and, and respecting your elders type nonsense. Like I just, I, f I really fail to understand how any potential Democratic candidate would see your run 
as a sign that they need to enter the race. I really do, I don't see no, it. No, we gotta knock Biden out, there's no other way around it. We have to knock Biden out. So now, the guys who are not running currently, yeah, they're, they believe in authoritarian rules, right? If the dear leader, Joe Biden says, I don't care if I'm 90 or 200, you will bow, they bow. And that is not what a Democrat is supposed to be. We're not supposed to bow down to authority. We're supposed to challenge authority. Well, they're so, doing, but when it, you say they're the doing it to protect our democracy, Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Democracy yeah. is under threat, so. Yeah, if you're, if you're one of those Democratic governors, don't you ever dare say, the democracy is under threat and not run against the guy who has almost no chance of winning. You were giving the election to Donald Trump. I'm not gonna do it. I'll do anything to make sure that doesn't happen. By the way, if you agree, just it doesn't matter what your politics is. Just send in a dollar at jenkforamerica.com as like a protest. Oh, please another candidate, please, me or anyone else. Okay, so in in terms of uh how, I'm sorry, what was the, the question you were asking? I oh, just, the Democratic Party, okay. Yeah, so look, I hear you, that's the current state of the Democratic Party. Okay, now I'm gonna say something that, let's whisper of a dream, right? I'm running to win. I'm running for a number of reasons, including to make sure that we get the best possible candidate, but I'm definitely running to win. And when people- Zero chance, zero chance. Hear my message. I think they are going to be very excited that this message exists. Remember, people who watch mainstream media. Even, okay, even if you were not a, a dumb, boisterous, retarded baboon, and you actually had charisma and policy that you had a shot, let's say you somehow managed to get the amount of people on board that Bernie Sanders did during the Democrat primary uh, in 2015, 2016. You still can't win because you can't run because you're not a fucking, uh, uh, you were not born in the country, okay? So even if you caught lightning in the bottle and you were not a retard, you could not win. It, it, this this is hilarious. This is really, this is the comedy relief we need for this election cycle. This is really fantastic. You, I know it sounds shocking, but a lot of them have never heard this message. Never heard that Joe Biden didn't even try the public option and that the public option is sitting at 68%. Two thirds of the country wants it and the Democrats will not try. And so the dream that I'm whispering is, well, if I win, then we are the Democratic Party. <laughs> the Democratic Party switches overnight from one that is weak, that won't fight Republicans, that won't do anything that makes sense, that is reasonable, that can win elections. Overnight, we switch to, we fight for things that are popular. The whole country's on our side on a huge number of issues. And we fight for them and we win. Imagine a Democratic Party that's strong. Jankforamerica.com. Our viewer, General Lemon, has a question for you. I think we know the answer to this, but just want to put it out on the record. Will you be taking any super PAC money? Yeah, no, 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 you don't know the answer. So uh, here's the situation, guys. The DNC, and this is coincidental, but TYT reports broke this. Okay, this happened a little while back and we reported on it on Friday. So uh, Candace Cole's the reporter for, for TYT reports in DC and she broke the story of how the DNC had a vote on keeping dark money out of the primaries, okay? 
Now, I'm massively in favor of taking dark money out of the primaries. If they pass that rule, I would be thrilled about following it. Then later, and you would love this, they passed a resolution condemning dark money. Okay. So they voted in favor of dark money, but then condemned themselves for taking dark money. That's the current state of the Democratic Party. Okay, so if they're not gonna, and they always say about the general elections, oh, we have to keep the money in politics because we're not doing unilateral disarmament. Then I'm not doing unilateral disarmament. I don't know that I'm gonna- yeah, But the problem that you have is who the fuck's gonna give you dark money? Have a huge amount of <coughs> big dollar donors that come in and create super PACs for me? But I might, and if I do, God- Zero chance. I'd help you. What do you, got, what do you, oh my God. Me with money? You are out of your mind. Even if someone, I wish there was like a rich guy that like liked to have fun and meme with his money and like gave Chank enough money and then to see how he would bungle it, that would be fucking hilarious. It'd be a waste of money, but it'd be fun. They're in a world of trouble. So if there's super PACs that come in and they do independent expenditures, have at it, Hoss. Go for it. And if you don't like it, then make sure that there's no dark money in the Democratic primaries, which is a position that I want. Okay, look, I said this in my book. I'm going to, whether it's the PACs that I formed, this presidential run, whatever it is, I'm a battering ram. And eventually, progressives will spend so much money in politics, it'll be grassroots donors, the overwhelming majority of them. But we will collect them as Bernie did. He got over $200 million twice in presidential elections. We will collect that money and we will spend it to to attack the establishment Democrats so much. And of course, to funnel off a portion to the lunatic tranny, John Walker Flint. That they cry uncle and they go, "Oh no, 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 we didn't want money in politics. Then we will take that money and we will crash it on top of the Republican Party's head until they cry uncle and they get money out of politics to get our money out of politics. <laughs> Meanwhile, jankforamerica.com. <laughs> Look guys, bottom line is you either, uh, Look, I'm not spectacularly wealthy. Oh God, I wish I was. If I was, I would spend so much money. I would make them cry. You want to send have these super PACs go and attack progressives like Nina Turner? I would double anything a super PAC spent if I had that kind of money. But for now, it's us together, guys. Either you say, yeah, go get him, Jank. Go get him. Go to jankforamerica.com. You know, you give a dollar, great. That's a protest against the current system. You want to give more? Fantastic. Whatever you money you give, I am going to take that and put so much energy behind it, and I'm going to amplify it. And yes, we can win that way. When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you are not an American-born citizen, you're a naturalized citizen. Um, so there are some big obstacles and questions surrounding your eligibility to run for president. So I we'll got address, this. We'll address that. I also want to address what your presidential run means for the show, which is my priority. <laughs> so we'll talk about what that means for the main show and for the company when we return. Viewing Jank Uger, who's just announced that he is running for president. Uh, and <laughs> I love when she returns from break and has to explain what they're doing. It is absolutely, I can't get enough of it. IT, we're interviewing Jank Uger, who's just announced that he is running for president uh, and challenging President Joe Biden in the primary. So Cenk, the, the big issue, the big obstacle uh, kind of standing in your way is the fact that you were born in Turkey. You immigrated to the United States at eight years old. You are a naturalized citizen, uh, but 
My understanding is that only US born citizens can run for president. You disagree with that, why? Yeah, the case law is completely on my side. So this <laughs> conventionalism, we've all heard it. We heard it in eighth grade civics class and it's stuck in our heads. It was an easy thing to remember, right? Oh, if you're not born here. And by the way, there's 25 million Americans who are naturalized citizens. And every one of us has heard about 200 times in our lives, ha ha, you can't run for president. Now look guys, the people who say that, they just remember it from school. They don't mean any harm by it, right? But um, but for the, those of us who hear it, what they, what we're hearing is you're not really fully American. We don't trust you, <clears throat> asshole. It's none of our problem that you're such a weak pussy that anything anyone says fucks with you about your your internal identity. That's your fucking problem. It's not any of our problems. This is shit we navigated when we went through school. Okay, like. You're 52 years old and you haven't, you don't have the emotional fortitude and strength to deal with what people say. <laughs> hilarious. That's hilarious. You're from a different country. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that the founding fathers put that in the first place was because at the time they were worried about royal princes that come into the bloodline and find a way to snake control away to a foreign government. That stuff's not at all relevant anymore. But and it's obviously not fair. It's super not fair. There's It's not fair. Ted Lieu, who's in Congress now and who's a colonel in the Air Force. What is he not? He's loyal to Taiwan because he came when he was three. It's absurd. But that none of that matters. The only thing that matters is the case law. And the Supreme Court has already ruled is Schneider v. Rusk. I asked you guys if you would do graphics. Do you have those graphics or no? We do. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, put them. So, put them up. Uh, yeah, and and I wanted to show you guys this so you can see it with your own eyes. And thank you for uh, humoring me on that. And so this is from a law review article on University of Illinois, and it shows you definitively uh, that Schneider v. Rusk has already decided this issue. So they had uh, an issue that came up where uh, naturalized citizens were being treated different than natural born. Uh, citizens. So here's what the court wrote. This is the Supreme Court in that case. The statute proceeds on the impermissible assumption that naturalized citizens as a class are less reliable and bear less allegiance to this country than do the native born. This is an assumption that is impossible for us to make. Moreover, while the Fifth Amendment contains no equal protection clause, it does forbid discrimination that is so unjustifiable as to be violative of due process. A native born citizen is free to reside aboard indefinitely without suffering loss of citizenship. The discrimination aimed at nationalized citizens drastically limits their rights to live and work abroad in a way that other citizens may. It, it creates indeed a second class citizenship. So the Supreme Court ruled it is unconstitutional to discriminate against naturalized citizens. This issue is actually already settled, just no one knows it. Yeah, so, that's how that's gonna work. I'm going to try to. The Supreme Court's going to go, oh man, look, Chink. We didn't know. Okay, yeah, okay, you can run, Chink. Get this albatross off of all of our necks. If you're one of those 25 million Americans, that alone is a reason to go to jankforamerica.com and support <laughs> what I'm doing because I'm going to make, I'm going to try my best to make us all 100% citizens. And I think the Supreme Court. That doesn't make you 100% citizen. What the fuck is wrong with you? Who even it? How many people from that group are even going to ever run for president? You're insane. We're just clearly on our side. I'll read one last thing. Thank you for again for humoring me on this. The the law review article of University of Illinois concluded this should be the end of the story. Schneider 
is clear that treating natural born citizens and naturalized citizens differently is contrary to the Fifth Amendment. Forbidding naturalized citizens from being president or vice president is a form of discrimination that limits their options and treats them as second class citizens. It is not permissible, it is unconstitutional. So while I agree with that take, I certainly agree with that take. The Constitution also says the following, okay? So this is Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 of the United States Constitution. No person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president, neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. So Anna, it's a great question, especially because for folks who are not familiar with constitutional law. But although all of you will get it instantly. The amendments obviously amend the original constitution. Right. And what I just read to you in Schneider is the Supreme Court said very clearly that the Fifth Amendment amended the constitution to make naturalized citizens have the same exact rights because of due process. And later, Fifth Amendment jurisprudence in America also includes the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. So if you wanna undo that, you'd have to wipe away a giant chunk of American jurisprudence which they would have to go wildly against precedent to do. And so that part has simply been amended out of the Constitution. It is absolutely clear as Schneider. And by the way, if you're saying, yeah, but Cenk, are you gonna have the resources to be able to do this? They take this case to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. And are you are you lawyering up? Like, what's your plan? Because this will be challenged if yes, you I, are seen as enough of a threat to the Democratic Party. No question. So I have lawyered up. I have uh, the same lawyer Bernie Sanders used in both of his presidential runs. Uh, and my guess is I'm going to have some strong allies in this. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm going to the Supreme Court. Either I'm gonna win or I'm gonna lose. Now this, the case is on our side. Precedent is definitely on our side. So what are you gonna do, brother? Are you gonna sit on the sidelines? Or by the way, not just Schwarzenegger, 25 million Americans. Aren't you guys sick of this? We are, here I'll give you one last example. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, born in America, but went and served in the Israeli Defense Forces. No problem, I got no beef with that, okay? But he can run for president. He served in a foreign army, but can run for president. Patrick Bet David, right winger, okay, was on his show. He's a Christian Armenian from Iran. His family fled from the Iranian Revolution. He was in the 101st Airborne. He served in our army. So Patrick Bet David can't run for president, even though he served in our army. And what is this? Does he owe allegiance to Iran that he ran from? But Rahm Emanuel, who served in a foreign army, can run for president. It makes no sense. 25 million Americans, jenkforamerica.com. We're gonna win this case in the Supreme Court. You have zero chance. We're gonna win it, and that alone is gonna make a giant difference. I'm sick of this discrimination. When we're, guys, this is really important for you to understand. I'm on here as a guest, and I'm on many other shows as a guest. That when I do that, I'm running for, uh, as, for my campaign, okay? But when I'm on as a host, that's my daytime job. So some people are mechanics, some people are, for most of the people running, they're usually some sort of lobbyist, consultant, disguised as a politician, etc., right? So for me, I have to earn a living, so I'm going to stay on the show. But I am not allowed to talk about things that are directly related to the Democratic primary. I can comment about all the other news, and I can even comment about Biden and Harris. And by the way, if you notice in the last 
week. I've by, given Biden a ton of credit for some of the things that he's done, the student debt relief, uh, the job numbers are great. I think I make a better case for Biden than he does, right? And that's part of the why he's such a bad candidate, even though he, he you know, has had some accomplishments. But so we, we religiously are going to keep that separate, okay? Oh, I'm sure you are. But uh, I don't want to be all negative, so I'll read uh, the positive comments as well, uh, starting <laughs> with uh, 420 JR man who says, vote for Jenk Uger, our POTUS 24. Uh, Progressive Bandito says Jenk 2024. Fortnite Pro, aka Be Kind Dragon, says, I'm voting for you because we must win. Lisa Schuster, he needs to tell us how he pronounces his last name. Yeah, that's super fair. It's for those of you who are new to it, and, and for a lot of people that are older to it, uh, okay, it's my name is difficult. Jank, this is pronounced like a J, Jank, and then Uger, Jank Uger, okay? Uh, and it's jankforamerica.com. Yes, it's C E N K for America.com. But don't worry, we got almost all the spellings. So you can spell it any way you like, and you'll probably get to us anyway. Patches the Fury is concerned that. You running in a Democratic primary is going to help Trump win. What is your response to that? So two things, guys. I'm going to be the the main Democrat in the race, actually running against Trump. So, you know, I, I, nothing against Marianne Williamson, but her voice just can't get out, right? And and it's not her fault, but it it, it hasn't, right? So, uh, but Biden refuses to run against Trump. He refuses to run against McCarthy and Scalise and all these guys. When's the last time you heard Biden take on Kevin McCarthy? Maybe never, right? Isn't that amazing that the leader of the Democratic Party will not fight the Republicans? I'm gonna get in the race, whichever show I go on, not just this show, but the other shows that'll have me on, I'm gonna explain. Donald Trump is a little tiny baby. He bankrupted six different companies. His daddy gave him money. Here, I have a nickname for Donald Trump already. See, already, like no other Democrat would do that. Oh, that's not classy. We just sit here and lose in a super classy way. Well, I'm not classy, okay? So his name from now on is Spoiled Donnie. Oh, that'll work. There we go. Hilarious. So Spoiled Donnie. Spoiled Donnie. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Got $413 million from his dad, and then he sucked his thumb until he lost it all. Total. Yeah, he lost all of it. He has no money. Utter loser. The weakest man in America, the most insecure, most thin-skinned man in America, and he sucks at everything he does. Everyone, <laughs> 40 out of 44 cabinet officials that served under his term will not endorse him. Because if you're in a room with Donald Trump, you realize what a lunatic, what a madman. And now he's going around saying that he's gonna destroy our government. He thinks he's gonna suspend our constitution for- Again, that's totally made up. God's sake, Democrats, run against Donald Trump. So that's what I'm gonna do. And so. But guys, I promise you that if it looks like, oh my God, no, the Democrats coalesce again, and they're like, no, we want to, we we want to lose with Biden. We'd rather lose with Biden than have a real candidate. And besides, this Trump's going to do a giant tax cuts for corporations again, right? So if they coalesce around him, and it looks like, look, I pounded this guy for three months, and and he's not going away, and I don't want to do damage. Mm-hmm. No, not mission number one is beat Trump, beat Trump, beat Trump, beat Trump. So we're gonna do that together. If it's not working and it's not going in that direction, we're gonna get, we're not gonna do that, okay? We're gonna fight super hard against Trump. 
Now, I doubt you've even thought about this. So let's get ahead of ourselves a little bit. Reaper Dragon wants to know, if you were to win the nomination, would you consider Marianne as a running mate? And if not, who would you consider, Jenk 2024? Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I haven't picked a vice presidential candidate, but bless your heart for asking. Okay, so Marianne's wonderful, but guys, let's whisper of a dream. There are an amazing number of progressives in this country. Okay, sure, vice president, but think of Secretary of Labor, think of Secretary of the Treasury, think of the Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense. Being progressives, I know I'm driving away establishment people. They're like, oh my God, they would do good in this country. They would try to help real people. Don't do that. That's what I'm, my guess is what the mainstream media will say. But I will give you the most spectacular cabinet you have ever seen. Jenkforamerica.com. Solo6, who resubscribed for 28 months, thank you for that. Thank God someone is running for president that actually cares about the American people and not the American corporations. Um, so you are getting a lot of support from our audience, but <coughs> Galfar71 says, why would someone vote for you when you were already saying you aren't in it to win it? No, no, I'm in it to win it, brother. So thank you for the question. So listen, there's there's layers to this, right? Layer number one is Biden's gonna lose. We need as many people in this race as possible. So now if I was a normal politician, I would say, no, I don't want other people in the race. It's about me, 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 me. That's how almost all politicians think, right? No, I'm telling you guys, I'm a proxy. Let's go, let's get everybody in here. Now, does that mean I'm gonna leave when they get out? No, when they get in, I'm gonna kick their ass. And if I don't and you pick one of them, great, no problem. I believe in democracy, I believe in primaries. But I also believe that I make a way better case for the Democratic Party than any of those guys do. Do, do any of those guys fight for you like I fight for you? Are they gonna support the most popular policies and then tell you how they're gonna do it? I mean, we got paid family leave at 84%. So if you can't do that, you're saying I'm an incompetent party or I don't want to do that. So I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. First thing I'm gonna do is not pass the laws. I'm gonna pass the, I'm gonna do the thing that's gonna help pass the laws. I'm gonna call Chuck Schumer and say, you better fire that parliamentarian. If, she, if he or she is not fired by the end of the day, you're gonna have giant trouble. Again, people on TV will go, "Oh, you can't do that, that is not polite. No, there ain't gonna be no filibuster. I'm either gonna break those senators or they're gonna break me. Okay. But we're you, gonna- You have, that battle's not even gonna happen. You have no shot at that. Gonna end that filibuster. That would be like if I said, I'm gonna go to Washington DC and I'm gonna bend those congressmen to my will. I have zero percent chance of doing that. He's delusional, this guy is a delusional baboon. I mean, if a guy like me wins, that means we got a Democratic House, we got a Democratic Senate, and we're gonna pass these damn laws. We're gonna pass them, and there ain't nothing in the world that can stop me. So look guys, one thing that if you watch Young Turks, but even if you don't, you know, is that I'm relentless. And okay, relentlessly I, stupid. I get knocked down all the time. It's not that I don't, that I have an endless string of victories. But have I done things when people thought it wasn't possible? So when I started this, we started in my living room. And if I told people then we're gonna get five billion views a year, they would have laughed their ass off. They would have said, that's impossible. If I said to them, we're gonna be the number one online news show, they would have said that's impossible. Well, you, you were not the number one online news show. I said to them, I'm going to be winning an award for the best host on the entire internet. They would have said, this guy's lost his mind. What kind of a retard would give you that award? Who, who, who even gave you that award? If I said to them, I'm not gonna work for Dan Rather, Dan Rather's gonna work for me. 
<laughs> so well, you gotta lock this guy up. How many impossible things do I have to do before maybe people begin to think, maybe it's not impossible. And you know what my- Dude, you started a YouTube channel that at one point was successful. That's it, that's all you did. Magic trick is you guys. So I'll give you one last example, but I'll give you dozens. You gotta be fast. Okay, MSNBC. When I announced that my nomination for being a host on MSNBC, my agent said it was so embarrassing he wanted to leave me. I eventually fired him. But we got that because of you guys. There isn't anything that we can't do together. Jankforamerica.com, watch us, watch what we do next. Oh, we will. All right, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Thank you, Jank. Uh, that does it for today's show, but we have a members only bonus episode following this, so check that out. She wants to kill herself. <laughs> she fucking wants to kill herself. <laughs> oh, this is great. All right, let's get to some breaking news from the internet from Javenis Midas. This is uh, breaking uh, porn star news. Let's have a look to see what's going on here. <clears throat> All right, Playboy fires ex-porn star Mia Khalifa for reprehensible comments supporting Hamas's attack on Israel. Former porn star Mia Khalifa was terminated by Playboy after making disgusting and reprehensible comments about the attack on Israel by Hamas terrorists, who Khalifa referred to as freedom fighters. Roughly 1,600 people have been killed after Hamas launched a surprise attack against uh, Israel on Saturday, prompting a retaliatory response from the Israeli military. Thousands who were also wounded in the fighting, uh, while others were abducted by Hamas and raped and tortured and murdered. In an email addressed to Playboy's creator community, the company said it made the decision to terminate Playboy's relationship with Mia Khalifa, including deleting uh, Mia's Playboy channel on our creator platform. Quote, over the past few days, Mia has uh, made disgusting and reprehensible comments celebrating Hamas's attack on Israel and the murder of innocent men, women, and children. At Playboy, we encourage free expression and constructive political debate, but we have a zero-tolerance policy for hate speech. We expect Mia to understand that her words and actions have consequences. Khalifa, a Lebanese adult American adult film performer who was once Pornhub's highest-ranked adult star has long referred to Israel as an apartheid state. She also famously received threats from ISIS for wearing a hijab while shooting a sex scene. That was a, that was a hell of a thing. Shortly after Hamas launched its Saturday attack on Israel, the largest in decades, Khalifa wrote, If you can look at the situation in Palestine and not be on the side of Palestinians, then you're on the wrong side of apartheid and history will show you that in time. The ex-porn star asked in another post on Saturday if someone could please tell the freedom fighters in Palestine to flip their phones and film horizontal. She replied to the post two days later saying, This statement in no way, shape, or form is enticing the spread of violence. I specifically said freedom fighters because that's what the Palestinian citizens are, fighting for freedom every day. I can't believe the Zionist apartheid regime is being brought down by guerrilla fighters in fake Gucci shirts the biopics of these moments better reflect that, she wrote in another post. The email from Playboy also included the letter it sent the adult film star informing her of its decision to cut ties. Uh, they said, um, Playboy has been a champion of free speech. We have fought in courts for the rights of all people to speak free from any governmental interference. 
For 70 years, we've highlighted different viewpoints in the pages of our magazines and our websites and the symposia that we hosted and the thought leaders, creators, and artists who we platformed on our various forms of media. We also have no place in our company nor on our platforms for speech that is hateful and dehumanizing <coughs> towards Jews. You, your recent statements celebrating Hamas attacks on innocent men, women, and children in Israel, including rape, mutilation, killing, and torture, are disgusting and reprehensible. Uh, consequently, we hereby permanently are terminating you from the Playboy Creator Program and all other business dealings we may have with you. We want to be very clear. Uh, we respect your right to free speech. We also expect you understand how to use your, how you use your speech has consequences. Today we're calling on you and your hate mongering and uh, are calling out you and your hate mongering and severing all ties with you. We will also be letting our community know of our decision. I don't understand like this Playboy. So I, I, I you do a photo shoot with clothes on after for years doing hardcore pornography. Who is watch if you are like who is the target audience for these clothed shoots? If you're on the internet and you see this, you can just go to Pornhub or wherever and you can just see I don't it makes no sense. How does that who's who's watching and paying for you to be clothed? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I don't know. It's weird. You can just see everything for free. Anyway, it's, it's quite the catalog. Khalifa was also publicly fired from a psychedelic mushroom company after her post asking someone to tell the freedom fighters to flip their phones. Red Light Holland CEO Todd Shapiro said, This is such a horrendous tweet. Consider yourself fired effective immediately. Simply disgusting, beyond disgusting. Please evolve and become a better human being. The fact you're condoning death, rape, beatings, and hostages is truly gross. No words can explain your ignorance. We need humans to come together, especially in the face of tragedy. I pray for you to become a better person. However, it clearly seems like it's too late for you. <clears throat> Khalifa then responded to Shapiro's post by saying she wanted to make sure there's 4K footage of my people breaking down the walls of the open-air prison. They've been forced out of their homes and into, so we have good options for the history books that write about how they freed themselves from apartheid. Please worry about your sad little company lacking direction and purpose before you utter my name again. I stand with people fighting oppression now and always. Do your research before begging for my investment in your little company. I'm from Lebanon, and you are insane for expecting me to be on the side of colonialism, you fucking weirdo, she said. Anyway, <clears throat> she's a classy gal. Especially with the uh, picking up the shit with her mask and then putting the mask back on. That was a hell of a thing. <laughs> that was really, man, that's a hell of a thing. All right, well, yeah, there you go. Mia Khalifa fired from Playboy. It just makes no sense. You know, back in the day, there weren't many. But back in the, you know, see, back in the day, there weren't a lot of whores. And attractive porn stars were few and far between. You had porn stars with killer bodies, but they had there was a lot of horse horsey faces out there. And as much as uh, Christy Canyon was the all-time legend, she had a bit of a horse face. Okay, uh, still a smash, all-world body, but a horse. You know, she was horsey. She's a little horsey. But then you had what was that chick's name? Terry Weagle. 
Terry Wego was was a Playboy model, okay, and so and then she went into porn. So you went from Playboy to porn. That makes sense because Play Playboy was softcore pornography, and porn is you know hardcore pornography. But how do you go from hardcore pornography to Playboy? It just it's just uh, I don't understand at all. It seems like a waste of time. Anyway, whatever. All right. Let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Also, if you go to the description of either YouTube or Rumble, you can see about five, six links down is my leftist homosexual brother's book. It's a free download called What a Bigot Would Say. It is a guide on how to be a virtuous liberal. And... Uh, so uh, I, I will be coming out with a book when we hit our next uh, subscriber goal on Subscribestar. It will be viciously insulting all of the people in the political world that I cover. Also, as requested by the audience, explaining how the, uh, uh, the media uses the exact same propaganda tactics as the Jehovah's Witnesses did. Uh, and so you can go to Subscribestar or you can go to Rumble, click the red Subscribestar, excuse me, the red uh, subscribe button or when the soft gentleman is streaming Tuesday Thursdays and Saturdays in the afternoon you can uh, uh, join the bathhouse all right let's see here show Suginu says HB I just got back from Florida it was nice I was paragliding and man it's like these people have never seen a paraglider before like what the hell so anyway that's when I started blasting oh that sounds like a hell of a thing right there all right thank you sir Silky Johnson says, you know, HB, if Ben Shapiro is so gung-ho about war, why doesn't he grab his suitcase of tiny hats and fly over to the Jewopolis and start blowing some tarries away? Oh, right, he's a bitch and he would never do anything that actually benefits someone else. Yeah, he really is a warmonger. Holy shit. He's like, uh, I, I have no idea, you know, like, they're saying that AI imagery, like, detecting it, is not always accurate so maybe those images are real if those are ai images man that is a hell of a thing i'm like why would you need you're, you're telling me you can't there's plenty of her of real horrendous images that you could use for your point why do you got to make up bullshit if if it's ai i don't know if it's AI. i have no idea silky also says hb did you ever see the video of the she nog that had a solo High-level chimp out. As she was getting arrested, she was screaming how Walmart is racist. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then people made a song out of it. It's pretty funny. It's a prime example of white supremacy in action, and I'm guessing she was let out immediately. Yeah, I'm, they probably let her out. I imagine that they did. VX Rocky says, Chen couldn't even win 5% as a carpetbagger in Cali. Devin Tracy has made a whole career destroying this fat bitch. Chenk has a whole catalog of dumb shit, including wanting to fuck horses. He will never win anything. Yeah, he is a lol cow, as they call them. And uh, he's completely delusional. Absolutely, 100% delusional. Right, let me uh, check these, and then we'll get to the next video here. Uh, Rocky Road says, Not a troll. Emma Viglin is my new girlfriend. Should I tell her I voted for Trump while or after I go elbow deep in that rancid pussy? Great to catch you live, HB. David Pakman is a faggot. 
There's no way. How could is that 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 is not possibly real? He says not a troll. Emma Viglin is my new girlfriend. There's there's that would be that would be completely insane. That a viewer of this show, she would not, wouldn't she? she yeah, I'm I'm assuming that's a troll. That would be hilarious. Um, yeah, you uh, yeah, do it while. Uh, first of all, there's no way this is real. But anyway, if 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 this scenario played out, yeah, tell her you voted for Trump in the middle of sex. That's that would be hilarious. Two Supernova One says you can hear Anna stifling the sigh and facepalm at what Chenk is doing. She is clearly not having any of this. So why not roast this fag hog, this fat hog? She's uh, done. One second. Where's the arrow? She has done. This isn't. Oh. She has done so for less. Yeah. Uh, I think eventually she's going to get into a spat with Chenk. She's not going to be able to take it anymore. And then they're going to go at each other. It'll be hilarious. But yeah, she was not into that at all. Eric Gasse says, just bought Sound of Freedom from Apple Store. Didn't think they would host it. Would be interested to find it if other regions can buy it too. Yeah, I would have thought they banned it. Interesting. All right, well, that's good to know. Good to know. All right, very good. Let's uh, go to the next one. Steve Scalise edges out Jordan for the nominee. Of course, he can't get the votes, so they'll probably bring up... Kelly, we do have a candidate. Steve Scalise has just hit the majority of the House Republicans. They have voted for him to be the nominee on the House floor for Speaker. Now, this does not mean that anything is done yet. Scalise has a long road in front of him at this point. That's right. In a shocking move, the House of Representatives, Republicans specifically, have nominated Representative Steve Scalise over Jim Jordan as their choice for House Speaker. At least for now. Now, there's gonna be a broader vote on the House floor on this issue, and they are not gonna hold that vote today. They'll hold that vote soon to determine Scalise's fate. But this could take a long time, given the fracturing within the Republican Party, given the differences among some of the more traditional Republican wing of the party and the more populist MAGA wing of the party. Now, Scalise didn't have a huge majority among the House Republicans. They voted 113 to 99 to nominate him. And so does he have a chance? I hate to say this, but the opinion of Matt Gates obviously matters quite a bit in this situation. Of course, he's the ringleader of this whole effort to oust McCarthy. And so here's what he had to say about Scalise. What's your reaction now that Scalise has the vote, Speaker-elect? Right, Matt. I'm excited for him. Can't wait to go vote for Steve Scalise. Absolutely. Long live, long live Speaker Scalise. I gotta be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that he had no problem with Scalise. Like Scalise is more in the traditional wing of the Republican Party, whereas Jim Jordan is more representative of the Matt Gates MAGA wing of the Republican Party. But it seems like Matt Gates is open to voting for Scalise. I really don't care either way, whether it's Jim Jordan or Scalise. 
These are two individuals who have radically different political views from my own. And I highly doubt that they're going to carry out the best interests of their own constituents, much less <laughs> what my political goals might be. But nonetheless, there are still some holdouts who would prefer Jim Jordan over Scalise. For example, you have Congressman Max Miller who voted to remove McCarthy. And he also voted to nominate Jim Jordan. Here's what he said, quote, I'm not switching my vote, I'm Jim Jordan all the way. Uh, apparently representative Chip Roy also followed suit. Um, and here's what he had to say. I will not be voting for Steve Scalise on the floor this afternoon. The House GOP should not have called a vote at 3 p.m. after finishing the vote at 1.30 in Congress. That is unacceptable and purposeful. These guys, I mean, they, they've got like real easy lives. They're like, oh my God. How dare they call a vote at three when we were doing something else at 1.30? I, I why is that such a big, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. Like why is it so difficult for you to do two things within the span of like a few hours? Okay, anyway, Jim Jordan did not endorse Scalise after the nomination vote, which raises the possibility that he could continue fighting for the speakership role. But if today was a loss for Jim Jordan, then it might have been an even bigger loss for Donald Trump, who posted the following just last week. Let's take a look. Congressman Jim, Congressman Jim Jordan has been a star long before making his very successful journey to Washington DC, representing Ohio's fourth congressional district. Jim, his wife Polly and family are outstanding. He will be a great speaker of the house and has my complete and total endorsement. It is interesting that Republican congressmen went against Trump's wishes here when it comes to house speaker. Uh, but we'll see if that develops and plays into you know any other issues among this infighting uh, within the Republican Party. Now, um, in the midst of all this chaos, uh, to basically replace McCarthy with a new speaker, one representative is still seething over how they treated, um, how they were treated in the aftermath of the vote to oust McCarthy from the speakership role, and that person is Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Let's watch. I'm wearing the scarlet letter after the week that I just had last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my vote and for my voice. I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people. I'm not on the side of the I'll rewind. Bro, what is going on with Nancy Mace? Holy shit, smoking. I didn't realize she was so fucking smoking. What the hell's going on in just absolutely fantastic wreck? Last week, being a woman up here and being demonized for my- She's corny as hell, but I've all day smash. I vote and for all my day. voice, I'm here to let the rest of the world know and the country know I'm on the side of the people, I'm not on the side of the establishment. No, you're not, you're full of shit, but uh, pff, total smash. Establishment, and I'm gonna do the right thing every single time, no matter the consequences. Like what happened, was she like, she was in Congress and then she started seeing Boebert really whore it up? And she was like, fuck this shit, and now she's whoring it up. It's fantastic. She's probably about to leave her husband. Because I don't answer to anybody in D.C. I don't answer anyone in Washington. I only answer to the people. You are a sitting member of Congress. You are not in a high school theater class. But theater is all members of Congress do today anyway. I mean, that's all they waste our time with, so I'm not surprised. I don't care that she voted to oust McCarthy. And she's gonna take votes, she's gonna 
make decisions as a sitting member of Congress that's gonna lead to some backlash, it's gonna lead to some support. Like, don't cry me a river. You have a powerful position in the United States Congress. Like, you're not some pariah because you voted against McCarthy for the speakership role. Anna knows, what is Mace? Like 48, 52 years old, something like that? Anna knows, she has no shot. She's getting decimated by the wall. What is she, 36, 37, 34? I don't know. You got no shot. But I want to end this segment with a discussion on the interim speaker, the person who is serving as speaker as this chaos plays out and they determine who the actual speaker will end up being. Because that person has some financial ties that are concerning. He's not the only one in Congress who has financial ties that are concerning. But this individual, the temporary House Speaker is Patrick McHenry, who gaveled the House representatives out of session minutes after the vote came in, in regard to Scalise. So Capital Account reports that Wall Street would actually love to get him elected as Speaker. And Wall Street often gets what it wants. Now, it doesn't seem like Republican members of Congress are even considering him at the moment, but I do think it's interesting to see how much Wall Street loves McHenry. So much of the finance industry sees McHenry, 47, as the adult in the room. 45, she's 45. Room. Someone who knows policy and how to get things done. As speaker, they argue he could be a steady hand in a very chaotic time, something that Republicans especially need now. McHenry would be a dream candidate, notes one person. Now, why would the finance sector like McHenry so much? Hmm, they couldn't be in his pocket, right? Except they kind of are. According to Open Secrets, McHenry has raised almost $3 million. $3 million from the securities and investment industry during his time in Congress. In other words, big business wants McHenry to bring Washington back to the status quo, which is kind of a weird way of framing it because we never really left the status quo when it came to policies that protect and provide cover for corporate greed. But nonetheless, big business has certainly made an investment in McHenry. I wanna give you a few more specific details. Since taking over the Financial Services Committee, oh goody, I'm glad he has that role. In January, McHenry has received at least $140,000 from executives at private equity firms, hedge funds, and venture capital firms, as well as from their spouses. Last election cycle, McHenry raised just $7,655 or just 0.2% of his campaign money from small donors, according to data from Open Secrets. That amount was lower than all but a dozen members of Congress. So even though McHenry has stated that he has no interest in serving as speaker, Wall Street certainly loves him. And whenever Wall Street loves a politician, you gotta follow the money and understand why that is. Either way, I don't really see Scalise as any different from McHenry when it comes to goodies and cookies for Wall Street. But we'll see how it plays out. The most frustrating part about Congress is the gridlock and the inability to pass legislation to fix various broken issues. Whether it's the migrant crisis, whether it's our issues with affordable housing. We obviously need to build more housing. We need to at least temporarily stop foreign investment in residential real estate when we have a housing shortage. Like there's so many issues, so many problems 
that these very members of Congress love to complain about on Twitter as if they're not sitting members of Congress who could actually draft and pass policies that would, you know, alleviate some of these issues. But instead, they're wearing the scarlet letter on their shirts, they're parading around, engaging in theater, pretending like they're important people doing important things. In reality, they act like children, they act like sideshows, and it's incredibly frustrating. So who knows? Your boss brought in one of the most ridiculous sideshows of them all, donkey teeth. Who knows? Maybe there's a possibility that after they decide on who the speaker will be, they'll do something about the migrant crisis. They'll do something about these issues. Zero chance. <clears throat> what do we have here? Um, uh, they're going to cover the fact that Egypt warned Netanyahu, Netan, about the attack. Still unanswered questions. Egyptian intelligence attack. officials claim that Jerusalem allegedly ignored repeated warnings that Hamas was planning an attack on Israel, including an alleged direct notice from Cairo's intelligence minister to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. So let's start with the specific warnings and then we'll go to other allegations in regard to why Israel missed the intel that predicted that this kind of attack was going to happen. The Egyptian official said Egypt, which often serves as a mediator between Israel and Hamas, had spoken repeatedly with the Israelis about something big without elaborating. He said Israeli officials were focused on the West Bank and played down the threat from Gaza. Now, there has been flare ups and violence in the West Bank between IDF you know, soldiers and Palestinian residents in the West Bank. Part of that has to do with the fact that Benjamin Netanyahu allows for the building of illegal settlements in the area. Every time there is a religious holiday, there's more violence in that area. So a lot of the attention has been directed to the West Bank. And so the allegation is when there was intel in regard to Hamas planning some sort of invasion out of Gaza, the Israeli government was not really paying attention to it. Now, according to the Egyptian official who spoke to the Associated Press, we have warned them an explosion of the situation is coming and very soon and it would be big, but they underestimated such warnings. And Netanyahu responded to that by saying that it's fake news because I guess that's all you need to do as a politician these days when you hear something you don't like. No early message came from Egypt and the Prime Minister did not speak or meet with the intelligence chief since the establishment of the government. Not indirectly or directly, Netanyahu's office said in a statement earlier in the day. But it appears that there were in fact some very specific warnings from specific officials from Egypt. It's one thing to hear from unnamed sources, it's another thing to hear from specific individuals. So in one of the warnings, According to the Times of Israel, Egypt's intelligence minister, General Abbas Kamel, personally called Netanyahu only 10 days before the massive attack to say that Gazans were likely to do something unusual, a terrible operation, according to the Yannet news site. And unnamed Egyptian officials told the site that they were shocked by Netanyahu's alleged indifference to the news and said that the prime minister. I'm sorry, the premier told the prime minister that the military was submerged in troubles in the West Bank. Now, there's also the judicial crisis, which is being partially blamed for the Israeli government missing some of the warning signs. We'll get to that in just a moment. Cenk, what do you think? So, look, I don't 
there's always uh, theories that come out about, hey, did uh, FDR know that we we're gonna get hit on Pearl Harbor, but he let it happen anyway. There's theories about 9-11, blah, blah, blah. But the things that we do know is uh, Bush got a warning, intelligence saying, Bin Laden determined to strike inside America. And he didn't do anything. He literally told the guy, you covered your ass, go home. Bush was on a month long vacation and he didn't wanna hear it. So I don't know if Netanyahu purposely ignored it. There's no way of knowing and that sounds, you know, it's it's a it's a theory you can call it a theory, a conspiracy theory, whatever you like, okay? Although there are sources, right? So this is not just made up from Bob on Facebook. Okay, but either way, all right, Mr. Tough Guy Netanyahu, so you missed it. On your this happened on your watch. Now he, I know what happens. Both Bush, Cheney and and Rudy Giuliani, they all bragged it happened on my watch, that's why I'm awesome. Are you? No, that shows you're not awesome. You let this happen. Now you can go back and kill other people and Netanyahu is gonna do that, that's what he's best at. But why didn't you actually protect people? Why didn't you protect Israeli citizens? I know when people get emotional and riled up in a situation, very understandably so in this case, what do they do? They rally around the leader that we did it here in America in 2004. We reelected Bush even though he's a moron and he, he let 9-11 happen and he was totally negligent, okay? But that'll probably happen for Netanyahu. But if you're Israeli, you should be livid that Netanyahu is too worried about corruption and taking away Supreme Court powers and taking away rights from Israelis and, and he, he didn't, Notice the the biggest offensive against Israel, you know, in my lifetime uh, that I remember consciously. So that happened on your watch, Netanyahu. So you tell me what was it? You didn't mind, or you're terrible at protecting the Israeli people? Because the right wing is always bragging about how ooh, we we protect, we protect. Do you? Because it doesn't look like you did. Well, in addition to that, I want to get into the discussion about the. You know, the judicial crisis, which of course is Netanyahu's making, and that led to division among the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. It led to reservists refusing to, you know, report to duty. It led to mass protests, many of which we covered here on the show. Some say it's too early to pin the blame solely on an intelligence failure. They point to a wave of low level violence in the West Bank that shifted some military resources there and the political chaos roiling the country over steps by Netanyahu's far right government to overhaul the judiciary. The controversial plan has threatened the cohesion of the IDF seen as the people's army. And Israel has also been preoccupied and torn apart by Netanyahu's judicial overhaul plan. Netanyahu had received repeated warnings by his defense chiefs, as well as several former leaders of the country's intelligence agencies, that the divisive plan was chipping away at the cohesion of the country's security services. So obviously, news is continuing to develop. We're learning more and more about some of the failures of the Israeli government in, in knowing and, and that this attack was so a bit of an update um ben shapiro's tweet of the burned baby has a community note on twitter that says the photo is ai generated uploading the internet to the gan detector site proves the verdict you can also look at the telltale signs such as distorted fingers which is a usual indicator of ai generated pictures 
The picture also doesn't show a clear representation of the claim. That's a hell of a thing. That is a hell of a thing. That's, that's not helpful. Ben Shapiro not being helpful. That's crazy. Was coming and foiling it ahead of time. We'll learn more in the coming days and weeks. But one thing that is certain, um, Netanyahu is certainly having no issue with absolutely leveling the Gaza Strip right now. Innocent Palestinians dying as a result of Hamas's disgusting terror attack on Israeli civilians. So at the end of the day, lots of innocent people, lots of civilians have died and will continue to die in coming weeks and potentially months. And who knows what other international actors are gonna get involved in this. Because again, you have the United States and its Western allies pointing to Iran as the country that is aiding and abetting Hamas in its attacks against Israel. Yeah. Israel has been attempting to drag the United States into a war with Iran. I think that's true. It's far more likely that that might happen. I yeah, and then we're I all screwed. Not. not just Israelis, not just Palestinians, but idiots on our side, like Lindsey Graham, trying to start a war with Iran. Then you, then we got a war with us and Israel and Lebanon and Iran and God knows who else gets sucked into that war. Now, we're not going to lose that war, but we're also not going to win that war. Everybody's going to lose that war. Everybody. There's going to be so much carnage and death. Lindsey Graham will be ecstatic. The right wing in both Israel and Palestine. I don't know about ecstatic, but they've never wanted peace. Never. And so, okay, last thing. Look, sometimes intelligence gathering is just, you know, technical, using technology, etc. And that's great. And they, every, you know, I hope America does that brilliantly. I hope Israel does that well. Sometimes it's from individuals, and, and, you know, one way of putting it is collaborators, and that gets pretty brutal, right? But no matter what you think of intelligence and how they gather intelligence, they obviously didn't gather it correctly. That's not in question. I mean, whoever was in charge of intelligence and obviously of the country in this case, Netanyahu as well, the buck stops there, you blew it. There's no disputing that. Now that doesn't mean that you're morally culpable or you're more morally culpable than Hamas. No, 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 we're not saying any of that. Hamas is morally culpable. But in terms of protecting the Israeli people, Netanyahu bragged forever and ever about how he was gonna be the best at that. And it turns out, as a matter of literal fact, he was the worst at it. So being, you could be mad at Hamas and you should be mad at Hamas. But you should also be mad at your leaders. And I'm mad at Bush for not protecting us on 9-11. And I'm, and I'm mad at Netanyahu for not doing any of the actual legwork you need to do the intelligence, to gather the intelligence to protect your civilians. But they had the intelligence. They fucking let this happen. Please, you blew it. They let it happen. I don't think it was a mistake. Um, here's uh, David Pakman, uh, grown man Matt Walsh, visibly confused about sexual orientation. Oh, let's see this. I have video for you today of a grown man, as far as I can tell. This is a fully grown man, an adult visibly confused. So the guy that thinks men can give birth to babies is going to claim that the guy who understands biology is the problem about how sexual orientation works. It's 2023. This is not a video, you know, from a decade ago when we were actually 
uh, embroiled in this topic in a different way. This is 2023. And here is Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire saying, if you're born gay, that means there are gay babies. That's crazy, isn't it? And as usual, we ask ourselves, is he pretending to be confused because it's useful or is he genuinely this dumb? Let's see if we can figure it out. Well, well, there is no argument, really. I mean, these people are just shameless, soulless, hypocritical con artists who will say whatever they need to say in any given situation. So you can't really use their own arguments against them, as hmm. I've just done, because their arguments are not real arguments. OK, nothing they say means anything. Um, but to the extent that we can use a word like argument, the argument from the other side is that sexual orientation is immutable and unchangeable. We already talked about this yesterday. Hmm. And first of all, there, there was there was never any reason to believe that. OK, this idea that. You know, born gay or whatever. Um, we, we know that a person's sexual preferences and tastes can absolutely be affected by all manner of things. Trauma, abuse, um, exposure to pornography from a young age. Many things can impact a person's sexual preferences. I mean, this is not really disputed by any serious person. Um, there is no gay gene, no matter how hard they look for one. And the idea that people are born gay has always been incoherent because you know, if people are born gay, like born gay, you're gay from birth. Yeah. Right? That's what that would mean. And then that means that there are what? Uh, homosexual infants out there? Hmm. Again, no sane person thinks that. Now, uh, it, again, it's shocking that we're doing this in 2023. And unlike a lot of the trans issues that Walsh is similarly obsessed with, on a lot of the questions he's talking about here, there's actually decades of research. We have. I mean, David has personal experience being a homosexual infant. I have a ton of information. So to, to quickly, I don't want to focus. There's on no way David was not a homosexual in the womb. I mean, let's be real here. This is David Pakman we're talking about. And the whole gay. I think, frankly, David Pakman is my retort to Matt Walsh. I like Matt Walsh. I think he does great work. Um, but David is one of the most homosexual people I've ever come across. And uh, there's, yeah. I, I I would use David Pakman to refute what Matt Walsh is saying right now. Gene thing, but to put to just show you how much of a red herring that is. There are lots of I w I really wish when Matt did this episode, I I I knew exactly when because I would have just like tweeted an image of David Pakman. <laughs> believed genetic realities that aren't attributed to one gene. So it's not clear whether there is or is not what we might call genetic homosexuality. But in the same way that autism has not been tied to a specific gene, just because you don't have a gene you can point to doesn't mean that we're not talking about something that is immutable or that is there from birth. But this isn't even really the issue when when it's said that someone is born gay or born straight, the suggestion is that sexual orientation is just an intrinsic part of who you are from birth. It's not a choice you make. Most heterosexuals I know did not have a period where at the time that they became aware of attraction said, oh, all right, now I'm six. I'm now going to choose do I want to be attracted to boys or do I want to be attracted to girls? 
I don't know of any heterosexual person that had that moment. And so why would it be any different with someone who is gay or who is a lesbian or who is bisexual? Whether you're a gay 12 month old or a heterosexual 12 month old, it doesn't manifest until later in life. So, you know, most people describe knowing they were attracted to this or that later. Sometimes it's five or six, sometimes it's seven or eight or as you get closer and closer to puberty. So when we say born gay, we're not saying there are gay 12 months old month olds attracted to whoever same sex babies or whatever the case may be. Now, he must know that, right? Or is he is it that he assumes his followers are too stupid to know the difference or that he doesn't actually know that handedness might be an analogy. Some people are naturally right handed or left handed or ambidextrous. It's a predisposition that is believed to be there from birth. But often you don't know until 18 months, 24 months, etc. My, my daughter's eating everything with her left hand, fork, spoon, whatever. You hand her a crayon always goes to the right hand. There's some predisposition there. It's been there since birth. When will we see the full expression of her handedness? I don't know, probably some, somewhere between three and nine more months or something along those lines. Now, then he talks about abuse. This is another common thing. The idea that trauma or abuse can make someone gay or straight or whatever. And the whole point of this is the homophobic idea that when you are damaged by abuse, you become gay and it's a defect. This well, is that's happened to some people It's the homophobic idea that they love to push. It's, I mean, you can label it whatever you want. It happens to some people. There's this idea of, of the influence on actual sexual orientation. The best science we have right now is that trauma and abuse don't cause someone to be gay, lesbian, bisexual or something else. It's the idea that if you've experienced trauma or abuse, you might grapple with your sexual orientation or your identity in a different way because of societal or internalized feelings that can be exacerbated by trauma. And that might make it difficult for people to come to terms with their sexual orientation, etc. But this idea that you have an, an incident of abuse and it makes you gay because it broke something has been pretty widely debunked. I, I, and I don't believe, and again, I'm, I'm, uh, some of it's memeing, but I, I'm, I'm halfway serious. I don't get the impression that David Pakman had any sort of sexual abuse in his life because David, his, his demeanor and his aura, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, is of a person that's had a very easy life. David's parents have money, his grandparents have money, they have houses in the Hamptons, not the Hamptons, what's the other rich area? Uh, Martha's Vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, okay? People, in my experience, people that go through abuse, they, um, they, they're just, you know, they're like tougher. They're tougher, they're, they're, you know, not everyone. I mean, it crushes some people, but they're just generally tougher, more down to earth, you know? And I'm sure, I, granted, it, it's, it's not like, you know, a hard and fast rule. But uh, now I think David Pakman is a homosexual from birth. I think David has always been a dainty little homosexual from the beginning who had a very easy life and uh, was pampered and, and that's it. That's all. Never had to do a, a minute of manual labor. And uh, here we go. David Pakman, lifetime homosexual. <laughs> and remember, most LGBT people 
have experienced no particular trauma or abuse. And most people who have experienced trauma or abuse are heterosexual in line with the majority of the population. So I genuinely I, I thought at this point everybody kind of knew this stuff and we had moved on to disinformation about trans people and away from from homosexuality. But I guess uh, Matt uh, uh, Walsh still has profit to be made along these lines. One of our. All right. Soaking wet Trump endorses Carrie Lake. Good to hear. So Carrie Lake, here's the well, thing. Well, it indeed happened. Carrie. One second, homo. Um, Carrie Lake is running for Senate. Fine, that's fine. But um, does that mean that if she, if she had an idea that she was going to be the VP, she probably wouldn't run for Senate, right? So I, I don't know. It's probably not going to be Carrie Lake. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I wish it was, but uh, it's probably not going to be Carrie Lake. It'll probably be um, Governor Smash, which is not the worst pick ever, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Carrie Lake is now running for Senate in Arizona. Remember that Carrie Lake is the failed Republican gubernatorial candidate. She lost to Katie Hobbs. Carrie yeah, Lake totally legitimate election insisted she won, claimed all sorts of different fraud debunked. and wrongdoing and insisted that as soon as her various lawsuits and audits and investigations and whatever were done, she would get her seat as the rightful governor of Arizona. Obviously, that was never going to happen, but she was able to grift a whole bunch of money on the basis that it would. And now she has indeed announced she's running for Senate. She is immediately losing to Democratic Congressman Ruben Gallego, who's been. Well, see, you have a you have a big problem. Um, they rigged it already, so they're going to just rig it again. I, I, I mean, look, she's still fighting it. I. I I wish her the best of luck. Um, you still got to try. So I have no problem. If she wants to run for Senate, no problem. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't see how you pull that off. But uh, you got to try and hopefully she keeps trying. And um, but it's sick what they did in Arizona. They cheated in Governor Capis and uh, she's a nightmare guest on this program, and I believe is the right choice in that election. Donald Trump had the pleasure, the privilege of endorsing Carrie Lake. Here is Trump's endorsement video of Carrie Lake. The endorsement video is about two minutes long. It's almost all about Trump. This is how Trump endorses someone else by talking mostly about himself. <laughs> Take a listen to this. Arizona. I love Arizona. It's great to be with you tonight and with your next United States Senator, Carrie Lake. I wish I could be there with everyone, but I'm busy on the campaign trail and fighting off all of the bad people. And right. We're running for president. We're doing really well. We're leading every poll by a lot. We are running for president. I like that. In fact, record numbers. And when I'm back in the White House, I need strong fighters like Carrie in the Senate. She is a fighter. She's strong and she's good. She's got a great heart, by the way. For four incredible years, my administration <laughs> brought historic peace and prosperity. So notice how he slipped in the endorsement there. Kerry's got a great heart. Okay. To America. And in three awful years, crooked Joe Biden has sent our nation on a tragedy to hell. He's the worst president we've ever had. He's the most corrupt president we've ever had. And he's the most incompetent president we've ever had. I'm running to reverse this decline and I'm winning because every day more and more Americans are waking up to what an utter disaster the Democrats are for America. 
In 2024, I will return to the White House and get our country back on track to undo the damage that Biden didn't remember. This is his endorsement of Carrie Lake that they played at her event. This was played on a big screen. This was going to be Trump is endorsing me. Check this out. He just talks about himself and the radical Democrats have done. Republicans must win and we must win very, very big. It's much harder for them to cheat if we do it like we should. If we swamp them, we're going to swamp right. them. When we get enough votes, they can't cheat because they can't cheat that badly. I will need a majority in the House and in the Senate. We have to have a big, strong majority to help me push <laughs> our America. So now he's back to talking about Kerry Lake's race, but only in so far as it's useful to him to have Republicans in the Senate. Our first agenda through and to push it through really fast. That starts right here tonight by helping Carrie Lake win in Arizona. And she will win, too. She's an amazing woman. All right. So you get the point. Uh, actually, let's hear a little bit more about what he says. She's an amazing woman by everybody. Carrie is one of the toughest fighters in our movement, and I am proud to give her my complete and total endorsement for the United States Senate. She is very special with people like Carrie fighting for Arizona in the Senate with me in the White House. We will make America great again. There you go. All right. So in terms of the polling, we'll look at that. And this would be a really great race to get involved in starting to think about 2024. Uh, the Hill reports Gallego leads Lake and Cinema in an Arizona poll. Uh, this is a Democratic leaning poll. So we'll we'll get, I think, less partisan polling soon. But PPP finds 41 for Gallego, 36 for Lake and only 15 for cinema. Now, cinema, if if cinema realizes she's dead in the water, she may bail. And then it becomes a question of where does cinema's support go? Recent estimates were that it's about 50 50 between uh, Gallego and Lake uh, cinema's support. That is so that'll be the interesting question. We're going to watch that uh, extraordinarily closely. But Carrie Lake is back in apparently realizing they're not going to anoint her governor of Arizona. She'll be free to be senator if indeed she's able to win the next one. My prediction is Carrie Lake does not win that race. Well, it's an easy prediction because they fucking rig it in Arizona. Um, <clears throat> so here we have um, <clears throat> David completely in line with the DeSantis campaign and the Uniparty shills criticizing Trump's speech about Israel. Trump's speeches in Iowa over the weekend that we looked at earlier were not his only campaign stops. Trump also gave a speech in Wolfboro, New Hampshire. During this particular speech, he had a really Trump's emotional tone always seems inappropriate to the subject matter that he's discussing. And in this clip that I'm going to play for you, Trump refers to the horrific attack on Israel by Hamas, which he referred to in Iowa as hummus. Um, he says it was incredible. And then he just casually shifts into reading that stupid poem, The Snake, that some people in the audience, I guess, like Trump says people like it. It's, I don't know that Trump's crowd is a big poetry crowd, but that's a different topic. Take a listen to this. It's the, the tone is always just inappropriate. And now it even pertains to Israel. What happened yesterday was incredible. I mean, well, so many people killed. I don't know. You've been here, but the number was much bigger than they reported even this morning. Right. Always, the numbers are always wrong. Trump always has the real numbers on whatever it is that's going on. It's a very big number, very, very big number and vicious too. vicious young children just slaughtered. 
it's terrible what's going on. So uh, this is the snake. And it's, <laughs> it, 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 you know, thousand dead. I mean, it's just it, they're killing women and children. Uh, so anyway, here's the snake. Let's listen to this. People love it. And I do it if people want to hear it. Some people have heard it. Some people haven't. But we'll do it, right? On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, a tender-hearted woman saw a poor, half-frozen snake. There you go. So just a, it's like a poetry slam all of a sudden. It goes from talking about terrorism to a poetry slam. So that was weird. Trump also once again talking about voter ID, this time not doing the story about how you need a voter ID to buy bread or cereal but confusing ID badges for ticketed events with voter ID. I mean, it, it's it all couldn't possibly be any stranger to the Democrat convention. They had a voter ID that was the size of the cities like this. It hung with a chain around their neck. It was a picture. I think it had every bit of information ever. You could read their biography, know everything about the person. They couldn't get into the convention without it. But to go to vote, we don't want voter ID to the Democrat convention. Really weird stuff. I mean, just vi- clearly I can't believe he has a problem with not requiring ID to vote. Misunderstanding ID badges for events. And I don't know what that has to do with with voting. But yeah, what could that possibly have to do with voting? Talking about ID. Huh. Weird. Here's the really scary part. OK, so it's all a joke. It's all crazy. The speeches are bizarre. It's just it's all wild. And yet Donald Trump continues to hold his biggest ever lead in the 2024 <laughs> Republican <laughs> primary. As essentially as of today, Trump is now polling greater than 57 percent. The Ron DeSantis campaign is just dying. He's dying. He's down to 12.6%. So at one point he had 31, meaning he's now lost 60% support. DeSantis has lost 60% of his support. Nikki Haley is now more solidly in third place with a shade over 7% of the vote. Vivek Ramaswamy's surge appears to be over. He's bouncing between five and six. Everybody else is under four. I don't see a path for anyone. DeSantis has to gain back the 60 percent he lost to even get hypothetically back into this thing. Nikki Haley needs to figure out a way to at least come in second place somewhere in order to get back into this thing. Vivek seems dead. Mike Pence never. I mean, Pence was DOA. Chris Christie, it was sort of like, do they want an anti-Trump person? Christie's polling two, So it seems the answer is no. And then you got Tim Scott at two. He has no path to the nomination. Doug Burgum's not even polling one. Asa Hutchinson's polling half a point. He didn't even make it to the last debate. Who's going to catch up to Trump? There is no path for anyone at this point in time to Donald Trump. And we can only hope that the addition of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running as an independent will hurt Trump more than it hurts Joe Biden. I believe it will. And we'll do a deeper dive on that at some point coming up. All right. Uh, MAGA right. Oh, oh, so, okay. They're pretending that the MAGA right was celebrating the Hamas attack like the AIDS commie leftists. What a crock of shit. What a crock of shit. Well, it disgusts me that this is where we have to start today. 
but we are seeing the absolute worst of the MAGA right and of the far left. What MAGA right people were celebrating this? You're out of your mind. As a result of this disgusting medieval attack by terrorist group Hamas on Israeli civilians. You know, I expect this from the MAGA right, but sadly we are. <laughs> really? You expect the MAGA right to celebrate innocent people being killed? You're a snake. You're a fucking disgusting snake. That's what you are. Also seeing it from the far left, and I will be calling all of it out. Are sensible leftists the only people who can bring some sanity to this discussion? And my belief is that most of my core audience, the people I never hear from who aren't spending their day commenting online, I believe my core audience is with me on this. Let's see. Let's talk about it one by one. Now, I know this is going to rile a ton of people up, but it has to be said because if we don't clean house on our side, we make the problem worse. So let's start with MAGA. The MAGA right immediately went to blaming Joe Biden for this disgusting attack by Hamas, where women and children and random people and music festival goers were killed, raped, kidnapped, taken hostage, and even even now Israeli soldiers believed beheaded on video. The argument that the MAGA people have been making is that because Joe Biden gave Iran six million. Okay, this has this is a completely different subject related to policy that you're pretending is the same as lunatic leftists on your side, explicitly celebrating men, women, and children being slaughtered. Again, you're a fucking snake. You're a fucking snake. Million dollars. This happened. Senator Tim Scott said the attack was, quote, the Biden six billion ransom payment at work. Pence blamed Biden, saying the current administration, quote, projects weakness on the world stage and are kowtowing to the mullahs in Iran. Now, if you're confused about how that might be the case and what Iran's money has to do with this, it's because it makes no sense. Yeah, guys, makes no sense. Iran has nothing to do with Hamas. Come on, guys. As you might recall, Joe Biden authorized the, the, the release of that money, the Iranian money, in exchange for some American hostages for humanitarian reasons. It was Iran's money. The U.S. didn't give Iran any. Yeah, that matters. That really fucking matters. Money. And of course, even though the, uh, uh, the 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 celebration of this attack by Iran did take place. The idea that it was because of the release of their money that this took place when this operation was clearly in the works for months. And it just makes absolutely no sense. The funding doesn't go to Iranian hands. It goes to approved third party yes, vendors. And there's no way that any of it can be abused. Provide humanitarian yeah, support. Guys, they're just buying food. Come on. This is ridiculous. And to believe that one decision about six million dollars related to Iran by Joe Biden is responsible. Isn't it billion? I think it's the number of people that died in the Holocaust. Six billion, David. For something like this just doesn't pass the sniff test. These right wingers deserve almost none of our time. They aren't serious people. Now, unfortunately, on the far left, there has been everything from excuses for this terrorist attack to straight up glee for what we are seeing. Don't believe me. Here's a video. 
This is from a rally in New York City rally slash celebration that took place talking about how great it is that the resistance took out hipsters, by which they mean innocent Israelis, including women and children, including at a music festival. Just listen. When the Palestinians broke through the fence, they put the F-35s on See, it's hilarious, and and especially as there's likely going to be Islamic terror attacks in the West, it just makes their uh, Trump supporters or terrorist narrative even more retarded than it is. Okay, these people are celebrating people being murdered, and uh, Trump supporters have never done that. Trump supporters never do anything like this. This is completely insane, and. Uh, and, and then, as you see, terrorist attacks happen. They are still going to somehow try to blame Trump supporters for it. Blaming, you know, look, let's be real. They have been blaming white people for the black crime, okay? That's already been happening. They've already blamed white people for the black uh, violent crime that's committed. So it only makes sense that they would try to blame uh, Trump supporters uh, uh, for the Muslim terror attacks that happened throughout the West. And as you might have seen, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. But I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. They took out with their electric hang gliders several dozen hipsters cheering death and the crowd cheers right along yeah. with them. You have no footage anywhere of Trump supporters doing anything remotely like this. One guy at this event had a swastika that he was displaying on his phone as well. This is like cheering for Al Qaeda the day after 9-11. Who is this? Well, sadly, it's too many people. Uh, DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, putting out vile statements immediately repudiated by, by former supporters of DSA, like actress, comedian Sarah Silverman. You know, when people used to ask me, what do I think about DSA? I'd say, well, I, I'm not a socialist, so it's not my group. Uh, this is a disgusting group that now, in addition to not supporting because I'm not a socialist, I don't support because they put out ridiculous statements minimizing that this was a terrorist attack, period. The Sydney, Australia Jewish community has been warned to stay home. And uh, there were I don't know whether we call them protests or celebrations where there were vile anti-Semitic comments and chants of gas the Jews. Don't believe me. Here's video of that. There you go. Gas the Jews. That's their economic anxiety. That's them expressing that they are against colonialism. Gas the Jews at Cal State University, Long Beach. They are planning a day of resistance and promoting the event with a poster that depicts the paraglider type device that the Hamas terrorists used to carry out the terrorist attack. This is psychopathically deranged bloodthirst. 
We're also hearing excuses from some in the far left. Here's why the murder, rape and torture and kidnapping of innocent people isn't as bad as you might think, because the United States did this or Israel did that. So here's my question to you. Are you a progressive? Are you a progressive? If you are, then how on earth do you stand in favor of an outrageous, terroristic, authoritarian regime that subjugates women, puts its own people in harm's way, uses civilians as shields, opposes gay rights, women's rights, pluralism, diversity of every kind, everything that supposed leftists claim to defend and support the way I do is attacked by Hamas. And look around the world at who expressed support for this attack. It's, you know, the usual suspects, the usual non-democracies. You've got your Qatar and your Iran and vague statements from Putin and Saudi Arabia. Doesn't it make you wonder for a second if you are for democracy? Why is it the non-democracies in the world that are coming to the support of this disgusting attack? Well, we can all want hostilities to end and understand that this is a more than 70 year conflict and recognize we don't need to equivocate. This was a planned medieval massacre. And now the idea that on, on, on the cusp of this, we're going to go out and say, oh, just just today, after the murder of all of these innocent people today, we have been reminded that we care about Palestinian rights. But, but this is not at all supportive of Hamas. And yet you've got guys cheering about the murder of hipsters. So I'm a progressive. I'm a leftist. I therefore condemn this. There's no ifs, ands and buts. It's very simple, actually, when you're genuinely on the left. Uh, Hamas stands for death to Jews. That's what it is. Uh, it stands for the destruction of Israel. It's not morally equivalent to say this is justified because of what? What could justify this? 108 bodies discovered in Kibbutz Be'eri, women, children, entire families. 10% of the residents were killed. Okay. They went to a concert with young people, and more than 260 bodies have been recovered, some of them raped. None of those victims are representatives of the government of Israel, any more than I represented MAGA when Trump happened to be president of this country, period. Hamas beheading Israeli soldiers in, on video. So is Benjamin Netanyahu not actually interested in peace? Probably uh, uh, definitely an impediment to peace. Of course, of course. But Hamas literally wants to just kill any Jew they can get their hands on. So, yes, now Gaza is going to get crushed. Gaza is going to get crushed over 900 killed and 2600 wounded in Israel. So at least that number will be killed and wounded in Gaza. I would imagine. Is that good? No. Are you hearing me? No, that's not good. Is that fair? How can anyone say killing is fair? I mean, what a sick framework, right? No, it's fair. It's fair to kill this number, but not that number. Is it obviously expected when Hamas mounts an attack like it did that this is going to happen? Of course it is. That's not a defense. That's a reality. This is one of the worst attacks on Jews in some are saying since the Holocaust. And I would bet that Jewish people are going to survive, but that now everything that you would predict would happen is going to happen. Israel has pledged to block food, water and electricity to Gaza. Do I support that? Do I like that? 
How would anyone who is a true progressive support depriving people of food, water and electricity? Of course not. Was it obviously predictable that if Hamas did what it did, that would happen? Obviously. And this is the second layer of the hate that is Hamas. Yes, they hate Jews, but they also don't care about their own people because anyone would have told you this is obviously what's going to happen if Hamas does what it did. Uh, innocent Palestinians who live in Gaza deserve to be free, period. Notice how there's no ifs, ands or buts there either. Jews outside of Israel, most of them inside of Israel, they have nothing to do with the government. What we're talking about here is a medieval massacre. And uh, I don't know how much more I'm going to have to say about this. We'll see what happens. We obviously have to get the hostages released to the extent that some will hopefully still be alive. On any of our platforms, we're not tolerating any anti-Semitism. I haven't even talked about this yet. We've already banned close to 100 people on different platforms for blatant, blatant anti-Semitism. We're not going to allow Hamas cheerleading. We wouldn't allow Al Qaeda cheerleading. We don't allow Al Qaeda cheerleading, and we're not going to allow Hamas cheerleading either. Either. Uh, this has nothing to do with the First Amendment. I'm not the government. This is just what we're going to allow on our channel. So my belief is that the core of my audience is with me here. Uh, they're busy living their lives. They understand we just condemn a terrorist attack. That's what we do. We don't cheer for Al Qaeda after 9-11. We don't cheer for Hamas after this. And uh, most of my audience, I think, is busy not posting trash to social media. So don't even bother emailing me with your Hamas apologetics. The emails are screened by our team. I won't even see them. Your emails will just be filtered into the trash in the future. So it's a waste of everybody's time. Don't even bother. And, you know, if we're talking about blaming Biden, by the way, we may want to talk a little bit about a different president who maybe actually has some blame. Let's talk about that next. So uh, it's just again, it puts it puts into perspective the narrative of white conservatives being the number one terror threat. <laughs> it's just very fascinating. Uh, Master MK7 in Rumble says, F this horse lover, Chank, he will be president of the Blue Ribbon Saddle Club. Yeah, he would have a shot at that. And I don't even think he would have a good shot at the Blue Ribbon Saddle Club. He'd probably have to be ousted because how long would he go if he won that race? How long would he go before he was caught fucking horses? Less than 24 hours. Um... Telio Hapsis says naturalized citizens can do literally fucking everything native borns can. The one thing they can't do is be president, second class citizens, retard logic, Chank. Yeah, he's, it's, it's an insane argument. And he has zero chance of getting the Supreme Court on his side. It's hilarious. Fox News attacking. Oh, David got a strike from Fox News and he called it attacking him. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Oh, they're attacking. Man, we have to talk about something that it's genuinely upsetting, and I can't believe this is happening again. Fox News is now attacking me. Fox News has dropped a full copyright strike on our YouTube channel because we covered the Republican primary debate that was broadcast oh. by Fox News. Oh, that's a shame. That's a real shame. Um, uh, I don't even know where to start with uh, this, but I uh, love I love 
David acts just shocked and chagrined anytime he has to deal with something that normal YouTubers have been dealing with for like a decade. Whole bunch of our YouTube channel features, including live streaming, are now in jeopardy. Oh, so yeah. first mm, and foremost, mm, mm. here's the copyright strike. We're putting it up on the screen for everybody. As you can see, they've dumped this strike in on us. It lasts 90 days. Fox Media LLC, there it is. They took down our entire video, including the hour plus of coverage before the debate even started, where there's absolutely no issue. Now, I'm going to tell it to you like it is. My view and the view of so many others is that these debates are critical elements of democracy which allow voters to make the most important decision they can make in the context of voting, which is who do I support? One of the ways we find out who do we support is by watching debates. These debates that are organized by networks are in this sort of strange situation where they are not presidential debate commission debates, which are totally open source, which are on every channel. They're on one channel. And the argument that Fox and, and once before CNN made when they took us down was this is our product. We, we own the copyright to this. This is just ours. And I'm not going to pretend that that's invalid legally. My argument and the argument of people like me who believe that these are public services has been that our coverage of those debates falls under fair use. Now, I know people are going to write to me and say, David, you, you can't just cl claim fair use on a podcast. That's an argument you make in court. That's absolutely the case. When I say my belief is that our broadcasting of these debates is fair use, what I mean is if I went to court with this, which what would it cost to go to court against Fox News? What I through lawyers would argue is this is a public service of newsworthy value. We are transforming it by the addition of my commentary and the commentary of the audience. So it is not simply a retransmission. But well, it, it, for you, it is because you don't really say a whole lot of copyrighted content. We're doing my commentary. We're mixing in commentary and clips from other people. People call in. OK, that's the argument we would make. Now, I can never do that. Why can't I do that? because it could cost six figures in legal fees to do that. Oh, but David, if you win, then you could recover. The I'm going to float six figures in legal fees to go after this. So where are we right now? Well, if this happens again, we lose live streaming privileges oh, and a whole bunch of other man. features. Ooh. And it is truly, truly a disgusting situation. Now, we're <laughs> going to do everything we can to appeal this decision and to be in good standing at the time of the next debate, which is, I think, in, in just a few weeks in the interim, the best thing you can do is support the very YouTube channel that they are trying to shut down. The bigger the channel is, the more attention we can get from YouTube. If indeed they come after us further, they can go further and take me to court. I don't know that they're going to do that. We haven't received legal notice yet. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are under 70,000 subscribers away, as you can see on the screen from 2 million, which is an incredible milestone. We're at 1.93 million and change. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We know there's more than 5 million people out there who watch the videos but aren't subscribed. Just subscribe. It costs you absolutely nothing. And also, as you know, 
we can lose our financial revenue from YouTube like that. If this stuff goes nuclear, it's happened in the past. It's happened with Twitch. It's, it's happened with Facebook. It's happened with every single platform. So if you were able, I would love it for you to get a membership on my website. OK, just go to joinpacman.com. We have a new coupon code. The coupon code is F Fox. I think you understand the meaning. It's Fox with two F's at the beginning. No space F Fox. You can get a monthly membership, a yearly membership. This is super cheap. You may not know this. OK, I need to have a real heart to heart with people. You may not know this. If you have cable TV, you're sending Fox three to four bucks a month already. Fox, unlike the other cable channels, gets a large chunk of its revenue from the subscription fees. It is negotiated with Xfinity, Comcast, Cox Charter, all those companies. OK, AT&T, uh, if you have cable TV, you're probably sending them four bucks a month. You can come to my website, joinpacman.com, use the coupon code FFOX, and instead you'll be sending us three bucks a month. It's your call. OK. This is a crazy situation. You can subscribe on YouTube. It's free and you can use the coupon code FFOX. We have fi filed a counter notification. We're hoping we don't get legal service. What'll probably happen because this is, you know, back in the day when it was a normal situation during the normal time, how it's supposed to work, how the DCMA system is supposed to work is you file a counterclaim, you provide your name and address, and then they have 30 days to take you to court. And if they don't take you to court, then YouTube reinstates the video. What they do now is YouTube will just deny you anyway. They don't care. They don't they don't do that anymore. So he's probably going to make another video talking about how it got denied. With that said, uh, David is a leftist and leftists have special privileges on YouTube and he will probably get the strike removed. That's what happens. But it's funny, like conservatives can't even keep. I mean, some can keep an archive. I can't keep a fucking archive. Anytime I try to keep an archive, the inevitable strike happens. Remember, I was doing those videos, and I am going to at some point when, when uh, my schedule changes, um, not the stream schedule, but just some like shit I, I do in real life. Um, I'm going to go back to doing like the stand, the videos with the face cam standalone, you know, like I was doing before. But you might recall there was a period of time where admittedly, very foolishly, I was uploading short preview videos on YouTube about what the stream was going to be about later in the evening. And then inevitably, one of them, I forget, I, I mean, it's like impossible to, to not break the community guidelines every five minutes. You know, one of them, I don't know, some faggot either flagged it or there's an automated, automatic uh, detector, I don't know, wrong think detector. And uh, I think I said something about the vaccine and uh, boom, medical misinformation strike. <laughs> it's, just, it's ridiculous. But David, he can upload everything. But he finally ran into some trouble, and now it's the craziest situation of his life. Oh, it's so funny. In the mail with something bigger, I will let you know ultimately what happens. Uh, that's what you deserve. You deserve every bit of this. I would love for them to shut you down. I would laugh my ass off at that. Right-wing bigot ramps up attacks on education. Right-wing bigot. Michael Knowles, one of the least talented people at the Daily Wire, Have but um, who's trying mirror? to find some relevance because... Now, look, I, I don't really... I'm not a fan of Michael Knowles, okay? 
but he's a pleasure compared to you. What, are you kidding me? He, at least, uh, in his commentary, is clearly against children being sexualized. You're very pro-children being sexualized. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about talent. Your only talent is that you're barely attractive. And on the left, that's, like, huge. Because it's a freak show on the left. It's a total freak show. And so if you're barely attractive, um, well, you're going to get a bunch of, of viewers. Although you really don't get a ton of viewers. As, you know, Ben Shapiro, he he had his time, I would say. I think right now the base is a little bit more clamoring for the straight-up pure fascism and Christian fundamentalism of someone like Matt Walsh. But Shapiro, he'll come back in the fold, and, and he's like the, also one of the... Uh, top executives or people at the Daily Wire. I wonder, I mean, analyzing what Ben Shapiro did, I would say it's pretty fucked up. First of all, to try to win an argument using a picture of a burned baby corpse, that's one of the more fucked up things I've seen on the internet, as far as in this, like, political space. Not as far as, like, there's crazy shit on the internet. I understand. I'm saying that, like, in this kind of political debate world, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I don't think I've ever seen a person, and he's not the only one doing it. I've just never seen a person post gore pictures from war as, like, a, like, as a, as, like, a gotcha. Or as, or as like a, or as a part of an argument, as part of a political argument, it's really distasteful. But then on top of it, it does look like there is a likelihood that that is an AI-generated video. Now I know he didn't know it was. It was excuse me, picture. I know he didn't know it was AI-generated, but that really makes this even worse. So he's probably not. You know, he'll get. I mean, when I he'll get away with it. I don't think anything will happen to him, but. I gotta say, that's really, uh, that's a hell of a thing. I don't, I don't think I'll ever forget that. That is just, um, and then who gave him the picture? Was that picture, was that AI picture from, like, Netanyahu's people? And I said it before, there are plenty of real pictures that you can use to make your point. Why are you doing that? Why are you making AI pictures? Because then the people, there's people who are super conspiratorial, they don't think any of this is happening. And by the way, those people are free to share that opinion on the internet. They should be allowed to. But you're making their case for them. Because then they're going to go, look, nothing happened because of the AI. And I don't, I don't buy that argument. But, you know, you're, it's not good to help. Like, what, you're just discrediting your side even more. And you're trying to get people to hop a, aboard a, a, a war th that the United States is going to engage in using this shit. This is worse than the lady that said, uh, oh, they were, you know, throwing babies out of the nursery or whatever, you know, during the, uh, right before the Iraq war. You know, it's wild. You can debunk that shit in real time. Back when, when that dumb whore went before Congress, that lying whore, the, that whore's lies and the people that put her up to it and coached her cost, how many lives did, did that cost? Now there's other things too, like fucking, uh, the, the guy testifying, uh, what the hell was his name? I forget the guy, Colin Powell. Okay, Colin Powell lying his ass off. To, the, also, same thing. But uh, 
you know, you couldn't really, you had no way to, to, to know back then. You know, I don't even think the internet, was the internet even in existence? I know, oh yeah, the internet existed, but it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't just like you, you had, you could just instantly debunk. Now, when they're passing off bullshit, you can just instantly debunk it. And there are so many people that are aware of what's going on. They're aware of these people being just, you know, total war hawks. And so there is a very effective counter-propaganda campaign of anti-war people of all different stripes. Some of them are very conservative Christian. Some of them are libertarian. And uh, some of them are anti-war left. And there's a lot of them, and they fill the comment section on Twitter when people are like, you know, Meghan McCain or Ben Shapiro say their bullshit. And uh, I think they are having a problem selling this narrative. And that is, uh, that's incredible. That's incredible to see. I hope it continues. Wire, so he'll be okay. Um, but Michael Knowles is in that kind of weird gray area where I'm not sure what his audience is. So he's tacking even more to the Matt Walsh side of things. Speaking here about an announcement by the LA school district that they will have a week long celebration of coming out day. And, uh, you know, this ought to be measured and not hysterical whatsoever. Speaking of kids, turning now to Los Angeles. L.A. Unified School District is about to host a week-long celebration of coming out day. Yeah, that's totally insane. That's totally insane. You might think from the name that they would have a day-long celebration at most. No, it's a week now. Soon it will be a month. It already is a month because they have the month of June, which is Pride Month. And then they have October, which we're in right now. That's LGBT History Month. So they've already got one-sixth of the calendar year. Probably they're going to add another month. And then they'll have a quarter of the year. And calendar eventually they'll have the whole year long. <laughs> LAUSD has said uh, that they'll have this week-long coming out celebration. According to City Journal, a teacher within the district shared a document called the Week of Action Toolkit. Elementary which outlines how LAUSD would treat the month of October. What is gay history? Like, who survived the most uh, with AIDS, like, the longest? I think Magic Johnson probably won that record. I like Magic Johnson. He was a hell of a player. I think he was definitely a homosexual. I liked Eazy-E from the NWA. That, that's a great album. What was it called? Easy Does It? That guy probably was a homosexual. And you know what was, you know, because he had AIDS. He had AIDS. And AIDS is a gay disease. Let's be real. Okay. That's generally what the evidence shows. So Magic Johnson and, uh, and uh, Easy e homosexuals. Mm. Or at least bisexual. <clears throat> That's a hell of a thing. Who knew the guy that rapped about robbing a bank and then in the middle of raping a woman discovers that the bitch had a dick? That's a hell of a... You know, it's so funny. They make such a big deal out of, uh, like, what jokes people tell. Those lyrics are still on Spotify. That's one of... I, I think it's hilarious, okay? It's not real. It's 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 a made-up story. Easy eat it and rob a fucking bank. Give me a break. All of these guys are fake gangsters. Um, maybe not all of them. A lot of them are fake gangsters. Um, so, uh, but, yeah... It, it, in the song, what the hell was the name of that song? I forget. It was about robbing the bank. Um, he's holding people hostage, and there is a, a a woman with big tits. He has her stripped down naked at gunpoint, 
And then, as he's about to rape her, discovers that she's a tranny. And then kills her. That's Those are the lyrics. Those are the lyrics to the song. They're still on Spotify. No one gives a fuck. Nor should anyone give a fuck. Because it's not real. It's not real. That principle should just be applied evenly across everything. That's really all I'm asking for. Okay. Oh, also... Um, more of a side thing but related to like trannies and like this crazy shit i don't i will have to watch it but it does seem like south park is making fun of the current political climate from the standpoint of making fun of the left they have a special coming out and the way it's being advertised it looks like it's completely making fun of all the gender shit and the race swapping that they do in hollywood I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Um, and already, like, the news outlets are pissed off and they're writing how they want South Park canceled. That would be fantastic. Because, um, you know, some of their shit, especially with the vaccine, was not was not their normal make fun of everybody thing. It was more like making fun of just Trump supporters. And it wasn't, and it also seemed forced. Like, I have no problem. People have told jokes. I thought the, even though the, the special itself I didn't think was too funny, but, like, I, I've seen Dave Chappelle tell a couple Trump jokes that I thought were pretty funny. Um, so I have no problem if people have actually, like, funny jokes. But it was much more, it was just not, it wasn't in their typical style. Uh, and so I, I didn't like the vaccine episode. I, but it would be great if they fucking come out with some good shit. <clears throat> that would be fantastic. So we'll see. Because, you know, there's very few... Although, it, does it even matter anymore? Like, who fucking cares about cable TV? Like, Comedy Central, does it even matter? Like, who fucking cares at this point? I don't know. Do enough people even watch the show? I don't... That's a good question. I have no idea. But anyway, it's interesting. October as another LGBTQ month. Not Week of Action Toolkit High School. Not Week of Action Toolkit Middle School. Week of Action Toolkit Elementary School. Elementary? This is, I mean, it's insane anyway. They're doing it in an elementary school? Unbelievable. These teachers should be arrested. Yes, absolutely. Any elementary 100%. school teacher that foists this LGBT propaganda 100%. on little kids should be arrested. I completely 100% agree. For exposing minors to obscene content, for public indecency, for appeals to the prurient interest, for any any obscenity law you can throw at them, they should. So barely attractive Emma believes that a adult has a free speech First Amendment right to expose children to sexualized content, <laughs> but you don't have a right to criticize trannies online. That you need to get banned for. What a sick, twisted pervert she is. Be arrested for this. It's not going to happen in California because everybody from the lowest level city councilman all the way up to Governor Patrick Bateman over there are on board with this. They want to expose a lot of them are pedophiles kids to disordered sexual yeah, content. They're pedophiles. But if by some fluke you can get any Republican into any position of power there, and certainly if this kind of thing happens elsewhere in the country, which it will, Republicans need to wield the law to arrest these people. This is sick, sick stuff. He insists. Um, this hysterical, like, this sort of stuff, um, nobody actually thinks that kids are being served pornography in the libraries. Uh, it's been demonstrated, liar. 
um, uh, that the books are inappropriate, whether they're like memoirs that have like um, uh, sexual awakening stories of gay kids. Guess what? Like that's something that uh, young gay people have the right to uh, have access to it through mm-hmm. a library. So now you have a you, you gay people have a right to access homosexual penthouse forum essentially. Remember Penthouse Forum? It was different from Penthouse. It was much more of like a, a wordy thing. There were some pictures, but not as much as in a Penthouse. By the way, those magazines, they were still a ripoff. I mean, it's all you could get back then. You had no choice. There was no internet. But, oh, my God. What, what was the grand total amount of actual good pictures in a, in a, mag- in a Penthouse magazine? Like seven? How much were those? For, for back then, what was it? Five dollars was like a lot of money. Seriously, or all of them, uh, um, uh, Penthouse, Hustler, Playboy. Okay, I remember the Anna Nicole Smith Playboy, which at the time that was like holy shit. She was, uh, at least in my view, she was one of the hottest women at the time. Anna Nicole Smith, and I wasn't sure. I was like, are her tits real? I have no idea. They were fake, but I was like, holy shit. And I remember in that magazine and it, it it's an incredible cover it's a black and white cover she looks like marilyn monroe it's an incredible i think i was like i was probably what was that 93 and i don't even remember how i had access to that magazine but i had it and i and i remember and i remember it was thick it was real thick and i was like oh this is going to be great it was like five pictures and the rest of it was just bullshit you know uh advertisements for perfume and all this shit that no one gives a fuck about and you had like the five pictures that were good. And you're just like fanning through this magazine. Like what the fuck is, is it was bullshit. It was total bullshit. The only one that I think was pretty good overall. Swank magazine uh, was pretty much cover to cover, wall to wall. Just fan everything. All the ads, everything was fantastic. Swank magazine was the best uh, magazine of them all. But oh yeah, all the other ones. It was just all bullshit. Who the fuck wants to read articles? Anyway, Penthouse Forum... Um, it's like it was just the words. So they believe Penthouse Forum for homosexuals should be in elementary schools. These people are insane. Um, it's, it's just hysterical. Uh, and the only people who are concerned about that are like um, bigoted evangelical people who basically want to. I love bigoted people. Bigoted people are the best people. Who impose the understanding that being gay is bad. Yeah, it is. Um, it's silly if it weren't working in tandem with a multi-year-long Republican project to attack trans people, and now... They're not attacking trans people. That's ridiculous. I mean, unless you're, like, a trans pedophile, then, yeah, you should consider yourself attacked because they're trying to... They're advocating for policies that would keep your pedophile ass away from children. Uh, opening up the... the uh, I, I guess, the your toolbox and going after gay people once again. I mean, that never went away, but there was, I guess, some sort of retraction when poll numbers shifted overwhelmingly to support of LGBTQ rights and gay marriage more uh, broadly. And then there was Obergefell, which legalized same-sex marriage throughout the land. And the right had to uh, had to, to buckle down and come up with new ways to demonize certain people from a fundamentalist Christian perspective. And uh, this is what they've decided they're going to do. And, and, you know, what works well for them in, the, in this way is that they can't stand public education. They can't. St- well, because it's run by lunatic pedophile AIDS commies that are actively grooming children. It's no good at all. Stand it. 
And that's why there has been a multi-decade-long demonization project of... Uh, well, they were on to something. Teachers' unions as well. And so then they get the twofer here. They can undercut notions of public education by making public schools sound like scary indoctrination for homosexuality for all the parents clutching their pearls at home. Um, and then they can... Uh, uh, go out well so yeah they i forget exactly what i said there uh which plank that was but they can go after uh the the schools in that way and then also go after gay people so it's the schools and the bigotry that work in tandem there um so naturally the that's 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 a big part of what the right wants to do here um you had i think it was vivek ramaswamy at the debate say that they should just defund or get rid of the entire department of education right yeah. Yeah. To say that's that's like a yeah. DeSantis believes that also, or is supportive of that as well. I mean, education should just be for the privileged. It should just be for uh, for the people who already have money and their parents can send them somewhere. And public education, getting connected with other kids in your communities, going to school with them, understanding their experience, having some sort of collective uh, education. And fuck your collective bullshit, Kami and sitting in a room with somebody that may have a different skin color or a different background or may have two moms or two dads. Yeah. That's the threat to America, uh, America as we know it. So this is an entirely made up concern and the people that have, it should be treated with disgust and dismissiveness. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not happening Kami. We're winning. Um, I mean, and also if you don't want the, the, to celebrate coming out week or fricking, you know, the, the, LGBTQ History Month, you know, you just don't have to acknowledge it, which is already what you do anyway. Uh, no, you're forced to acknowledge all this shit. So I did not know. It was What's another one of the LGBT history moments? Like the guy that figured out what the exact right amount of lube uh, uh, to use before you anally uh, penetrate your partner? Is that one of the things? What was his name? What was that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone know the name of that guy? Is that is that LGBT history? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I have to ask the questions. I have no idea. Was those months? Yes. All right. Let's uh, go to the next one. The, <laughs> the real cause of crime. Oh, yeah. It's because people are poor and they have no choice but to be criminals. <laughs> Michael Knowles, one of the least talented people at the Daily Wire, but um, who's trying to find some relevance because you know ben shapiro he he had his time i would say i think right now did they upload the same video but label it something different oh the because that's this is the same i swear this is the same opening of the last video hold on a second Michael Knowles, one of the least talented people at the Daily Wire, but um, who's trying to find... This has to be the same video, although it's a different time. What the hell's going on here? Is she saying the exact same thing in the exact same way? Face is a little bit more clamoring for the straight-up pure fascism and Christian fundamentalism of someone like Matt Walsh, but... But Shapiro, he'll come back in the fold right, and, and I'm going to fast forward a little to see maybe they uploaded the same video twice and just gave it a different. He's name. like the also measured and not hysterical whatsoever. It's a crime, boy. He looks at that with a guy. Damn. OK, now it changes. OK, 
because there was no call in the last one. This ought to be measured and not hysterical whatsoever. Hi, Miguel. Uh, okay, so she, for some reason they put that first minute of the last video into this one, and now Miguel's on the phone. I don't know what the hell. Um, it's bizarre. Hi. Um, I'm just calling because I know that we've been talking about Israel, but it was something about um, Sam was speaking to a guy. He had an interview with a guy that he was talking about crime and and uh, how poverty had nothing to do with crime. And my thing is, I, I lived on those places. And I can definitely um, tell you that um, a, a person that is looking to pay his rent, uh, he might commit a crime, not thinking that he's making a crime. I mean, he knows it's a crime, but he looks at us as a gig. Right. You're talking about the debate that Sam did with the uh, actual justice warrior. Well, they will, yeah, they will say, yeah. And I was like, they never interview people from that neighborhood. Right. So right. how would they know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I'm, gosh, they got to interview the criminals committing crime and get their side of the story. I've been there. Right. And I'm going to tell you this. I remember I, I, uh, robbing a place for copper, right? So, so I could sell that same copper so I could make my ends meet. Yeah. Um, believe me, you, you would have gave me a job. You would have went up and said to me, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a job, a good paying job, and you're going to have uh, good benefits, and you're going to be able to support yourself. You know, you're going to be able to pay for your wife and kids, right? That's it. Right? Yeah. No, no richness, just that. I promise you that I would have left the corner, whatever I was, to go do that job. All right, so I guess it makes it okay for you to commit crime then. Of course. And, right, right. And I will tell you that if they want to solve the crime and on the, on the neighborhood, if they want to solve the crimes within the city, it's just real simple. Give people a good paying job mm -hmm. so they won't have to commit yeah, crimes. Right, That's, so give people a job so they don't have to commit crimes. Oh, yeah, this is normal. To make their ends meet. Right? For real. It's, anyway. just, Guys, it's just all they're doing is trying to make their ends meet when they're committing crimes. I mean, I, I totally agree with you, obviously, and your lived experience. Both His lived experience as a fucking criminal. There's that. Here's the thing. I have no problem. I know people that sell drugs. Uh, not as much anymore, but I used to. I used to I know people that sold drugs uh, and, uh, you know, they, they might have... Uh, viewed it as similar to this guy but like they didn't like have it as a proud talking point th that like they somehow were entitled to be allowed to sell drugs you know what i mean like that they weren't like you know like i can't believe that i will get in trouble if i get caught that's not fair like they t it's this this attitude this is insane that like and this is why criminals are emboldened because it's suddenly okay to commit crime it, mostly only if you're black but um i've never come across people that i i've at least known that have done illegal things i've never heard this type of attitude before it's like an entitled criminal attitude that like somehow you're entitled to commit these crimes and that if you get caught it will be an injustice against you the fuck kind of bullshit is that that's insane that's totally insane Oh, my God. But you know what? The, the guys like that, what they just want to do is they want to say, 
it's a problem with the community. It's a problem with the culture. Culture, yeah. Right. And that's right. Hey, right. It's because the, that's the Spanish people, and that's how it happens. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. It just happens. It's like people say to me, and since God, you know, I wiped up and I did a little better on life. But I, where I live right now, I live in a nice neighborhood, right? And I listen to these people, and they're like, ah, oh, that's it. the people in Philadelphia. They're horrible. And because uh, oh, the blacks, no man, it just happens. There's a lot of black people in Philadelphia. So guess what? Yeah. You want to encounter problem with black people? I live in a white neighborhood now. Guess who I, I have problems with? <laughs> Some white people. Yeah. Because that's where they are. But it's not anything to do with race. It right. has everything to do with poverty. When a person is poor, and you hear your baby crying. And you need diapers, and you need food. Yeah, you have no choice but to commit crimes. Believe me, there's going to come a guy that's going to be like, hey, you know what, that house on the street, they just raided it. And guess what? They left this and this behind. We'll go out there, we'll get that out. Hey, I can make my, my rent. Yep. I'm not committing a crime, I'm surviving. Right, guys, it's not, as long as you... Uh, are saying that you're doing the crime to make ends meet? It's not a crime; it's surviving. Oh my God! Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean, oh I, yeah, God. exactly. This is all connected. There's no reason. There These people are out of their fucking minds. The idea that people would be selling or, or stealing like large amounts of detergent to resell—they're not doing it because they're just bad people. Dumb commie faggot. There are crime rings, organized crime rings. Okay, and they sell the merchandise on the black market. It's because they need to feed their kids. Or on eBay. And pay their rent. And to your point, Miguel, like one of the, I, I don't, I'm not up to date exactly on the statistics, but baby formula of diapers are two of the most commonly shoplifted right. items, obviously. Yeah, go there to the roof. Yep. <laughs> they cost a lot of money, you know? And, and anyway, I just see that every single time I watch TV and I see a pundit and I see their interviews and I'm like, huh? Had you been in that spot? Had you, how can you sit out there and say anything about those people if you yourself have never lived there and, and don't know? And then you assume that we're all morons and we can speak and therefore this, it's not worth an interview with this guy because he doesn't know any better. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, they get the weakest out of all of us. But if you get a guy that, you know, is not blaming everything on the government because <laughs> the funny thing part about it is we need help from the government, but yet we blame everything on the government because we don't know it, right? That's what they tell us in the, in the hood. But it's not like that. Actually, you know, without the programs from the state, I wouldn't have money to have my baby being born. Hell, I, I was on welfare for the first uh, three years that my kid was uh, alive. And you know what? It helped me to uh, buy properties and, you know, I got ahead. I did, I did good. But thank God for those programs to be there. Yeah. But the same people that need those programs, it's the same. You simultaneously were on welfare but was able to buy property? How is that possible? How much, what do you, like in 1972 or, or like 10 years ago, you know, 1972, like you could probably buy property for whatever, but like now, like, what do you, okay, whatever. I, I must be doing this all wrong. I don't, that's, that sounds insane to me. Same people that 
for whatever reason, they keep telling on all that. Uh, so wait, if you file a tax return with properties on it, they're still going to be like, yeah, you could still get benefits. How is that possible? I don't know, whatever. It, it's bad for you. It, it, this is uh, the government, and it's not. And anyway, well, they'd rather the people it would be it's easier for like people who want to hold on to their money and who are greedy and don't want the government to do things for people to basically say that. Why should taxpayer money go to a guy who's admitting that he's on public benefits while simultaneously having enough money to buy property? That's fucking ridiculous. I, and like, I'm not an anti safety net person. I think that the key with these programs is that they uh, should not be abused. Now, of course, they're abused to hell, and they're completely unfeasible at this point. Um, but if a person is 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 absolutely uh, completely dead broke, and and there's a program in place to help him get on his feet for a temporary period of time, whatever. Um, but while you can buy property that's unbelievable that's unbelievable oh my god it's the problem with a certain class of people or group of people it's their you know so their if you don't want to foot this guy's real estate empire you're a bigot okay there we go amazing or just they like to steal but, for fun because then they don't but, have to actually deal with systemic shit. issues Right. And listen, I have worked with guys that got 300 properties, right? Because I, I do construction. I do the work, right? So they got 300 properties, right? So you figure if if I try to get one, they won't have a problem with it. They have 300. I only got a couple, right? Yeah. No. I have never met one wealthy person. That, the more they have, the more they want. And the less they want to pay. I, I just have never met one. Mm -hmm. Any... Uh, uh, a business person that went out there and said, oh, you know what? I got 300 properties. You know what? I'm going to hope. No, <laughs> no, no. I have to work for mine. And they only think about them and how much more. And at one point, it's not about the money because they have enough. It's about a, a competition, an ego among them. Do they have an ego? I got more than you do. And yeah, and and it's meanwhile um, uh, a person that is trying to make it. Uh, it's hard for them to make it, and it's because they don't have the opportunity. Not because they don't want to. And bottom line, what I want to say to this: you want to solve the problems of crime in the city. Just real simple, man. I promise you, you go to any place where they're selling drugs, you give them a, a, a decent wager, nothing to be rich something just so they can support their family and support their bills. And I promise you, there will be no drug sale. It, I mean, that's completely retarded. If you magically had the power to do that, would there be some people that would do those jobs and get out of crime? Yes, but not all of them would. It's the same thing with homelessness. There are some people who are homeless because they genuinely are down on their luck and there's some people who uh, are in the process of being homeless and then something happens and they, they catch a break and then they get on their feet and then they don't want to be homeless. So then they, they go back to not being homeless because they caught a break or whatever. There's people 
that have had stories like that. That's a portion of the homeless population, a person that if you did give them a shot, they would take it, they would use it, and they would, they would get on their feet. There are a bunch of other people, though, that want to be homeless for multiple reasons. Some of them are completely mentally ill because, you know, we don't have mental institutions anymore. So some of these people are out of their mind, okay? Others, like, like the ones that they interview in San Francisco, because San Francisco, what do they give you, like, like $1,000 a month or something like that? to be homeless. And the guy was like, yeah, they give us money to be homeless. So, you know, we just want to do drugs all day. And so they want to be homeless and they want to do drugs all day. So the idea that you could just put a blanket over every person and suddenly through this policy uh, prescription, just completely eliminate homelessness or crime is fucking retarded. I mean, that will be like always something, but it won't be like, it won't be like they're saying it is. It will get better. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Thanks so much, Miguel. Have a good day. Great call. By the way, do you know how many fucking people are poor that don't commit crime? A lot. There's a lot of poor people that do not commit crime, that bust their asses, working two, three jobs, uh, and they don't commit crime. So this is just this is just total bullshit. Total fucking bullshit. Incentivizing crime. That is a that is just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Here is Kyle covering Cenk Uger running for president. Let's see if he takes it serious. Miami Vice homosexual prostitute. What's up, y'all? Got some breaking news here. This is hot off the presses or hot off YouTube, shall I say. Uh, Apparently, Cenk Uger is running for president. So he was on Breaking Points about a week or two ago, and he said he kind of teased or implied that he was going to run, and... um, he said it like multiple times in the interview, which was kind of surprising to me because I thought, there, I don't think he's actually going to run. So I was thinking, I don't know why he said it or, you know, if he's committed to it, but he just did an announcement on the Young Turks and he said, no, I for real am running for president. So there's a lot to say about this. Uh, let's start with the personal angle to it. I'm always going to be biased. I'm always going to have a soft spot for Jank Uger because in many ways he kind of gave me my start with doing what I do. So I was just a guy doing a show. Um, first I did it as a hobby and then in 2008 the show started. Then in 2012 I decided to try to do it full time and I was doing it and I was chugging away and I was, you know, slowly growing but I wasn't growing like crazy and then the Young Turks basically reached out to me and said, we're expanding the network. Do you want to be part of the network? And I said, yes. And from there, you know, the show took off like a rocket. So in many ways, I owe uh, the success of Secular Talk uh, to the Young Turks and to Jenk in particular. He kind of took a gamble bringing somebody like me under their wing. And so I'll, I'll always be thankful for that. Um, so with him running, I mean, like, what's going to happen? Well, first of all, I think... He's largely going to get the Marianne treatment. And the Marianne treatment is complete and utter indifference from, you know, the media, (laughs) mainstream media, from the Democratic Party. Basically, the idea is you're irrelevant. Uh, We're indifferent towards you. We're not going to cover you. We're going to pretend like you don't exist. And when they do that, it's really hard to get anything off the ground. You know, it, it, it was a miracle. Marianne was at uh, 10 percentage points at, at one time uh, right after she launched because there's just like 
basically a media blackout, you know, and in some cases, it's quite literally a blackout. I mean, we know the horror stories of Marianne had a speech that she was going to give to college Democrats. And then at the last minute, the college Democrats got a call and they're like, yeah, you're not having her uh, to speak. Just getting her events, the, the plug pulled on various events, um, being unable to access voter data files even after the Marianne campaign had paid for it. So, I mean, they really pull out all the stops to try to, to destroy you. And that is effectively what's going on with Marianne. Uh, Marianne and Jenk have very similar, you know, policy visions. And there was a blackout on one. I assume there's going to be a blackout on the other. Now, even if uh, they don't give Jenk the total indifference treatment, which I think they probably will, um, they could just go scorched earth too. And sometimes uh, negative, negative coverage can help a candidate, but other times it can really bury a candidate. And look, when you're in the position that Jenk is in, I mean, he's been hosting a show full time forever. I mean, for such a long time. And you go back in those TYT archives and there was a time when they weren't just political. There was a time when it was like half politics, half kind of like Howard Stern type show. And so they could dig up all sorts of dirt. And people already did. I mean, when he ran for Congress and he got like 6% of the vote, uh, you know, they dug up all sorts of stuff. They took but you do that to people. So he does that to people. So it's fair game. Got a context, a compilation of him saying... Uh, I, the, the, the horse fucking clips are not taken out of context. They are long. The N-word and... You know, of course, they mislead you and they make you think he's like calling people the N word when in reality. He but was that's just... not the rule. The rule is, I mean, your rule that you have to abide by because you're a fucking cuck bitch is that you can't say nigger under any circumstances. Uh, they they treat the, the word nigger as if it's this like all powerful thing that everyone has to kneel to to never say it. It's ridiculous unless you're black. Of course, you can say whatever. Although I will say there are some instances, like in there is a couple stories in high schools where white faculty member, like a black guy got in trouble, a black student got in trouble with a white faculty member for saying it, <laughs> which is like ridiculous. Anyway, whatever. Just like reading stories where somebody is being racist and they say the n-word and he uses the full word in context to show how bad racism is right that's against your rules faggot that's against your rules look people can talk how they want not everyone is an epithet guy i have no problem with that the worst thing in the world though especially on the internet is if you are an epithet guy and then you try to become one of the fucking aliens. These people are aliens. I could probably come up with a better name for them, but uh, you, you know, when you try to join their society, okay, like one of the hardened, first of all, you should never under, you're a total sellout if you try to join them, okay? But it's hilarious that, um, you know, like some people, if they kind of like, if they're, if they do the polite thing now, it's way, the rules are way different now, because if you're in any way conservative, that, that in itself is probably going to be the end of you, unless you want to like get a job with the Daily Wire or something. Um, but before clown world really got crazy, if you were an online commentator and you were like one of the, the more of the polite professional type, you might've been able to kind of get into their world. 
Um, but when you say nigger, you that like that's that's completely only people like Justin Trudeau can get away with shit like that, which is like the blackface. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's up there. Blackface is considered very offensive. Like only like you know people at a certain level of elite, you could do anything you want. They don't even care. Justin Trudeau could probably say it right now in a speech. I mean, Jesus Christ, they just had a guy who was a Nazi that they celebrated, and he got away with it. So, like, you know, there, there's different levels of this shit. But but for people, like, it's not just the selling out. It's that Chenk is dumb enough to think that in any way he would be accepted by them. What, are you kidding me? You know, once you say nigger, you don't go back, and that's it. And so the fact the fact that you you think you're gonna you're gonna be the one guy that's gonna get away with it ridiculous. It's funny to watch, but it's also it's very uh, it's disrespectful. It's unseemly. It's unseemly. But uh, yeah, he thinks he's gonna run for president. That compilation is fucking great, and they're all saying it because they're all hypocrites. I have no problem if a person says, you know, for whatever reason. I'm not going to say it anymore. Okay, no problem. Whatever. You, you can do what you want. But to then point your fingers at others, which they've done over the past decade, and, and, and people, you know, getting canceled over memes and jokes, and they've, they've, they've been part of that, okay? So that, that's really the hypocrisy that, like, you used to say it all the time, and now you're trying to cancel people who say it. That's fucking ridiculous. That's why they're pieces of shit. Right, but like they'll just take it out of context and they'll just hammer away. So I think he's going to run into the same problem Marianne had, a media problem. They, they'll either be indifferent or they will go absolutely scorched earth on him. Um, the other big problem everybody's talking about is he was born in Turkey. And he has a legal theory that like, well, actually, it's not going to matter um, because I'm still allowed to run. But, you know, I think that the courts are just going to flatly disagree with him and be like, no, you say you have the right to run and maybe there is some sort of legal theory that is more sound that you have but at the same time it's not always the case that the sound legal theory ends up winning i mean we saw this with uh what the supreme court tried to do with student loan debt reduction where they slapped it down now to biden's credit he then turned around and said we'll do it a different way we'll do it through the higher education act but they slap stuff down all the time for political reasons and so for political reasons they'll probably be like yeah you're not a, a, a natural born american so we're just gonna say you can't run so I think he's going to run into a legal issue, too. I think there will be lawsuits over it where they try to stop him. Um, and then he also says, like, hey, I'm running. He says he's running to win, but then he also says what I'm really running to do is get to, like, 20 or 25 percent of the vote and basically force other Democratic candidates in the race because he's convinced there's no way that Joe Biden can win. And he thinks Trump is a legitimate threat to democracy and he wants somebody who can defeat uh, Trump to run. He doesn't want to roll the dice on Joe Biden again. Look, I, I understand that perspective, and I understand a lot of people feel like it's impossible for Joe Biden to win. But let's be clear, everybody was saying that in 2020 also, that Joe Biden can't win. And then you know what? He won. <laughs> so I think like a little more humility on that front is needed because, I mean, I get it. Joe Biden's really old. Everybody sees it. Everybody gets it. Is that going to hurt him? I think so. I think it does hurt him in the polls and with his support. But at the same time, he would be running against somebody with 91 criminal charges against him who might literally be behind bars very shortly. He was just found liable. I've got zero chance. Fraud. 
This is a guy who says we should suspend the Constitution. That's totally made up. This is a guy in insurrection. Trump, who every handpicked candidate he had in the midterms got draxed. They got That's not true. Destroyed. You have a Republican Party that, you know, they're responsible for overturning Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court did it, but the Republicans get the blame. And it's a new reality, elections-wise. I mean, something like 24 of 28 special elections that have happened since the midterms, the Democrats overperformed in the polls because the Republicans are that disliked by, by the American public. So this idea, it's like, yes, Biden's a historically weak candidate. But you can make a good argument Trump is historically weaker. So I guess I just don't agree with his insistence that, like, there's literally no way Joe Biden can win. Like, let's be honest. None of us know what the fuck's going to happen, right? We should all be agnostic and humble on that front. But he's very convinced Biden can't win. And so one of the reasons he says he's running is I want to get other people in, whether it's Newsom or Whitmer or Shapiro or Tim Waltz or whoever, to jump in the race, J.B. Pritzker, to, like, first one of them to, to beat Trump. But... Look, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I will certainly uh, give fair coverage because I, you know, I pride myself on being as fair and as objective as but you're not fair or objective possible. Um, so we'll see what happens. I will, I'll, you know, I'm gonna reach out to him. We'll try to get him on uh, Crystal Kyle and Friends to uh, to talk about his run, and yeah, we'll take it from there. But there you go, uh, big news, Jane. All right, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking them through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. We have uh, some Negar. says, HB Sheet. I be, I'm going to read it exactly as it's written, because to editorialize uh, someone's speech, especially a proud black man, well, that's a rank act of bigotry, and I will not have that on my channel. So I'm going to read it exactly as it's, as it's written. H.B. Sheet. I be a confused nigga. Feel me, man? Oh, man, I feel you, man. Mine's low, yeah. Be a stingy Jew. Nigga wants money up front when eyes get arrested. And my coke dealer be a dirty Arab. Also money up front. Niggas don't be giving me credit no more. And this war, what? Is go what eyes going to do? I, I don't know. So it looks like we have a uh, drug-selling uh, African-American gentleman here who is um, having trouble getting uh, street credit, literal street credit. People offering uh, credit on the street. And, uh, man, yeah, I wonder... You know, there's all these different markets. Like, I, know, I remember many years ago, and I never really used this because it, it... I always... Um, you could say it was paranoia. I always had like a healthy fear of uh, the mafia. Um, and and I don't know if it was the mafia. I assume they have their hands in this. But like I remember uh, uh, down in like the poker world in like Atlantic City, there were a lot of people that would like be like borrowing money from people, like crazy amounts of money. And uh, and I always thought to myself, like, you're probably I mean, I never knew of anyone that like got their legs broken. Maybe that was just like a TV thing. But I would just be like, man, like, that's probably not that's probably not the best idea. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Maybe I was overly paranoid, but uh, it was just uh, it, it was like a, it was like 
it was like a, it was, it's, I don't think it's illegal to lend people money, but it was like this totally separate world of commerce where people were loaning money with, with like, you know, rates or points or whatever you call it, interest, and, um, completely away from like uh society. on the one hand i like that i think people should be able to to do that but it was just um it's a hell of a thing it's uh anyway this is the drug dealing credit uh, market that he's talking about and uh that's got to be rough i guess the i guess the when the economy's bad it's also bad on the street oh that's a hell of a thing right there YGGS Gallo says the next UFC is going to be in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be a hilarious shit show if one of the fighters shouts out Israel or says something against Hamas. Yeah, and apparently Dana White announced that they're, they are getting rid of... They used to have a ban on flags. Like you couldn't wear whatever flag you wanted and when you go to the ring. And he, he said they're getting rid of that and people can wear whatever flag they want. And he said something along the lines of, like, if you're offended by someone's flag, too bad. Well, this could get really interesting. I would love to see a fight where, like, a guy with an Israeli flag fought a guy with a Palestinian flag. That's a fucking fight that I would watch. That would be... Holy shit. Um, yeah, let them wear their flag. I mean, it's, it's a flag. Who cares? But, you know, all flags, I, I try to be fair. You should be able to w wear whatever flag you want. I don't care how offended a person is. <clears throat> and yes, I mean the swastika. If, some, if someone wants to, if someone, I mean, you're ruining your entire career. But if someone wanted to pull off the, the ultimate, because that's like the one flag, one of them. I mean, is that really the one flag? That's pretty much the one flag that'll shut the entire building down. Because you could probably walk out there with a fucking hammer and sickle. Which is, frankly, should be considered a worse flag if you want to go by body count, but whatever. Somehow you can get away with it. You can walk around with a hammer and sickle flag. Um, and no one's going to fuck with you. What the hell kind of society is that? That's not good. But anyway, um, whether you're serious about it or if you're just memeing. And, uh, man, that would be a hell of a thing. <clears throat> Who was the guy? Tim Pool always brings this up. There was a punk rocker who just wore a swastika shirt. I forget the guy's name. You need more people in society to do shit like that. To just kind of take whatever the taboo thing is and just throw it in everyone's face. Because if that person survives and is still allowed to speak, that's the sign that you have a free society. If that person is assaulted or jailed or killed, you're probably not in a free society. And, um, you know, our society is not as free as it used to be. So hopefully one day it gets freer. Because I, I, I was sold a free society. That's what America was supposed to be. So And I want what I was sold, okay? Because that was the deal. The deal is we get a free society. Okay. Um, Soki Johnson says, HB, here's something I've always wondered. Camel jockeys and terries seem to have no problem ending gays. Throwing them off of cranes or whatever... They do. So why do you hear stories of them gang raping other men? I guess a faggot is a faggot no matter the faith. Yeah, uh, I the whole concept of like Yeah, I, I like that's gay no matter what. Like whether you're if you're anally penetrating a man, whether you're sexually attracted to them 
or for any other reason whatsoever, that's definitely gay. There's no way that's not a 10 out of 10 on the gay scale. But there seems to be these little things in society that are uh, like uh, that the, the raping another man, but it's not about sex, it's about power. I mean, granted, there might be a, a portion of that might be about power, but that's still gay as hell. You know, there's this uh, podcast that I, I just uh, found called The Tower Gang, and I do like it. Uh, they talk about uh, dicks a little too much, so I do fast forward through the, the dick segments, uh, but to each his own. But anyway, a few weeks ago, they had a debate over whether or not it was gay. If you um, took one of those sex toys, uh, what's, the, what's the fucking thing? The, uh, the, the male uh, masturbatory sex toy? Whatever the fuck that's called, right? Fleshlight, okay. If you put the fleshlight inside another man's ass and then proceeded to penetrate the fleshlight, was that gay? Now, my answer to that is absolutely that's gay. Now, some were arguing, well, it's not gay because you're not technically penetrating a man. You're penetrating the fleshlight. Okay, the problem is... First of all, I don't accept that argument. The problem is, could I not then make the argument, like if I was in a monogamous relationship, could I not argue that if I'm wearing a condom, I'm not actually penetrating because our skin isn't touching, so it doesn't count? I mean, we're starting to get a little insane, I think. So, um, you know, if you, it, to me, on the gay scale, uh, penetra penetrative sex with another man is a 10 out of 10 on the gay scale. I don't know how it's not a 10 out of 10. So then what's the fleshlight thing? Like a nine and a half out of 10? You want me to like, uh, uh, you know, retract maybe a half a point on the gay scale? Okay, no problem. But, uh, you know, it's definitely gay. Now, another thing they brought up was, um, I believe, if I have this correct, was what if you are uh, fucking a woman while shanking a man simultaneously? So you're banging a woman and you're stabbing a man to death at the same time. Is that gay? That I would say that's not gay. Um, it's I would have questions about her if she would tolerate that. I would be very concerned. A woman crazy enough to allow you to fuck her while murdering someone, that's a woman that will probably kill you at some point. Okay, so you should probably tread very carefully. Um, but that's not gay. Um, it's weird. It's like, you know, it's psychopathic, but... Uh, <clears throat> Unless, of course, it's like a robber who breaks into your house and you're you're just banging your chick and you just, you know, you're like, you, you, you just, you're really good at fighting and you are one of these motherfuckers that is able to simultaneously keep banging uh, uh, your chick and kill a motherfucker. That, that's impressive. Has anyone ever done that in history? Is, has there ever been a story like that in history that like, you know, he didn't even, uh, he didn't even skip a thrust and he just fucking killed the guy? with a knife not a gun a gun that i'm sure that's happened i'm sure there is a story out there of a guy you know you can picture it you know perhaps you know banging her from behind okay and has a gun right next to him you know maybe he has a high risk lifestyle maybe he's a drug dealer of some sort or you know whatever and a guy breaks into his apartment and he just picks the gun up while banging her and, and smokes him and then keeps going that's plausible. But stabbing or fighting, that would be difficult. That'd be impressive. Anyway, 
So, um, yeah, as far as uh, raping a man, uh, yeah, it's definitely gay. Um, so, I don't know. So, the, yeah, these, well, there's a lot of, I think since homosexuality is so forbidden in Islam, I think there's a lot of uh, closeted homosexuals. And um, so they kind of, uh, they kind of, uh, maybe they, it's like, you know, the, the, there's a thing where, like, some people will be like, uh, uh, yeah, if you jerk off your friend, it's not gay if you say no homo. <laughs> now, some of these are obviously memes, but I have seen people make actual arguments similar to that. And I'm like, look, you can, you can, it, it's your gay scale. You can, you know, rig it however you want. It's, it's up to you, but, uh, you're better off just embracing the fact that you like cock. I mean, really. That's just embrace, you know, like, hey, you like cock. All right, so who cares? You know, it's not a big deal. As long as you're not a faggot about it, who really cares, okay? That's really the issue that I have. I have no problem with, like, normal gay people that don't make it the center of their existence. I don't care. Uh, and I'm also pro-lesbian, uh, you know, hot lesbian. Very, you know, that's, like, the best. But, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's really, it's, it's interesting. The whole subject is interesting. All right, let me move on here. Uh, let's see. Um, Shosuginu says, HB Sargon said about a year ago when they say far right, you make the ooh sound like a ghost sound. You should too. That and Nomen 1904 is a fed. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's just, um, it's a smear that they've used so much. It has no meaning anymore. Like, like when they call people racist. Gideon's Hornblower says, Very surprising, David, that there would be a mass shooting in the biblical Holy Land, given the lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly, despite being a Jewish state? Wow, that's a, that's, so, so that's exactly what David Pakman said when there was the tranny shooting at the Christian school. So now Gideon's hornblower is uh, is asking the, the, the questions back to David. And that's what David gets. Cobra says, I'm ready to become an atheist because these fucking Christians are in a cult. These retards, all of them, can't comprehend the fact that Palestinians didn't come to Europe and kick those European self-proclaimed Jews out of their own homes. Uh, yeah, it's that part. That is ignored a lot. That is ignored. Um, ben Glebe the other day. Uh, seem to argue that the Palestinians were the ones being unreasonable because they didn't want to live uh, next to the Jews who had just been holocausted as if like that made it okay for their land to be taken and then occupied by another group of people. Um, I think most people, like if, like it would be like if you had your house and uh, people came into your house and said, hey, Here's some Jews. They're going to take your house now. And uh, you're going to have to go along with it because they were in the Holocaust. That's like, what are you talking about? That's not how any of this works. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, that's how it did work in Israel. Israel. But, you know, look, it's one thing. Here's the thing. Just be honest. Okay? Like, if you're an Israeli, just be like, yeah. Okay? This is my group. We have to survive. Fuck your group. Okay, that's at least honest. But when they act like, well, it's so unreasonable for the other group to be upset. No, it isn't. It's very reasonable for them to be upset. They got fucked in the ass, okay? That's all. Just be honest about it. You know, you got your whole thing. You can be like, yeah, we're the chosen people. You know, sorry. You could just be an asshole about it. But at least be an honest asshole. Be like Palestinians. You're not the chosen people. We are the chosen people. Tough luck. You know, that's at least an honest position. 
But this whole thing where they ignore what happened, it's bullshit. It's not honest argumentation. Cobra says, uh, fun fact, average IQ of an Akinaji is 110. Average IQ of a Shepardic is 98. And Misrahi is 90. And that's the order they become more religious. It, it's as if the lower IQ you have, the more likely to, you are to be cultish. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I have no idea if there's something to that. Dave says, uh, back in the early 2000s, Adobe tried to demand that people not use the term photoshopped as a verb and instead wanted, to, wanted people to say the image was enhanced using Adobe Photoshop software. How dumb is their management to sign, sign off on that? That is insane. That's completely insane. That's worse than the Lego thing. Um, there's a whole thing about, like, they're not Legos, they're Lego. Like, what, bitch? I don't fucking give a goddamn shit what you say. I'm not bothered if you say Lego or Legos, okay? If it's a bunch of Legos, I'm like, that's a bunch of Legos, okay? I don't, like, this is the thing. Like, like if I don't care, why do you care? It's fucking ridiculous. But there's this whole thing like, oh, they're not Legos. It's Lego. Who fucking cares? Well, apparently, I think the company was like, that was like from the company. Like, oh my God. Now I'm definitely saying Legos because you told me not to say it. This is even worse. Like, who the fuck is going to, who is going to refer to it as uh, this image was enhanced using Adobe Photoshop software. This was also like uh, in Philadelphia when they got rid of Veterans Stadium. Uh, which was a toilet, but it was our toilet. Um, they had this new stadium called Lincoln Financial Field. And the the people from Lincoln Financial, this was a long time ago, they specifically made a public announcement to not refer to it as the link. Because that's what everyone, as soon as they heard the name, they're like, oh, it's the link. And that and that, and that caught. And it's, it's always been known as the link from then. Um, and they made a, th a special public announcement, like, you are not to call it the link, you are to call it Lincoln, excuse me, Lincoln Financial Field. What kind of a person thinks that not only they have the authority to say something like that, but that it will work? <laughs> no one, now everyone's going to call it the link because you're being an asshole about it. Yeah, that's crazy. People are insane. They think they're going to control what other people say. In America? In Philadelphia, no less? You've got to be kidding me. They wouldn't even go along with that in Wisconsin. And apparently, from what I understand, the Wisconsin football fans are very pleasant up there. I've never been to Wisconsin. But, you know, they talk uh, about different uh, cities' football fans. Philadelphia has a bad reputation. Some of it is earned. Some of it is bullshit. Um, the fighting at Veterans Stadium, that was definitely real. I've, I, I've been to a few Veterans Stadium games at the 700 level. It's ridiculous. It's not like... It's not like... You're not going to get... Well, if you're wearing an Eagles jersey, you're probably going to be okay. It's very stupid to wear the opposing team's jersey. Especially that now that it's corporate and shit. I mean, it's probably not a great idea, but it's like, you know, you got to be you got to have some cash to go to an Eagles game. Now, back then, you know, you could get in. Um but uh yeah, like it was uh it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh so that's warranted. That's fair. The uh, snowballs at Santa thing, that's a bullshit narrative. That's a total bullshit. Yes, they threw s snowballs at Santa. It was a piss-poor, shit-quality, middle-finger Santa, okay, that was completely disrespectful 
to the crowd, and they they were like, "Fuck you! I'm not tolerating this." The Eagles sucked that year. Of course, there was a lot of years that they sucked. So they threw snowballs at Santa. Who cares? It's not a big deal. I don't think that's a big deal. But anyway, in the conversation about sports fans, Wisconsin Green Bay Packers fans have like one of the better reputations. They seem to be very nice. But uh, who knows? There's probably some assholes. Also, New York fans are fucking ridiculous, too. Um, Boston fans, from what I understand, are ridiculous. So it really depends. Also, there's been, like, murders in, in on the West Coast. I think it was, like, Raiders fans killing 49ers fans. It's just, it's all, you know. It's, it's like any other group of people. There's assholes and there's probably nice people. All right, let's see. Dave says, uh, my grandmother lived in the north of England during the 1930s and 40s. Her family was so poor that she would break down crying when talking about it. She said the crime was uh, unheard of at the time. People used to leave their houses unlocked. Yeah, it's just a complete insane narrative that it's okay to steal if you're poor. Yeah, my grandmother's mother killed herself uh, from the Great Depression. And uh, none of those people were like, oh, it's okay to commit crime. Look, I'm sure there were probably people that did things. And like I said before, I have no problem. Like, it's, it's, I'm not your moral agent, right? Okay, so if a person is, is having a rough time and they decide to do something illegal to try to get a leg up, that's their decision, okay? But the, the idea that, like, you're entitled to get away with it, is that's like a new level and and also like th this narrative uh surrounding like just organized retail theft and a onslaught of smash and grabs as if that's acceptable and that you shouldn't care about it like that's great this is crazy shit crazy shit it's to destabilize society of course um Cobra says, there are programs out there similar to Section 8, but instead of renting, the government pays for your mortgage. It's fucking wild. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Man. Yeah, that motherfucker was out there buying property and shit. That's wild. Okay. Oh, I think, uh, I think there was entropy. Let me, uh, refresh here. All right, one moment. All right, let's see here. Okay, we did that one, did that one. Dago Tyrone says, uh, HB, you are wondering about genocides that uh, aren't covered by the media. Well, we are going to see a big one. Never again was a lie. Jews, HB. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I have no idea. Oh, I didn't. Okay, so let me... Uh, Okay, let me come back to that other link, and uh, but uh, yeah, it, this is a uh, this is a crazy situation right now. Um, Dago Tyrone also says, and I'm quoting: <clears throat> "HB, big day tomorrow. The sand niggers are talking about doing jihad on the infant penis suckers. Be sure to stay out of the crossfire. Get out of any." get out of any city and load mags yes so i my main concern for tomorrow is that the media is saying that you're a conspiracy theorist if you're concerned about it that makes me think there's definitely going to be a terror attack um uh 
So, I, uh, yeah, I, I would stay away from cities and uh, large crowds, and uh, hopefully there is nothing that happens. And uh, But yeah, they're calling for like a day of jihad around the world. And uh, that's not a good thing. Let me uh, real quick, let me just uh, give me like 30 seconds here. Just want to double check to make sure. Uh, let's see, what is this? Uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully, like I said, there's nothing to that. And it does not turn out to be uh, terrorist attacks, which they will somehow f figure out to blame it on Trump supporters. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, oh, okay. All right, that's fine. All right, let me uh, let me get rid of this. Okay, and then uh, Dago Tyrone uh, said, uh, "Remember, they are our parents, HB, and we should worship them now too." All right, let's have a look here. You gotta watch out for our parents. <clears throat> Zionists, at least some Zionist rabbis, refer to themselves as our parents. And my response is, I already have parents, motherfucker. All right, let's have a look to see what this guy is saying. Uh, I just want to say this to our Christian friends, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, just, to, just to call it as it is and say it straight out, you know. You, you guys are worshiping one Jew. That's a mistake. You should be worshiping every single one of us because we all die for your sins every single day. And that's exactly what's going on here. We're, we're all God's first born. We're dying for your sins right now because, because the Jewish people in the land of Israel are the bulwark right. against the orcs. Mm -hmm. Okay? The orcs... That's, see, look, I would have no problem with that if you were consistent regarding immigration in Western countries. If you guys were the stalwarts of based immigration policy, if you guys went around and said, listen, you got to do your immigration the way we fucking do it. Build a wall. Don't let them in. Then I'd go, you know, I mean, I'm not worshiping you. That's fucking ridiculous bullshit. But I would say, you know, he has a point. We really should have been listening to them about immigration. But instead, what do we get? We're called racist if we want any sort of... Uh, ethnic homogeneity or whatever the fuck the word is uh, uh, if, if we, uh, we want to have even reasonable immigration policies that's considered racist so I gotta say bitch shut the fuck up shut the fuck up rabbi you're a hypocrite on this you're a hypocrite so uh, yeah no but I, I've said this before I'm happy to obey our parents when it comes to immigration policy because they build big walls, and you know now, granted, the walls aren't shit if you uh, if you have a guy if you if you're run by uh, a government that's going to let the orcs come in uh, and kill the civilians, then you know the wall isn't going to matter. But if you have a normal, non-evil person running the government, which rarely ever happens, they usually will kill the person before they let that happen. Then, um, then uh, yeah, you know, walls will work. But uh, that's a hell of a thing. There's four more seconds to this are coming not to a theater ne near you but to your home yeah i, I just want to say yeah. this to our but but again there there's how can you argue that and advocate for uh, all these western co countries to bring in orcs so on the one hand you try not to bring in orcs but you argue that we need to bring in orcs so yeah get the fuck out of here by the way just the level of narcissism a person has to be operating at 
to to seriously suggest worship. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Worship. Okay. All right. That's a hell of a thing right there. Killer 8000 says, look at this shit. All right, let's have a look. This might be shit-related news. Well, that was Acid trip ends in arrest for naked Bills fan who covered himself in feces and fell down a 30-foot hole. That must have been some strong acid. Holy shit. I've heard my fair share of bad acid trips before. I once talked to a guy who accidentally punched his grandmother before jumping out a second-story window. For LSD? I don't know what the hell. I did a lot of LSD 25. Maybe it's a different kind of LSD or something. Or maybe, like, did you take way too much? I think at times I took way too much, but I still didn't get like that. That sounds like something that would happen to you on salvia. Now, I never did salvia. Uh, I researched salvia. I contemplated it. Uh, many years ago, I contemplated giving it a try. And then I did research on it. And then I watched people take it. There was YouTube videos. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. That's a bit, seems to be a bit much. It's a bit much for me. When I was like 18, 17, I might have given it a try. But uh, yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that anyway. But that pales in comparison to covering yourself in human waste from a porta potty, breaking into a construction site and falling down a giant hole, only to be arrested as soon as you're rescued. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. A nude man high on LSD, cocaine, and more. Yeah, what's the more though? What's the more? was arrested Sunday after being rescued from a 30-foot pit at a construction site of the Buffalo Bills' new football stadium, relatively unharmed but covered in human fecal matter from a nearby porta potty Originally reported by WIVB4, deputies with the Erie County Sheriff's Office mercifully withheld the identity of the 29-year-old man who was transported to Buffalo General Hospital for evaluation of a few minor injuries before being charged with criminal trespassing. Authorities said the man scaled a very large fence after leaving the porter potty to access the construction site and fell into the pit when police approached him. Sheriff Garcia reportedly told Buffalo News that as the man was laying in the pit awaiting rescue, he gave them a peace sign with one hand and an obscene gesture with the other. He scaled the fence right up, jumped over the other side, and the next thing you know, he's running towards the pit. By the time ECC security got behind him, this individual is falling, tumbling down the pit. Happened so quickly, it's a large site. You can't have people every six feet. Authorities said the man told him he consumed LSD, cocaine, alcohol, and marijuana before this sequence of events began. I Okay, so... My experience with LSD is that when you were tripping, you really couldn't feel the weed or the alcohol. Of course, I didn't drink a ton of alcohol. So I, it was more weed and you couldn't really feel it. So LSD is not enough. What you think? I, Coke wise, I don't I have no I would think it would be similar. I don't know. I, I didn't really do a lot of Coke. I smoked it in a joint a couple times. I didn't really like it. I just uh, was not a fan. But anyway, I, I'm sure that's different than snorting it, which I have not done. And I don't really ever plan to at this point. <clears throat> I've had, you know, I've had my run. You know, I think I'm good. Anyway, 
the sheriff's office uh, assured the public there was no cause for alarm. Just as lightning does not strike twice in the same place, people don't take acid and fall down the same hole twice. Uh, when you're taking LSD, cocaine, and marijuana, you're going to not read the signs. You're not going to read anything. You wouldn't be in a porta potty jumping inside it. If you were on LSD, though, wouldn't you look at the sign and try to, like, d develop a deep meaning from the sign? Of course, I don't know. I would probably be looking at the sign, and I would probably... I, I told the story one time that... Uh, um, I had a revelation while I was tripping that at the time I really thought I figured something out in the world and then when I remembered it the next day it was the dumbest most incoherent shit ever. That's one of the things that was kind of fun about LSD is that it would give me these like revelations of like incredible wisdom and then when I would think about it I was like that's the most retarded shit ever. Weed does that to a degree, but the weed revelations can be somewhat coherent. Um, so the, the revelation that I had is I was watching Home Shopping. This was like 1993, okay? I was watching Home Shopping Network on my real shit TV that only got like three channels. And, and, it, and it's 93 with no cable. So I have three channels... And like I think two of them at two in the morning, I maybe they stopped broadcast. I don't know, but anyway, I'm on Home Shopping Network, and they are advertising a foot massager, and so it's this roller that someone's rolling on their feet, and I'm watching this and I'm tripping balls, and I had the revelation: holy shit! I figured out why people have to work. People have to work so their feet can get tired so then they have to buy this product and i was like holy shit that's the whole reason people have to work they have to work so they have to buy this foot massager now when i was high as hell that made total sense and i was like wow i totally figured it out and then when i thought about it the next day i was like that's totally incoherent that is totally incoherent and makes no sense what's whatsoever that makes no sense. That's insane. That's total insanity. And uh, so there you go. That was like a big revelation on LSD. I'm not anti-LSD. I'm I'm uh, I think that like there can be uses, and if someone wants to use it, feel free. But uh, I'm good. I'm good. I had my fun. I I'm, I'm, I have no interest in, in anything like that. But it is fun to be totally insane for whatever twelve hours. <clears throat> it is. Uh, it was fun. I, I don't have regrets uh, uh, for that. I have regrets for the pills. That was not a good idea. I should never have taken pills. But uh, yeah, LSD was pretty fun, I must say. Anyway, <clears throat> they weren't all good trips, but most of them were good. Most of them were good trips. A couple were very bad, but uh, anyway. Back to the article. Um, so everyone is talking about the big hole in the ground which is a big giant hole, added the co-host. So this is like a, a news report about the hole, big hole. Sheriff Garcia spoke very highly of the rest of the hundreds of Buffalo Bills fans who managed to make it through Sunday without any other major incidents, calling it the best behaved crowd that we've ever seen since our administration has been in place. <clears throat> Nobody else was injured. Nobody else made it uh, uh, onto this site. We always try to stay four or five plays ahead because our job is to try to prevent incidents like that to occur but when someone takes lsd cocaine and marijuana and they're drinking 
From running into traffic to scaling a 10-foot fence, we can't prevent everything. According to the WIVB article, only one other arrest was made that day of a football fan attempting to start a fight and eight other fans were ejected from the stadium. The man who fell into the pit was ultimately released on an appearance ticket after being charged, and not for nothing, but the Bills shut out the Las Vegas Raiders 38-10 that day. Unfortunately, the naked, psychedelic, shit-covered football fan never made it to the game as he was arrested just 40 minutes before kickoff. I mean, maybe just trip acid, you know? How about trip acid and, like, you know, smoke a little bit of weed? Is that not enough? You gotta, like, do coke and drink? Holy shit, man. Holy goddamn shit. That's a hell of a story right there. Um, let's see. Killer8000 says, Fuck letterbox in movies. If I have a 60-inch TV, I want my whole screen filled. Fuck the black bars that cover on a third of the screen. Yeah, I, I agree. Although I've, I've just... I've accepted the fact that like we must be in the minority because everything is letterboxed. Everything is letterboxed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I kind of gave up with that. I just kind of gave up. But I remember when I first got my TV, which I still have. I still have a 2009 uh, plasma TV. It still works, and it works fine. What the fuck do I, you know? I thought about a while ago, many years ago, I thought about getting a new TV. And then one day I was just like, this TV is totally fine and works. So I'm like, why would I get rid of it? But anyway, uh, I remember when I first got it, and I first got Blue Blu-ray. Um, that was my big thing. I was like, "Why the fuck? Why is it an an option for every movie to have full screen?" Anyway, it was uh, it just everything's letterbox. So then it just it finally got to the point where I was like, "Oh well, fuck it." Um, Cooper sees the truth, says they just think that we are stupid and can't speak correctly, says the idiot criminal who literally can't speak clearly and admits to basically defrauding the system. These people are such retards, yeah. The entitled criminal is a hell of a thing to witness. It really is just incredible. Um... Sookie Johnson says, yeah, just give the joggers high-paying jobs, bigot. They have the uh, Bureau of High-Paying Jobs in every city. It's just the evil white bigots hide the directions to it. What the fuck even is tranny history? The first tranny to pull his cock out in the women's room? Yeah, what... what uh, that Someone should do a skit about this. It would be a hilarious skit. LGBT history. You can have the first guy that, you know, figured out the right amount of lube to use before sodomizing another man. And uh, or you can have Silkies here, where the first tranny to pull his cock out in a women's room. That would be hilarious. <clears throat> I don't think any of the shows with the budget to do skits would would do one like that. That's a hell of a skit to pull off. It would be phenomenal. Bazinski says, and I quote, <clears throat> "Fuck kikes, extra fuck muzzies, cause they hate the West. Isolationism is." in relation to Israel v, v. Palestine. Deus Vault brings... Deus? I'm mispronouncing it. Deus. There it is. Deus. Doesn't look like Deus, but it's Deus. Deus Vault. Bring back the Crusades and make the Middle East Constantinople and Christian again. Nuke the Turks and let Armenia get revenge on them. Yeah, Armenia deserves some, some revenge. I would like to see 
Armenia get some good, righteous Christian revenge? That would be fantastic. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's uh, it's a hell of a thing. And, and when they're screaming, you must pick a side. No, I'm not picking a side. Fuck that shit. Fuck all y'all. That would be my answer. Anyway, let's move on here. Non-Americans are shocked by the stupidity of American voters. Well, they can go fuck themselves. I think this is a bald fuckface. One of the things that I think gets overlooked all of the time with American politics, uh, Donald Trump, his presidency, George W. Bush, his presidency. But one of the things that is actually very important is how the rest of the world looks at the United States, right? George W. Bush squandered a lot of international goodwill following 9-11 by lying about the reasons to attack Iraq. Donald Trump was such a moron and a buffoon and he went over there to Europe and he was going and meeting with dictators in Asia, but he turned off the rest of the world and he antagonized them. Uh, bullshit. Unless of course you're a bloodthirsty dictator in which case he loved you. But the opinion of other countries about the United States, believe it or not, definitely matters. Which brings me to our next question here. We have a question. Um, the, the username is user RN four N I eight T F two S. So, but here's the question. Hi, Farron. I'm from South Africa. We have our own huge problems, but how are politicians in America allowed to just lie without consequences? Well, cause we have the first amendment retard. I wish I had a, a good solid answer to that, but I think the only way to really answer that lies in the laws that we have in place here in the United States. We have slander, libel, defamation laws that are, they're pretty good, pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. If you're a guy like me, you know, or you're an average citizen here, the slander, libel, defamation laws, they're kind of on your side. If you're in politics, that high bar, thanks to that New York times Supreme court case, all those decades ago, basically says, yeah, they can say whatever they want, right? They can lie about this politician. That politician can lie about them. We can run all of the worst political ads that you've ever seen in your life. Nobody could say anything about it, right? It's politics, baby. But it is interesting to hear this coming from somebody from another country that looks at our system and is like, holy hell, what's wrong with you guys? Because I agree. And it is just kind of something that we need to take into consideration folks. Cause a lot of Americans, some reason seem to seem to forget this. We're not the only people on this planet. I know Republicans love to think America's all there is, but the rest of the world looks at us like this. They, they look at us, they look at our politics. They see that our people are nothing but a bunch of morons. They're a bunch of pathological liars. They dupe and deceive us on a daily basis. And the rest of the world is looking not just at the politicians with disdain, they're looking at us and they're wondering how in the hell can we be so damn stupid to fall for this crap? total projection because at the heart of it, that's what it is. It's not just that the law lets them lie about each other and their ads and all that. It's that we have 150 million people 
that'll believe anything that their political party tells them to believe. That's the danger. That's the problem. We don't question it. We're not out there saying, well, now hold up, hold up. This is, this is wrong. Cause I can look this up. I'm not a complete buffoon. I know that you were lying to me and I'm gonna change my vote. Cause I don't like being lied to people. Don't do that enough. They should, but they don't. It's also the media. You know, we got people like me out here doing this and, and others who are far more successful, obviously your, your Sam Cedars and David Packman's and Kyle Kalinske's and crystal balls. They lie their asses off all the time. Uh, you know, they do what I do. They debunk the lies. We all do it every single day. And there's a lot of other wonderful people out there that do this, but none of us, no matter how big our shows are, have the same reach as the New York times or the Washington post or MSNBC or Fox news. And those outlets perpetuate those lies or in most instances, they don't feel like taking all the time to sit there and debunk them all the time. So the lie stays. And that's why the politicians keep telling it. Cause not only does it work, but there's not enough voices out there calling them out on it. So why wouldn't I keep doing it? That's our political system. And I do imagine that that probably looks pretty terrible because it is to anyone not living inside of it. We're kind of used to it. And it's only when somebody, you know, outside the country calls it out. Do we actually sit and be like, wait a minute, you're right. We're pretty screwed up. Hey, what a crock of shit. They're the ones that lie all the time. The Trump cult won't survive after he's gone. Yeah. Okay, bitch. There's no question that right now the MAGA movement, as they like to call themselves is nothing short of a cult. Right? It is a cult of personality and total made up bullshit. He built around Donald Trump. He cultivated it. He grew it and it's a cult. So the big question of course, is what happens when Donald Trump is no longer around? I mean, he's not immortal. Something eventually is going to make it to where he's not able to lead his cult anymore. And that leads us to a question from one of our YouTube community members. Uh, Zepfan 74 asks, as far as cults go, the leader is not replaced unless they die. Trump is getting closer to the end of the line. I believe Trumpism will go on regardless if he passes on. Who do you think the person is that would take his place as the MAGA cult leader? My bets would be on DeSantis or Marjorie Taylor Greene. Also, do you think there would be infighting within the cult on who to appoint as the new leader? <sighs> the cult itself does not continue to survive after the leader leaves. What happens at that point is you do have a lot of infighting. You will end up with different factions, different individuals fighting to take over. You will probably have Marjorie Taylor green trying to carry on that banner, Zero possibly chance. Matt Gates. Um, you mentioned DeSantis. I don't think at that point he's going to be a player anymore. I mean, literally, I do not think he will be in politics anymore. By the time that happens, he is term limited as Florida governor. Uh, we've got two Republicans holding our Senate seats. So it's unlikely that he is going to be able to primary one of them. So when he leaves as governor, he's kind of out of politics, uh, which is why, by the way, 2024 is, is really only shot to be president. Having said that, 
you do end up with the people, like I said, Matt Gates, who is considering running for Florida's governor, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is in a safe district and loves to appeal to the MAGA freaks so she can, you know, garner that. Uh, Jim Jordan could, Gosar could, uh, Ted Cruz is probably going to try to scoop some of them up, but none of those people is going to get all of them because they do not have the combination of traits that Donald Trump has. And, and that's a thing that I think a lot of people overlook with the Trump cult. It's not just, Hey, we're very conservative. This guy's very conservative. We like you. It's everything about him. It's the money. It's the bullying. It's the attitude. It's the arrogance. It's the ego. It's the power. It's the wife. It's all of it combined. So you will have individuals that have some of those traits, but you'll never find another person that has all of those traits all together. So once that person leaves, if there has not already, by the way, been an heir apparent, then the cult fractures. Part of it goes to Ted Cruz. Part of it goes to green. Part of it goes to Jim Jordan. Part of it goes to Matt Gates, but it is fractured at that point. At which point, by the way, they just rebrand themselves because all these MAGA freaks used to just be the tea party and now they're MAGA and they'll move on. They'll call themselves something else. But I, I mentioned, by the way, the heir apparent. So if Donald Trump gets to the point where his health starts failing and he knows that, and he goes out there and pushes somebody else as the next leader, there is a chance that that individual takes most, not all of the following and keeps it alive enough to continue going. I don't think that'll happen. Donald Trump will never relinquish power. will never tell his people to follow somebody else instead of him. Even if he were on his deathbed, he wouldn't do that. So I think that once Trump leaves that MAGA cult, not only fractures, but some of the people will wake up and leave it all together. Total wishful thinking fucker. All right, let's see. We have uh, breaking news from the internet from Surf Hunter. Let's have a look at this. Israel gave birth control to Ethiopian Jews without their consent. Yikes. That, I would be, that's racist. Israel has admitted for the first time it had been given Ethiopian Jewish immigrants birth control injections, often without their knowledge or consent. The government had previously denied the practice, but the Israeli Health Ministry Director General has now ordered gynecologists to stop administering the drugs. According to a report in Herat's Suspicions were first raised by an investigative journalist, Gal Gabby, who interviewed more than 30 women from Ethiopia in an attempt to discover why birth rates in the community had fallen dramatically. This is kind of like, this is a more local version of what they just did worldwide in at least Western countries uh, with the COVID-19 vaccine, basically. One of the Ethiopian women who was interviewed is quoted as saying, the medical staff told us they are inoculations. We took it every three months. We said we didn't want to. It is alleged that some of the women were forced or coerced to take the drug while in transit camps in Ethiopia. The drug in question is thought to be Depavaria, which is injected every three months. It is considered to be a highly effective, long-lasting contraceptive. Nearly 100,000 Ethiopian Jews have moved to Israel under the law of return since the 1980s, but their Jewishness has been questioned by some rabbis. 
Last year, Netten, who also holds the health portfolio, warned that illegal immigrants from Africa threaten our existence as, as a Jewish and democratic state. Haratz published an extract from the letter sent by the Ministry of Health to units administering the drug. Doctors were told not to renew prescriptions for Depravera for women of Ethiopian origin if for any reason there is a concern they might not understand the ramifications of the treatment. Sharon, Sharana Elihu Chei, a, a lawyer for the civil rights in Israel, uh, said, Findings from investigations into the use of Depravera are extremely worrisome, raising concerns of harmful health policies with racist implications in violation of medical ethics. The Ministry of Health's Director General was right to act quickly and put forth new guidelines. Interesting. Caught red-handed. Looks like they were caught red-handed. Fascinating. I don't know what that noise was. Anyway, uh, also there seems to be, speaking of Jews, a bit of an update on the Ben Shapiro AI picture of a baby's corpse. It looks like the internet has discovered what the original picture was. The original picture was a puppy at the vet. So this, t this is, in my opinion, this is a huge scandal. Because I think this this picture came from Netanyahu's administration. Are these the same pictures that they showed the Biden administration? Why would you fabricate pictures when there's other pictures that you could use that are real? I mean, when when the Fox guys on the ground in Israel and they're walking through a village and there's all, I mean, I I, I don't think look anything's possible. Okay, so if someone wants to say the entire thing is staged, I think that's highly unlikely. But those people should be allowed to talk and, you know, whatever. But um, you can't tell me you can't find a, a couple pictures to use. I mean, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to fucking nuke Gaza anyway. You might as well. I mean, why make up? But what did you really think you would get away with AI images on the fucking Internet? Are you crazy? Netten, are you crazy? Maybe Netten doesn't understand the internet. Oh, man. You know, I, I imagine Ben Shapiro's now put in a very awkward spot because now there's tons of people bringing this up. There's tons of people talking about it. And he's between uh, a Netten and a hard place. Because if you say anything, then, you know, you're going to have the wrath of Netten, and that's not going to be good. But, uh, you, know, you, you know, I didn't think Ben Shapiro had a ton of credibility to begin with. But, man, this is... Uh, this is a hell of a thing. And then we're going to watch people defend it. They're going to be like, you're just like a Holocaust denier. It's like, well, he used a fake image. What do you want from me? Is it time for Democrats to abandon the South? That would be great. That would be great. Get the fuck out, bitch. There's no question whatsoever that the state of Florida is definitely, well, let's face it, Base? a hellhole. Ron what the fuck are you talking about? Florida is awesome. Santos and his Republican goons in Tallahassee have made sure that Florida is one of the most oppressive states in the nation. You are a ridiculous bitch. And they're not even done yet. If anything, they're only just getting started. So one of the questions I get every time I do a Q&A is, is my family going to stay here in Florida? In fact, why are you such a bitch? Here's a question this time. This is from a Sabrina Imer 3956 who asks, do you and your family plan to stay in Florida, even though there's nothing but negativity and a constant downward spiral, spiral throughout the state? If you were to leave, where would you go? And would you base it off a red blue lens? 
Um, my wife wants to move to Colorado. She's always wanted to move to Colorado. She Good. spent uh, uh, a couple summers there as a child. Why don't you move to Denver right next to where they have the homeless prostitute tents? Child. And I love Colorado. I think it's great. You know, nice swing state, right? Not too far left, not too far right. I could probably blend in pretty nicely. Um, although when we did take a trip to Colorado a couple summers ago, yeah, I'm already out of shape as it is, as you, I'm sure you can tell. Uh, I couldn't catch my breath the whole trip. So I don't know. And I, you know, had horrible asthma growing up. I still have it to this day, just not as bad. Uh, I don't know that I would survive in that altitude. Uh, but as for staying in Florida in general, right now we have no immediate plans to move. We're always open to it. And in fact, I've told my parents who, who live nearby, her, her mother lives nearby. Um, I told my mom, I was like, when y'all are gone, like you and dad, like I'm out, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to stay here, but my family needs me here. Her family needs her here. So we stay. Uh, yeah. I mean, who's going to beat the children if you're not there? We, who, who, who will force them to wear masks in the Florida heat as asthmatic kids? Uh, if you're not there, no, especially with her being a teacher, this is not a friendly environment for teachers. Uh, I know with my politics, this is not a friendly environment for me. Um, I've even had very public feuds, uh, with my state representative. He's a Republican. Uh, he is, uh, <laughs> harassed the hell out of me. No, he didn't. He criticized you for being a bitch across social media. Uh, so it's, it's a bad place, but we're also, uh, in a position to where we're, I mean, she is as a teacher, but it's bad for us, but it's not as bad as it is for other people. And I've also had a lot of people ask, like, should, you know, other liberals leave the state of Florida? And the answer to that is not as simple because not everybody has the means to just say, like, all right, kids, pack it up. We're leaving. We're going to move to a different state. But there are people that are being specifically targeted. And I mean, pretty much the entire LGBTQ community. That's a lie. The African-American community. Total lie. The, the Latino community Bullshit. here in Florida, all of them being targeted totally made up specifically by legislation from the Florida government, women, Bullshit. regardless of political affiliation, regardless of race, women are being targeted with the abortion ban here. So it's getting bad and pretty much everybody except straight white men, unless you're a teacher have been targeted. So it, it, it is very difficult. It isn't a friendly environment at all, but because we have our, our support systems here, it's harder for us to just say, screw it. We're going to leave. Uh, but again, the other part of your question was, where would you go? I mentioned my wife likes Colorado. I fell in love with Arizona. I love Nevada. Uh, I, I liked the Southern part of Utah, uh, that we spent a little bit of time in on our vacation this summer. Uh, I like, uh, apparently and this is something I didn't know about myself. I like red rock. Like apparently that's what I love. So I'd be open to that area, Arizona, Nevada, of course, a little bit, a little bit red, but a little bit blue, depending on where you're at. So I don't think politics would play much of a role in where I went unless of course we were specifically targeted by that legislation. And obviously having a wife and daughter, any state that has 
ridiculous bans on, you know... Uh, yeah, you want to make sure your wife and daughters can kill as many of their babies as possible. That's normal. That's sane. Uh, abortion or women's reproductive freedom, those are off-limits, and that is actually one of the reasons, because I'm, I'm terrified of... Yeah, you're terrified they won't be able to kill as many of their babies as possible. Something happening to either one of them or any woman in my family, and then, oops, well, law says six weeks, sorry, you're stuck with it. Uh-uh, that's not okay. So eventually, I will leave here. That is a promise. That's fantastic news. Focus group data confirms MAGA doesn't care when Trump says stupid things. A conservative political action committee called Win It Back that has strong financial ties to the conservative group Club for Growth uh, recently put out a memo because this group, Win It Back, is an anti-Trump conservative group. And what they've been doing is they've been trying to run attack ads against Donald Trump, trying to get the Republicans to ditch him and go with a normal Republican. But in order to come up with what works best in their ads, they've been holding focus groups. So they're holding these focus groups. And what they're doing is they're showing people these attacks. They're showing them clips of Donald Trump. And like, okay, what, what, what do you not like about that? You know, he said some stupid things there. You saw that, right? And the group's like, yeah, we saw it. It was stupid. Uh, so you don't like that? No, we like it. What? Yeah, we, yeah we, we support everything he says. So, so there's nothing we could say to you that would make you not like that guy based on what he said. No, 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 we're, we, we like it. We're good with him. He's our guy. <laughs> so now this group win it back. I'm sorry this is so funny, but it is. So now they're like, well, what, what, what do we do? Like, we've been holding Big focus groups, and no matter what we show these people that he does, like if he says something anti-Semitic, if he says something that's crazy liberal, they're just like, yeah, we agree. <laughs> like, there's nothing they've been able to show these people, no matter how stupid it is, that makes them say, well, I didn't like that. <laughs> Let me read you this. <laughs> Oh my God. The political God, stop fake laughing. action committee called Win It Back has close ties to the influence, uh, influential fiscally conservative group Club for Growth. It's already spent more than $4 million trying to lower Mr. Trump's support among Republican voters in Iowa and nearly $2 million more trying to damage him in South Carolina. Um, but in the memo, dated Thursday and obtained by the New York Times, the head of Win It Back PAC, David McIntosh, acknowledges to donors that after extensive testing of more than 40 anti-Trump television ads... All attempts to undermine his conservative credentials on specific issues were ineffective. All. Say, we got 40 ads. None of them worked. <laughs> it continues. Oh, I can't believe they're not believing the propaganda. Um, Macintosh says, quote, Even when you show video to Republican primary voters with complete context of President Trump saying something otherwise objectionable to primary voters... They find a way to rationalize and dismiss it. Every traditional post-production ad attacking President Trump either backfired or produced no impact on his ballot support and favorability. This includes ads that primarily feature video of him saying liberal or stupid comments from his own mouth. I love it. Like, this is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> because they're like, all right, so... Here is Donald Trump saying the most liberal thing you could imagine, right? Like liberal things on abortion, they pointed out. Okay, this is you don't agree with this, do you? Like, no, 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 we don't agree with it. Okay, good. So here's the ad. They watch the ad. 
It's like, okay, so now you don't support him, right? Like, no, I do. So imagine being so fucking retarded that you think that you're going to show a Trump supporter a propaganda ad and then at the end of the ad expect them to change their mind. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, but what about that thing? Like, you, you disagree with him politically. Yeah, but he doesn't mean that. No, 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 he means it. He's being honest. Nah, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> Win it back is effectively arguing with a brick wall. But here's the thing. This is not how politics work. This is, however, how cults work. Because that's what we're dealing with on the right. Bullshit. That's what Win It Back has proven. I know that's not uh, what they... They've not proven that at all. ...set out to prove, but they proved it beyond a reasonable doubt that we're... No, they didn't. We're not dealing with political supporters for Donald Trump. We are dealing with cult members. And as they said, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you show them. It doesn't matter what he says or does. They will blindly support him no matter what and no attempt to get them to stop loving him has worked. Well, I'm sure that's exactly the kind of message your donors want to read in the memo, but to each their own, best of luck, because you're not dealing with political supporters, you are dealing with a cult. Non-stop demonization of Trump supporters. Um, Trump is already saying the election is going to be rigged. Donald Trump has spent a good portion of this year trying to convince his supporters that he is going to lose in 2024. Now, that kind of seems counterintuitive, right? If you're the candidate, you want to go out there and convince people that, hey, I'm going to win in 2024. Nobody's going to beat me. But Trump's oh, out there telling... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that was a doozy. Do you hear that one? That was a doozy. Let's go back. People that, hey, I'm going to win in 2024. Nobody's going to beat me. But Trump's oh, out there telling baby. his people like, yeah, that's a good one in 2024. Nobody's going to beat me. No one's going to beat me. But Trump's out there telling his people like, yeah, win in 2024. Nobody's going to beat me. But that's a good one. That is mm, that's a hell of a fart right there. Out there and convince people that, hey, I'm going to win in 2024. Nobody's going to beat me. But Trump's out there. All right, now we got to slow it down. People that, hey, I'm going to win in 2024. Nobody's going to. Let's slow this fart down to 0.25 speed and really get get a, a, a grasp of the length and breadth of this fart. Be me. Oh, baby. The Trumps out. The Trumps out. Trump's That is wonderful. 19 seconds in, we have our first fart. Probably uh, 38th, 39th fart of all time. He does do this pretty frequently. And uh, so let's continue. But Trump's out there telling his people like, yeah, I'm going to lose. But, he says, he's not going to lose, you know, because people don't like him. He's going to lose because the whole thing is rigged against him. He said in March, in his speech in Waco, Texas, 
We have to stop them from cheating in elections because if we don't win this next election, 2024, I truly believe our country is doomed. August 30th in New Jersey. They rigged the 2020 election and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election. He's also made multiple statements in court alleging that Democrats are using these prosecutions to rig the election 100%. against him. 100%. And then recently, two of his uh, campaign advisors, Susie Wiles and Chris LaCivita, issued a joint statement that said this. The Republican National Committee should immediately cancel the upcoming debate in Miami and end all future debates in order to refocus its manpower and money on preventing Democrats' efforts to steal the 2024 election. Now, I know y'all do this as a fundraising effort, right? I'm not that stupid. I know that y'all say this because there's plenty of idiot Republican voters out there who have a couple extra bucks and you say these things and they're like, oh, let me give you some money. Even though I can't pay my bills, here's my money. But here's the thing. What you're actually admitting and kind of prepping the country for is, yeah, our guy's not going to win. But when he loses, it's not because he's unpopular, even though the polls show he is very unpopular. Uh, No, it's because it was stolen. So Donald Trump is already trying to, like, soften his ego's blow that he will get in 2024 by saying, like, yeah, I'm going to lose, but I'm not going to lose because I'm unpopular. I'm not going to lose because for four years when I was president, I drove this country straight into hell. No, 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 no. That's never why. It's never my fault. It's always the fault of somebody else. It's always the system being against me. I'm the victim here. But it also does something else. We saw on January 6, 2021, what Trump supporters will do when they hear that lie enough. And I do believe, maybe you believe differently, but I do believe that that is what they are trying to set up at this point. They being the entire Trump apparatus. They want another riot if he loses. They want people to get angry. They want chaos and disruption. Because if they can't have it, if they can't gain that power, then to them, the idea is screw it. Burn it all down. And I do believe that that is what Trump is trying to set up for when he loses in 2024. It's okay when they do it, though. They can say that Trump's trying to steal the 2024 election. That's no problem. Surfhunter says, I like how bald fuckface loves all states that are super white. Yeah, that is interesting. That is very interesting. Cobras says, the Hamas leadership is provoking Israel into starting, this is a quote, starting a ground operation in the Gaza Strip which may result in a failure for Israeli authorities. Alex Younger, former chief of the Secret Intelligence Service, MI6, said in an interview for BBC, I'd love to see a ground operation. Those Israeli cucks will get their shit pushed in by the Arabs. It's like little boys going against grown-ass men. Um, Yeah, normally uh, Israel just bombs the shit out of Gaza. It'll be interesting if they actually go in. uh, That's going to be a hell of a thing. Um, all right, let me, uh, have a look here. One second. Um, Cooper sees the truth, says, hey, 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 bald testicle, stay the fuck out of Utah. And how about you stay the fuck out of all the, the Rockies altogether? 
You're so right. It's a total Republican hellhole out here. You would absolutely hate it here. So stay very far away. Yeah, that would be uh, hopefully um, the the blue people stay in blue places and uh, leave red places and definitely don't uh, don't try to go into places like Utah. That would uh, that would suck. So hopefully by the time uh, bald fuckface is leaving Florida, I'll be entering Florida. So fuck that guy. All right, very good. Okay, that is the end of the stream. Next stream is Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats and Streamlabs. Sincerely appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork. Or you can go to podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. Or you can go to Twitter, which is at HNN Live. You can also, of course, download the Soft Gentleman's book, What a Bigot Would Say, a guide on how to be a virtuous leftist. That is in the Rumble and uh, YouTube description, about five or six links down or so. And uh, so I, from what I understand, it has been approved for distribution. It takes a few weeks to get put into the online stores. So we'll see what happens, but I'll keep you all posted. It will be hilarious if that actually gets in there all right uh i will uh see you guys on saturday i am the hard bastard thank you for watching